right, guys, this is it. Welcome to our 300th episode. Not 299, not 301, 300. Triple turkey. This is, uh, of course, the Vecner Podcast. I'm Brandon T. McClure. With me, as always, is Ben Magnet. I have the sudden urge to go bowling now. I don't know why. Gobble, gobble. Ryan Eliopoulos. Hello. Tonight we dine on 300 episodes of a long podcast. King Gerard Butler from 300. His name is Leonidas, my friend. I'm sorry. I totally forgot. Real, that was real historical figure. Um, really and, fought uh, giants and giant elephants. Today we are not joined by Sparks Witty. However, for those of you who probably know the, the score of what this episode is, you will see him later on in the episode with special guest Jeremy Bellucci. He is currently driving down the state to come back to the house we moved into. So he couldn't yeah. be on for the news portion, but don't worry, y'all. There's a we got plenty to talk about later. Don't worry. Lord do we. For we, those we of talk. you for those of you who don't know, we have pre-recorded our main topic for this week uh, because it was long. We knew it was going to be long. And guess what? It turned out to be long. So you get in that car. You do that long commute. If you fun fact, if you start the video, if you start the, the, the episode, when you leave Monterey Bay, you will mm-hmm. finish it by the time you get to Los Angeles. Most likely. Well, when it's all complete. True. Yes. When it's all complete. Exactly. Yeah. When it's the when it's the 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 ultimate edition, the Blu-ray extras altogether. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That conversation was so long. I had to dip out and go to work. Luckily, we were near the end. So like yeah. you got to say right. you got to say a lot. But yeah, that was like okay. four and a half hour conversation y'all about to see yeah. soon. Uh, oh, yeah. So that's exciting. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we finally did it. We finally did it. We talked about the rebuild of Evangelion movie quadrilogy. All four films uh, that Hidekiano did to be like, hey, remember how good Evangelion is? And we were like, yes, give us more. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, We're really happy about that. So stay tuned for that a little later on Mm -hmm. in the episode. Uh, Today, for those of you watching the live show, you just get the news. I'm sorry to say. You get a, you get a, a, a a shorter episode. Before yeah, the exactly. before the onslaught, but but you get to see our three lovely faces, three people for three hundred. Three people. Oh, that's that's all right. Sparks, we planned this all and, along. And, and, and dare I and dare I say the original three of the Fake Bird Nerd podcast? Because three hundred episodes ago, or actually two hundred ninety eight episodes ago, it was just the three of us. Actually, two hundred ninety eight episodes ago, it was. Oh, oh no, you're right. Me. No, yeah, I came actually, in. I came in pretty early. You came in yeah, episode yeah. three. Mm-hmm. And because we, we only did two episodes, Ben and I, yeah, you only did two in. episodes, and then it was uh, um, Brandon and Ryan for two for episode three because you talked about BVS, the ultimate edition, I mean, and then wow. all yeah. four. Oh, I lied, it was 296 episodes that the three of us have been together because I met him, yeah, because I met him on episode four. That's true, that's true. That's right. Look at us still here, take that. Oh my gosh, uh, I just want to say a couple of things. After I talk about the links, though, because there are still this is the Fagner podcast show. Who would we be if there weren't links in the description? Yeah. And what a what was that? We'd be Zelda. Oh, Link. Yeah. We'd be Zelda. I got, it. I, got there. I was gonna. I was looking directly at you, Brandon, on my screen. I was like, "Does he get it? Does he get it?" So, guys, last week we talked about Star Wars and or we snuck in a Fake Nerds Watch episode into our main topic. You can now listen to that episode, watch that episode, I'm so sorry. You can now watch that episode as its own video. That is linked below. 
There were also some topics that were just that were uh, put up as their own video this week, such as Day Shift and Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Those, unfortunately, are not linked below, but you can find them on this channel. Again, like this video and subscribe to this channel, as always. Make us so uh, one through three, one, two, and three of Star Wars Andor um, that is available and linked below. Andor. There's a couple of audio shows that have been uploaded recently because I, you know, I suck. And my computer decided to, to have a a, a, a a horrible virus that would not let me do anything. It's all um, the porn, Brandon. It's all the porn. You know, oh, so much. You got to use a VPN, man. Let me tell. I'll talk to you afterwards. You know what's messed up? <laughs> I when I was a kid, I looked up. I don't mind saying this because I was a kid. I yeah. I looked up so much porn. Oh yeah. Never once blue screened a computer. I oh. don't use anything. I don't use any. I don't use this computer for anything but work. And I blue screened this. I was like, what the hell? Twenty first century virus is the worst. I'll tell you what, real quick. I definitely was someone who looked up porn on my mom's computer, and I did a thing where I clicked the link, and I did this thing where it opened up a thousand different browsers, and it was just like, oh yeah, it's like lots of screaming. And <laughs> oh no! Unplug the computer because I couldn't. I couldn't power it down because the virus took hold, and I'm like. Mom, I don't know what's about to happen with this computer tomorrow, but I promise you, it wasn't me. <laughs> um, do oh, you guys remember, speaking of computer virus, do you guys remember uh, LimeWire? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's the, essentially computer aids. Oh, yeah. I yeah. All of my music from my teenage, teenage years, all from LimeWire. Absolutely. Black underscore parade underscore my chemical romance underscore exe. <laughs> And that's that just what Bill Clinton uh, sounded like. I was going to make that joke. I was like, this is for the real ones. If you got that, I do not have sexual relations with that woman. Instead of a song, you're a real one. <laughs> Wasn't that like, that was Rick rolling before Rick rolling. That was like the internet. Yeah. yeah like the download Rick roll. <laughs> oh. Bill Clinton. Uh, did, or but worse yet, you think you got one version of the song and then it turns into the fucking Macarena. It's like, I remember, cool, I finally yeah. down, I downloaded yeah. Meteora by Lincoln Park. Eh, Macarena. I... I, I I knew immediately as soon as I transferred all those LimeWire files into uh, uh, iTunes, I I categorized them by length, and if none of them were above a minute, I knew I had the wrong song. So smart. See, I mm. I I was just dumb and like free. It's all free, free, free. Oh, this isn't what I thought it was. <laughs> oh, love it. LimeWire came back recently, I think. As legitimate, or was it still legitimate? I don't want a part of it. I think it's legitimate. I remember. I seem to remember it coming back. Anyway. So, sorry, a little trip down memory lane. Uh, links, That's what we do on the 300th episode. We trip. We go down memory lanes. I haven't thought about Bill Clinton LimeWire in a long time, so that was really nice. I was <laughs> going to talk about Napster, but man, the post-Napster days were wild. Oh, so there are, speaking of audio, you can get the proper audio files uh, for for Basement Arcade Pause Menu, its latest episode, where you talked, Ben, uh, uh, did a thing. Say, say I, poke, I'm poking I, you like I the bear you are. <laughs> I talked to uh, Donnie D. Retro of the Gamers Week podcast and Patrick Brickhouse of the Retro Blast podcast, and we just talked about games we just don't like. Um, we uh, There were some games there we trashed. I talked a lot of trash about Mega Man X7 because that game deserves it. But then we also talked about not – it wasn't just games we don't like, but also like the general sphere of video game YouTube on how a lot of times a lot of people love watching videos where people bash video games, i.e. the angry video game nerd, so on and so forth. So we talk a little bit about that, and also we discuss like why we don't like games or even certain genres. And even though we do bash some games, we don't necessarily – 
straight up attack these games. I mean, to say, hey, I don't like it because of X, Y, and Z, yada, yada, yada. I mean, really the only game where I actually go whole ham and say, this game sucks and I hate it is Mega Man X7. That's the only one. There's a difference between uh, not liking something and being critical, which is what you guys do, and just, I hate it for, for, for no good reason. You like no. you guys give like if you have a reason you could it's okay to be negative just have a critical thought about it that's all mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, sometimes things just don't jive with you absolutely yeah. um, so that is now available in audio format uh, video watchers have been able to see it for a while but now you can now audio listeners can check it out on uh, the basement arcade pause menu audio feed and you will notice that basement arcade pause menu has a new logo. Uh, courtesy of our good friend Sparks Woody has made a proper logo for that show it is now is now available on that ch- channel well ain't that nice and shit i don't know why i went southern well southern ain't that nice southern. i don't know why um, I, I don't know why i went there and uh the review special for nope uh jordan peele's nope that uh, sparks and ryan did a couple months mm. ago sorry uh nope. it, couple, it was only a couple weeks it's not months uh so yeah uh, it's up now which Nope. You can check that. You can check that out as well as the review special that Sparks Ryan and I did for Three Thousand Years of Longing are now available audio. And for Three Thousand Years of Longing, it is only available in audio. We because can fight that. We can fight that. We and we are. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't noticed, uh, we got a copyright strike for some reason on our Three Thousand Years of Longing it, video. It wasn't the studio. We're fine. No, it wasn't You're, the studio. It's we're, we're this is a random someone's trying to like just take people. You're, we're fine, don't worry. We have we have contested it. We have we are fighting it. It's just going to take a while for that video to come back because it's got to go through a small claims court, I guess. But it's going to be back, and it's ridiculous. It happens all the time on YouTube, unfortunately. Yeah, is that the problem? Is the penalty is so strong because all you have to do is say is to be some random person and just say, "Hey, I copyright strike," and then we have a copyright strike when we get three of those, our channel is gone. It used to be harder to fight it, but luckily, because it's so frequent now, uh, it's a little bit easier to fight uh, ones that aren't as legitimate. Um, so it'll it'll be up eventually. Yeah. So it is coming back. So stay tuned. Just just stay tuned. If you haven't checked it out, or if you have, you know, tell us how you like it. All right. Um, that's. All the links for the show, um, but I will mention that Ben has two more links in the description. I Ooh. do. Both of them came from Go Nintendo, or they come from GoNintendo.com. Uh, the first one is essentially an opinion piece about how I have a bone to pick with the Nintendo Switch Online service regarding uh, Pokemon Stadium. Uh, there, TLDR. There's a thing in Pokemon Stadium and the original games where you can play the Pokemon, your own Pokemon game on the big screen TV and transfer your Pokemon from your game into Pokemon Stadium and use them to fight. Mm-hmm. Because the rental Pokemon in that game, if you just play the, the main stadium battles with the rental Pokemon, at a certain point in time, it becomes damn near impossible to beat the game. And you have to pray to our in Jesus that you get lucky. Um so yeah, that's a big thing, and that's me ranting about that, and also things I wish Nintendo would do, but of course they're not going to do because a lot of times when they do port stuff to NSO, it's just a straight up port. No, and maybe it's like, oh, but look, we have online. So yeah, that's real, me. Real quick, man, if if we're talking about the original Nintendo sixty four Pokemon Stadium, correct? Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to get our Game Boy characters onto the Switch? Well, there was. That's the, what I'm saying. There's no, there's no, unless they make a new adapter, which would be really expensive and dumb for a 25 year old console. Pokemon Home. Pokemon Home there's, is that a thing? Yeah, it's essentially it's a pre. Pokemon Home is a paid service where you can store all your Pokemon from the 3DS and the Switch games. But the I thing is, 
as um but i mean i can understand pokemon home because you have a bunch of new move sets you have a bunch of new typings especially with the original stadium and um with the original stadium and the stadium two games they are very limited it's it only goes up to steel and dark types you're old baby that's all yeah exactly extremely old but what i was wishing they would do because there's an icon on the games for the game boy tower which is where you would go to play the transfer pack Mm-hmm. something that i wish they would do is that they would go to the transfer pack or go to the game boy tower and you get an option of which three games you want to play gold mm-hmm. silver crystal for pokemon 2 red blue and yellow for pokemon for stadium one you pick that you play through the pokemon game as is and you can take those pokemon and and, and put them in that's one that's way like to a do lot it, of work my guy it is a lot of work yeah or for a pokemon uh, stadium port yeah so i mean there are other ways you could do this but i'm other than that it's because they're my whole thing is like there are ways nintendo could be like hey we can do some great things with the nso and shit keeps going up and it comes up bad i mean they have been slowly fixing some of the emulation problems i've been playing it since the the service first started but really it's like i would i was hoping that pokemon stand was going to come to nso now it is and but it's like i'm probably not going to be able to beat it because it's going to be the rental teams are going to be super hard that's, and that, that, also, that's, yeah, that's fair. And not only that, the 3DS could communicate with the Switch. It's Bluetooth capabilities. You can mm-hmm. connect. You could have the 3DS communicate because you can buy, or you could have, uh, if you if you have the original Pokemon games on your 3DS, just transfer them over that way. It could it could work. But you're right. It does involve a lot of work. It does involve a whole lot of stuff. And also, do you know what they need to do, Ben? Here's the answer. They just make a new Pokemon Stadium. That's 2022. That's what you That's do. true. Oh, just have it to be been... the same thing, just modern. And then you can do everything you want because they're not going to do all this mm-hmm. work for a 25 year old game as much as, yeah. as fun that would be. Like, it's a lot of work for oh, a, yeah. a game. Only a couple thousand people are probably really going to buy. Yeah, exactly. But people have also been clamoring for a new Pokemon Stadium like they've been clamoring for Pokemon Snap. And since we got a new Pokemon Snap, we could get a new Pokemon Stadium someday. That 100%. Would be pretty sweet. That's, that's my thinking. They did Snap and that thing sold well. So, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I believe it. Yeah. So yeah, that's about about that. But the fun one, real the one quick, that was really real quick, Ben, real quick, real quick. I'm going to bring up Mag's comment. Oh yeah, because Mag is in the is in the chat. Sorry, couldn't Yay. celebrate anniversary at work. Take care again, of course, Mag. Uh, you do your work and take care for you as well. And thank you for at least just coming in and being like, hey, you know, thanks for being a homie for years, years and years, yeah. years and years. So Ben, your second article. Yeah, second article is that earlier in September. Super Mario Kart celebrates its 30th anniversary. So that was just a little retrospect on Super Mario Kart, the original Super Mario Kart, the first game that came out, a little retrospective on that and how over the years the game improved to become the powerhouse that is today. Because fun fact, the highest selling Mario game of all time as of this moment, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Very cool. Uh, You can find those links. You can find those links down below in the description, as well as finally, um, there is um, we I forgot to mention this at the end of the episode. You'll you'll realize um, Jeremy Vellucci's links and where you can find his band Wreck Wreck of Time are in the description below. So if you want to check out Jeremy Vellucci's work or his band, you can check them out linked below. There you go. Um, Cool. That's it, guys. That's all the links. And if I may say something about the fact that we are here. At 300 it's true yeah. i i um uh it's been a rough year no, no no denying it it's been a very rough year for all of us and i am so grateful that we are here 
with our 300th episode. I'm so grateful that the show has become 300 episodes. I know a lot of these shows have uh, been fallen by the wayside because of just scheduling uh, and the problems that plagued us this year. Um, but I do want to celebrate just the fact our family, our Fickner podcast, family of podcasts. Just bring that up for the audio, for the for the video listeners, for the audio, uh, some of the video watchers, for the audio listeners. This is a a kind of like screensaver of all the shows that we do. Basement K Pause, when you Fickner's watch book club, miscellaneous, even all those links, uh, all those uh, shows. I really love those shows. I really love this family that we've built. I really love this doing these live shows and having people come in, uh, do the chat. I'm really you're welcome. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I, I'm really grateful that we're here doing 300 today. Me too, 100. percent Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't be happier. Me too. We're all here. And just thank you again to like everyone who I said this. I said a lot of this stuff at the end, so I'm not going to say too much more. But just you know, just thank you to everyone who's been with us this entire time and collaborated with us and become mm -hmm. our friends because of it. Like, mm -hmm. Really love everything, everything. The show is about love. I love it. I love the people in it. I love the people around it. Love. Love, love, love. Yeah. I want to thank you guys. Okay, I want to thank bye. you too. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank I, I want to thank you guys for for doing the show, for essentially doing the show for with us, with me, and of course Sparks as well, for 300 episodes, because this is a milestone. A big-ass milestone, and Honest, and I can't believe we've made it this far, and I cannot wait to see where the next 300 takes us. So, and you know what? And you know what? It's it's not just 300 episodes of a podcast. It's true. We have 507 episodes, uh, uh, YouTube videos where, or not all of them are this podcast. A lot of them are video game stuff and movie stuff and comic book stuff. So, like the like the dream, we not we might not be making money, but this is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is I want to talk to my friends about nerdy shit and have people people come in and talk about it with me like this is it's the dream so like again mm -hmm. like i don't get paid for it but like that's that's not stopping me from doing it and it's not going Next. to stop me it's not going to stop me until i stop liking comics and i have i'm covered in comic book tattoos so i don't think that's going to happen the day you stop liking comics probably the day hell freezes over probably i'm gonna need a jacket <laughs> <laughs> i don't even care if it freezes over just give me the jacket <laughs> but once again we live in california it's probably gonna be a light jacket I, uh, I just got a I just got a new uh, AC installed in this house, and let me tell you guys, it's cold. I need a jacket. <laughs> nice, it's so nice, man. From Monterey, where it was like nice all the time, back to Southern California, we're like, hey, it's hundred degrees. Sorry. Uh, thank you, air conditioning. Thank you, scientists. I love you. I love you, mechanics, engineers. I'm not gonna lie. Yesterday was like the first day I actually put on my long pajama pants instead of my pajama shorts I've been wearing all the time. Ooh, Ben. Yeah, I know scandalous um yeah i uh, i R R ryan said absolutely like the, the fact you know we do this for us i've always said that before we don't get paid to do this we we do this because we like to do it and we like to hang out with each other and 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 hang out with the people who watch it um and i want to keep doing that for as long as i am able um uh because like i i, I, tw I tweeted this before like i understand that hate clicks you know they make all those they make all those listeners they make all those money I'd rather have a measly audience than a large audience because I'm spewing hatred. Absolutely. Because mm -hmm. like if, if we if this were a podcast where like we just shit on things, then we'd attract that kind of audience. And I don't want that audience. Exactly. I like people who care about other people's feelings and opinions instead of just exactly. shit on things just because like they're not the same. Uh, so I'm really glad that 
that this is the podcast that it is because like all those other shitty ones yeah they might be have they might have millions of views they're terrible people and i'd rather be who i am so i'm exactly Mm. exactly the thing that that, uh, you know i said before this podcast has cultivated uh, uh, a love you know we're kind people. We try our best to be kind. We 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 want people to love each other. We, we everyone who comes in here um, to to check us out. We want them to love to to love each other. No no hatred. That's not to say we can't shit on a Morbius now and then though. That's true. That's true. We still have fun. <laughs> or or the first Suicide Squad movie. Now we did, we did do a commentary. We did. Now that said. Now that said. If you'd like to support us financially, you can check out our T Public on our Patreon uh, and help us and help us out because you know we want to do more stuff, and it would be easier to do more stuff if we got a little spending money on the side. Sure. It, it would, it would. I I'm still can't wait for the day that I win the lottery and I can buy Brandon a Roadcaster. That would be nice. No, no, no. So hopefully in the near future we can get back to some of the shows that have fallen by the wayside. Again, this year has been tough. Schedules are tough. Uh, and hopefully uh, coming coming soon, you'll start hopefully see more show more of those shows that have fallen behind kind of come back into the circulation within the family. Um, okay, I'm good. You guys want to talk about your weeks? Sure. Yeah, I'll go first because it's again, it's pretty much just uh, everything that I've that I've done this week. Uh, she Hulk, House of the Dragon, Lord of the Rings, Andor. I talk about them on other shows. I'm, I'm enjoying all those shows to a various extent. And you can hear me talk about them on other shows. Uh, I'm enjoying all of them. I'm really lucky to be in a good period of, of a genre entertainment and stuff. Um, I beat Cyberpunk. I beat it at 60 hours. Uh, I will also talk about that on our video game podcast, which we'll be doing shortly. Uh, that game's incredible. Uh, every update makes that game, uh, just like No Man's Sky, just a better and better experience. Uh, it is absolutely one of my favorite role-playing games. Ben, I, you will need to play this game because it is it is not just a great game. Like In terms of being a role-playing game and like cyberpunk is a tabletop role-playing role game it is it is a sci-fi dungeons and dragons right so it's all about attribute points and skill points and talents stuff and jobs so like you will easily migrate into the world and be able to make any character you want and it's so fun and you could be a stealth character you could be an assassin you can be like guns blazing you could do what i do and be a net runner where you don't even enter a building you take control of a camera and then you blow everyone's brains using using uh, uh, cyber technology and i'm like a mage i'm a sci-fi mage and i just walk into the building and everyone's heads are exploded it's incredible you can make any character you want if you've seen cyberpunk uh the main character david uses the sand devastand uh a cyber chip mod which makes him go super speed so it's like he he slows down time to 25 percent normal speed so he's going super fast so in the game you can get that and everyone slows down and i take out my katana and i, I, just, I just destroy everyone and their limbs are flying off and body parts are ripping apart and it's all happening in slow motion and then normal time comes back up and it's like and the flames are flying and i'm like man video games are brandon couldn't handle how good this was that was too good he had to leave uh cyberpunk is an incredible game um i think i think his internet just uh, died out, out. well he'll oh, I... come back he will he will there, there he is. is it was like you couldn't handle how much how good cyberpunk was uh, i, so yeah, I, I don't that. know what the hell happened I internet stuff. Uh, so I beat that. Um, and I almost 100%ed it. So I'm probably not going to touch it again. I probably, I do want to stream it because there are so many different builds you can do. And now that I've done everything, I can, I found a, a nice streamlined approach. So instead of it being a 60 hour role playing, uh, uh, let's play it can be like a 20 hour. It needs to get like mm-hmm. good meat. The good um, stuff. Huh? No, I was saying like, so you can get the good stuff. 
the good, the, yeah, the, the juicy juice. Uh, so yeah, Cyberpunk, fantastic. Just like No Man's Sky, like uh, that's a game where it launched disastrously, but uh, the team behind it, uh, uh, it wasn't their fault. They had to release it when they had to release it because of you know stockbrokers and blah 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 and blah, blah. So like yeah. that game should have came out like this year, not two years ago, uh, and it would have been one of the greatest games ever made. Uh, unfortunately, it came out busted, but now it's here. It sold 20 million copies. It sold millions of copies in the last couple of weeks because of the anime. Uh, it just feels good. It's really good when a developer or a studio gets the recognition it deserves because that game took like eight years to make, and when it came out, nobody liked it, and that's really sad, and I'm just glad it's here. Super glad it's here. Yeah, I watched all lot. the Evangelion movies too, but uh, guess what? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> no, that seems to be a, a pattern, like with No Man's Sky and with Cyberpunk, where it's like, hey, where games get rushed and they come out in broken state, people in the games get panned, <laughs> and then when you actually look at why, it's like because there was a Unfortunately, when a lot of investors get really uh, investors who don't know stuff about video games, they just see the dollar signs and the stuff at the end of it. Then they get when they start pressuring the poor developers who are working God knows how many hours. And some of them are also probably getting crunch time, too, which is even worse. Uh So, yeah, like when money is involved, bad things go awry. The bunch of Zavlovs who are like, why isn't the game done? Don't you just hit a button and the game's done? Like, yeah. no, bro. Video games like, are the most complicated thing on the planet to make. Are you kidding me? Millions of different systems have to work all the time. It's it's a miracle any game ever comes out, to be honest. Yeah, right. Uh, real quickly, I'm going to bounce out and refresh my browser because my internet is still... Being you weird. look horrible. So I'll be so right nice. back. All right, Brandon, we'll be right back. So, yeah, I played Cyberpunk. I watched uh-huh. all the Evangelion movies, which will be... be discussing shortly and then oh, i did something i haven't done in a while and i read some other effing comic books and it's oh great. shit um i haven't um, done that in months i haven't been yes. at the comic book store in months i don't know if my pull list exists anymore and i'm kind say, of scared i'm scared to go back i was like you should have stopped that thing uh but that's 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 too late now um so well, luckily I, I did i i like slimmed down my pull list it wasn't as big as a pull list so it's a lot good. fewer titles but i'm still i'm still scared to go back well you got to do something about it bro can't can't because it's not just it, it's 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 hurting the comic book store because those are sales that they thought they were going to get that they're not getting anymore. So you right. have to stop a pull list if you're not going to get it because that hurts the comic book store. Anyway, I don't have a super local comic store that's immediate drive. Like it's like it's mm-hmm. gonna be like a twenty minute drive to my local one, which isn't bad. But I was feeling lazy, so I ordered some comics from Midtown Comics, and they will be arriving next week. Uh, so I don't have those comics, but I got boop Marvel Unlimited, and boy howdy, I caught up in some Marvel comics that I haven't caught up on. Uh, three of my boys. One, Spider-Man. There's a new Spider-Man run by Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. And people online hate it. They hate it. Um, a lot of people like it, but like the vocal Spider-Man fans are like, this is awful. And I'll tell you why. Because at the very first issue, um, it's a mystery story. It's all about something happened to Spider-Man six months ago, and it ruined his life. Brandon, I'm talking about Amazing Spider-Man by Zeb Wells, number one. Cool. Something happened. Um, to Spider-Man, and we don't know what it is. It's a mystery. Uh, six months has passed, and his relationship with everyone is ruined. His relationship with Aunt May is ruined. His relationship with NJ is ruined. Uh, his friends hate him. Like he did something really bad. He's friends with Norman Osborn for some reason. Something crazy happened, and that's the fun of learning what happened. But people really don't like it because it because uh, he breaks it breaks MJ and him up, and like it breaks all these relationships. And I'm like, I get that. It's a really good story. He writes a really great Spider-Man. He writes a great Norman Osborn. He writes the best Tombstone maybe I've ever read. Tombstone as like the A number one villain of the story is incredible. He has so much depth of like, he's a dude who really wanted to be a good guy. He really did for his daughter, but the criminal in the world would not let him. So he had to become, he had to become the monster that he was trying to hide from his daughter this whole time. And it's so good. And the John Romita art, it's like the best, it's like so good. 
Uh, I don't normally lo- like like his stuff. It really is really dependent, but like his stuff, I'm really jiving with. Um, I think it's a really great issue, uh, a great story so far. I've read four issues. Uh, it is double shipping, so it's coming a, le- a little faster on Marvel Unlimited because uh, it is three months behind. Three months behind? That's how that's how numbers work. Um, but I'm really really liking it, and I really wanted to give it a shot because so many people disliked it, and I'm like, oh, you guys. It's just because he's not with MJ and you guys are like, you guys are all about ships. And like, that's all, that's all it is nowadays is ships. And it's not ships and it's not good. I'm like, no, that's not how stories work. Y'all um, really great. Uh, his, his, his Peter Parker is so fun. It is Zeb Wells is who wrote the newest episode of She-Hulk, by the way, Zeb Wells is such an incredible uh, character writer. He has, he has such a grasp on comic book writing and comic book character writing. Um, and I'm just, I'm so thrilled that, 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 that he is doing Spider-Man because people might not like it. I'm loving it. I, I want to say, like, I, I think that there um, I've seen some of the backlash. I'm not obviously I'm not reading Amazing Spider-Man, uh, but I've seen some of the backlash. I do understand, like, the desire to want to see Peter Parker and MJ back together. It is quite honestly ridiculous how long they've been apart. Yeah. Um, but sure. I, you know, sometimes you just got to let a story go. Yeah. Um, and and if I if I cared more about MJ and Peter, I'm sure I'd feel differently. But also, like. Like sometimes you just gotta let a story tell to, to be done. You gotta tell the whole way through because it's not just him and MJ that's ruined. He ruined his relationship with everybody, with Aunt May, with with uh, with uh, with the Robinsons, like uh, Parker and and uh, the guy from the Daily Bugle. Like he did something disastrous in his life, and I'm like, what was it, Peter? You, it's a good enough mystery where I'm like, and Peter's acting like an asshole. I'm like, man, what what is this? Why are you hanging out with Norman Osborn? Like, I am fascinated. Almost like it's like a what if more than anything. Unfortunately, it is mainline continuity. So that's why people are mad. But really liking it. Caught up on Moon Knight. Caught up on Moon Knight. Jed McKay's Moon Knight. Um, Jesus Christ, y'all. That is a 12-issue, uh, one, one beautiful long arc of who's this villain? It turns out it's someone that's really close to you who's like your best friend. And then how that person just ruins, try, tries to ruin your life. It's very much... Um, like a kingpin, uh, Daredevil born again, where he's trying to ruin his life, his real life and his superhero life, or um, very much like Batman and the Joker, where the Joker is like, Batman, you've become too weak. You have this family, and you're not the Batman that you used to be. That's this villain's motivation. He's like, Moon Knight, you used to rip people's faces off. You don't do that anymore. You hang out with people, and you don't kill people. I'm tired of that. I need you to kill people. Will you please kill me? It's awesome. It's so good. Um, and the art is insane. Uh, Moon Knight is just, yeah, uh, uh, that is a beautiful run. Uh, I'm glad I caught up. Um, and then the last one I did was Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man continues to be great. Uh, the last issue, 25, comes out, I believe, this month. So I'm still a few issues behind from Marvel Unlimited. But Christopher Cantwell writes the best egotistical characters. He did great Doctor Doom. He did great Reed Richards. Now he's doing a great Iron Man. Um, this specific arc is about how he becomes a cosmic god and how he's like, y'all, it's cool. I'm a hero. I know what I know how to save the world. And everyone's like, Tony, just, can you not be a god? Can you not change the world? He's like, no, everyone's a ge-. He makes everyone on the planet genius level intellect. And he's like, this is going to make everything better, isn't it? And people are just inventing shit randomly. And like nuclear bombs are going off everywhere. And he's like, this is great, isn't it? And everyone's like, oh, what do we do? It's fantastic. It's like, what do you do when like the smartest guy in the world gets all the power in the world? And like, you can't really stop him, but he's also a good guy. So you don't want to be mean to him. But if you be mean to him, he'll kill you. It's great. It's like, it's the perfect, um, like, what's the word? Like, uh, 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 viewpoint from like, if, when Dr. Doom was God, like what happens if Iron Man's God? It's kind of similar. It's a little similar. That's why they're, that's why they're such great characters. Uh, love it. I'm really sad he's leaving Iron Man, but 25 issues, baby. That's a good run. That's a solid two year, two and a half year run. So great comic books. Love comic books. That's me. Goodbye. Very cool. I have nothing 
Um, this was a this was a busy week. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, my family and I are going through a tragedy right now. Um, I did watch a little bit of Quantum Leap. I did watch a little bit of Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk Edge Edge Runners. Only the first two episodes. Love it. Um, Quantum Leap, great show. That's what oh I'm yeah, is it right now? Yeah, who knew? That's good. I I have seen. Oh, I've seen no. a bunch of- the old, the old. I haven't seen okay, the new one yet. Okay. Oh, okay. There you go. Because I've What's seen like some people one? online saying it's better than they expected. But that that the way they say that, it seems like, oh, it's still not great though. Mm-hmm. So I have I've heard I've heard really good things from a people some of a few people in my circle. So I think yeah. probably it's gonna win her. I still just want to get through the old show first. Makes sense. Uh, anyway, so that's all I that's really all I have to say. Ben? Uh, yeah, I I don't have a whole lot because mostly my week was catching up on the Evangelion films. Three hundred, baby. <laughs> Three hundred, baby. Yeah. So of course we'll talk about the Evangelion films, but there were a few things that I did yesterday that I do want to talk about. Um, I watched Hocus Pocus two. Oh, I forgot that came out. Shit. Yeah, and I really liked it. I thought it was. I enjoyed it a whole lot. Uh, I still need to stew on it for a little bit because the ending. Um, I would. I don't. I don't want to spoil it, but at the same time, nope. there are parts nope. of me where the ending was like, I don't know, but I don't. It's like I don't know if I like it, but at the same time, I don't. I don't hate it because it definitely there's something with Winifred as a character that goes that's established very early on in the film that affects this ending, and so I'm like, you know what, that kind of makes sense. Mm. But at the same time, just the the tone of it was like, but she's the villain though, so I don't want to. Don't tell me anymore. Don't tell me anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would, I would say, if you liked the first one, you're probably mm-hmm. going to enjoy the second one. Um, I mean, I love the first one. That to me, that's a Halloween classic. How can I not go through October and at Question. least quote Hocus Pocus a little bit? Yeah. Ryan from Fingner Podcast. Hi. Uh, do they sing a different song, or do they just sing "I Put a Spell on You Again"? Because I don't want them to do the same song again. They sing a different song. Yes. Then I'm so excited for this movie because I don't want to fact, the same movie. In fact, they sing two different songs. Oh, I think one of them is original song too. Hell yeah, that's awesome! I've heard there's a there's a really cute scene with the Sanderson sisters in full costume in a recording studio singing the song that they sing when they first come back. So that's cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm very, Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, um, I could tell as I was watching this, I could tell all three of them were having a blast. Mm -hmm. They were having so much fun. And there are some good references. There's not a whole lot of references to 1993, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, this this film definitely makes its own identity as something that happened 29 years down the line. Um, there's no mention. The only there's no mention of Max and the sister and the, the girlfriend. Um, it's it's its own story. Cool. That's good. There are there are subtle references as to what happened, but it's not like dead set. Oh, remember that old actor? We brought this old actor back. Like I'm the glad. only re- the only returning ones are the Sanderson sisters and Doug Jones as Billy Butcherson. Hell yeah. Hell so yeah. yeah. I highly I enjoy just it. found out I just found out what his last name uh, his last name is, by the way, as Butcherson. Great name. Yeah. Billy Butcher, Butcherson. I'm into it. Yeah. 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 So I I I said, yeah. I enjoyed it. I have to. I, yeah, that's good. Um, after Hocus Pocus, Faye and I decided to try our hand at Cuphead again. Oh. The, um, the DLC. The DLC. We've been so we got the DLC the week it came out. We played a little bit of it, beat two bosses, and you know what? I'd rather fight Millennia again. Mm, really? Whole yeah, really. Um, mm. 
holy shit there's these two bosses that there's this there's this one boss rush or this one form where i was this close to beating him i got to the literal last bit and i panicked because i thought i beat it and it was like surprise i'm not done yet and i was like oh shit and i just went head first into two attacks and i and i lost it i i love combat because it'll it'll show you the meter of how far you come to beating the level literally and you're, I was, like, you're like you're a microsecond away from beating it i was literally on the flag yeah that's great. i was literally if i had lived i would have beaten him and yeah uh the game was still fun it is a challenge I, and there are times where fan and i were like oh and we just go one more time we have we can do this we can do this but as i'm playing this i'm getting flashbacks to fighting melania from from elden ring and i'm like honestly i think i'd rather fight melania i am melania blade of nicola how many I, times did you hear that, Ben? How many times did you hear that? A lot. Yeah. I heard it quite a few times, but for about an hour and a half, Faye and I were just stuck on this one level, and we could not for the life of us beat it. You weren't here when we talked about God of War Ragnarok. No, I wasn't here when we talked about God of War Ragnarok. You getting ready to fight more Valkyries? Actually, I'm excited to fight the Valkyries, to be perfectly yeah. honest. I love... Dude, I sought those Valkyrie fights out. I loved those fights. Those were fun. Even Sigrid... Um, Sigrid was the last one, right? I think so. She was a super hard one at the end after you beat all the Valkyries in the council. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The one who literally bursts out of her portal and choke holds you and throws you down on the ground. Yeah, that was that was a hard fight, but that was worth it. Uh, I'm glad we get to fight more Valkyries. Anyway, I'm sorry, Ben. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, uh, so, so, yeah, yeah. You're right. So uh speaking of Elden Ring, I did play a little bit of it. Um I got to the penultimate boss of the game and then i'm like wait a minute there's still another dragon boss i haven't fought yet so i'm gonna go back and fight that dragon boss i haven't fought the dragon boss yet because so, i'm trying to Is level it up in, uh, uh ferrum azula mm-hmm. that's my favorite that's my favorite boss in the entire game i don't know if that's you could bring anyone dragon fight in any video game ever made do you have up. to do you have to solo that fight or can you bring someone into that fight i mean if you're a badass you can solo it i didn't solo it i had my friend from work help me out <laughs> uh so ryan when can you help me solo <laughs> When, when, that I will jump at Eldering for that fight 100%. All right, sweet. Yeah, because I'm probably going to try that fight later tonight. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's a, that's a, you want to talk about uh, a King Ghidorah in a video game, Brandon? That's the fight. That's, that's where we're about to fight. Yeah. I think I've seen the, I think I've seen the clips. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much been my week. Just uh, a lot of Evangelion, which I'm not complaining about because that was awesome. And a little bit, Hocus Pocus 2 was a nice little palate cleanser. Um, the fun, mm-hmm. fun, really fun film. Lo- absolutely enjoy it. And damn you, Cuphead. <laughs> no beat it. I believe in you. All right. So I guess we should go into our bread and butter then. Hello, Babs. I'm actually okay with calling that little toast Babs. Oh, it's official. It's official. It's official. It's official. It's official. Is official Victor uh, canon that that little bread slice is named as Babs? We should yeah. have a canon. We should make. We should just be riffing a canon every episode, shouldn't we? Man, hey, you think we've forgotten? There's still that mountain. He's got like the anti monitor and like. Oh, I forgot about the mountain. Have we fed him? I am the anti monitor. I am the anti monitor. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the mountain. Who's on that mountain? The anti monitor, Mark Guggenheim. A, a lot, lot of people, an episode from like 200 episodes. A lot of people were on that. We're on the anti-monitor mountain. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I should make a shirt about that mountain. You guys haven't called me nostalgia's bitch in the longest time, too. 
All right, nostalgia bitch. It comes up every now and then. See, but you're right. the The Stephen King one comes up. Well, comes up more often. It, yeah, that's because he's always got shit coming out. That's exactly why. Yeah, yeah, that 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 fool does not stop. He writes a book like every seven days. He can't stop. And no, Ben just, reads it in a week. I mean, what the hell, man? You're just so you're just like on it. I bet you already have his next book pre-ordered. Or do you get review copies because you're his best friend? He, he gets review copies, of course. Yeah, so Stephen King has just sent you his next book, right? I, this, no, here's what happens. The second he finishes writing, he's like, he looks at the manuscript and he kisses it and he's like, straight to Ben. Straight to Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and he puts it lovingly. Can you, can you tell us? Can you show us one of the manuscripts? Can you tell us what his next book is called? Oh, yeah, sure. I can show you right here. Oh, Ben, rude. <laughs> the the audio listeners can't even see that. The I know. Bird. That, the, the, it was, I just, I, I just did the bird. The bird of Mitles. I would have made up, I would have just made up a title. The bird of Mitles. Yeah, the bird of Mitles. That's the title. Yeah, it, so it's set in the swamp lands of uh, Louisiana. And of there's an area. Yeah, of Mitles. Mitles, Louisiana. My favorite spot. Official town of Mitles, Louisiana. And there's this bird there that you see the bird. The bird uh, is a precursor to something horrible happening to you. And people are trying to escape the breath of the bird, but they cannot. Curse. And it's actually a Pet cemetery requel? Uh, there's – some people are probably going to say that it's tied to Pet cemetery in a certain way, shape, or form. Honestly, I think this is his own thing, and this is just even just saying – just screwing with people. Some birds are better left dead. <laughs> all right that's enough of that cannon let's get into some jesus we're stupid i love no, us good no we're not all right love us too all right casting news for avatar the last airbender the live action one they released they kind of released the rounded out cast we we've already known who plays a lot of characters but they let us know that arden cho from teen wolf uh mm-hmm. the one who the one who didn't return for the movie Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's going to play June. George Takei will play. Now I don't remember the spirit. His spirit Co. Yeah, Co the face stealer. Co the face stealer. That's right. That's the creepiest George. mother effer. And I was so looking forward to more of him and Cora. We never got him. I mean, he gets one. referenced, but it's not. But still, it's like one of those. Ugh. Oh, he's he's in the the search. He, yeah, he switches uh, uh, um, uh, Cusco. What's the guy's name? Zuko? Zuko. Zuko. Cusco. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, so he switches, uh, well, his Ko's mom. Because Ko's yeah. mom grants face and Ko steals it. Because Ko kind of, um, Ko stole another person's face. So, Gotcha. Real Hi, quickly. Gail. Reagan is in the chat. Um, not trying to change the subject. Have y'all seen the Last of Us trailer? Yeah, we will talk about it later. We got a whole trailer park where we talk about all the trailers of the week come coming up. All right, Ben, take away the, take it away. Remove it. Um, from remove our, it from my from side. Our screen. Remove Mom- from the screen. Mamona Tamata from the Babysitters Club, um, who was also in that Owen Wilson, uh, Walter Scoble movie on Paramount Plus. The one where he, Owen Wilson's Iron Man. Wow. Uh, Secret Headquarters. That's what's Okay, called. yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many movies. She will play uh, Ty Lee. Um, I love this casting. I love her. I think she's fantastic. She has an incredible arc in the Babysitter's Club. Yeah, this whole, regardless of like what the, what the product will be, 
all this whole casting is like, damn, I'm interested. Right. Uh, Thalia Tran from Raya and the Last Dragon will play Mai. She doesn't have a lot. She doesn't have a lot. Mostly voice work. She's in Raya and the Last Dragon is one of the younger characters, like one of the right. one of those uh, characters that when they were kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Utkarsh um, uh, um, Bad, um, Budkar. I'm sorry, I never pronounced that name right. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, famous comedian. He's a free guy. He's in tons of stuff. Um, he's going to play King Boomy. Great casting. And Amber Midthunder will play Princess Yui from Prey mm-hmm. and Legion. Love it. She's going to have a big old wig. And James Sai is going to play the Cabbage Merchant, which he is reprising from the animated show. We already knew, but they're doubly letting us know, like, it's really all. Uh, I, man, I, I really, I really, nobody wants anything to be bad, obviously. Yeah. I, this particularly, I need it to be good. Because this we can't is, have two awful adaptations of we the can't. Character. I don't want this cast to have to suffer that. This is no. a great cast. It's, it's, yeah. I don't want Cowboy Bebop to happen. Because, like, that's a great cast, too. And that thing just, like, sunk. So yeah. I'm like, I don't want that again. Not with this one. Like, oh, because if this happens, like, obviously we're getting we're getting more Avatar stuff, thankfully, in, in the cartoon world. But like, th- I do want a cool live action representation of this. And like, if this doesn't work, it's it's over. It's just over forever until 20 years from now, our kids will do it. And I'm like, this is it, man. I don't trust Netflix. <laughs> Um, is Daniel Putty in, in that cast list too? Daniel Putty is the is the mechanist. We already knew that though. We knew that from a okay, while. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah like all, like the casting for for like our main leads and like Fire Lord and like oh everybody. Daniel Day Kim. Daniel Day yeah. Kim is the Fire Lord. Yeah, the the whole cast is incredible. So I'm like, if this is a bummer, boy howdy, Netflix. I don't that know. that would hurt my soul. But the, when I saw the cast list announced, I was like, they all these people. I mean, the the ones I I was like. Daniel Buddy, George Takei as Ko the Face Stealer. I'm like, yes. I, give I'll me tell you that. what, there's no way it's a worse adaptation. I'll say that. I guarantee that this will get these shows, the Avatar stuff right. Like the the, the, the way that everything, I, I'm not worried about that stuff. But like the story and then the writing, that's really if, where we need to worry. If we remember, like this is the show that the original creators were making and then they left because they couldn't make the show they wanted to make. Yes. Yeah. That's that's super scary. That is yeah. super scary. Um, because they were all in, and then they they were like not anymore. So like something there's something there that they did not jive with, and I'm worried it's still in that show. Uh, but I just I I with this cast man, I got faith. I hope so. Just a little bit, yeah. just a tiny bit. I really I I really want this this cast. I really want to have a win. Same. I just want another win for Avatar. I mean, we got another win when the and show we're getting- came out. We're getting more Avatar oh, yeah. Legend Ever Ender from the creators. Like we're getting mm-hmm. more uh, animated stuff. So that's cool. Oh yeah. I'm 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 excited. I'm excited. I'm just glad Avatar's back. It got, I love uh, this. Spoiler alert, it got leaked, but there's a new Avatar game coming out in November. Uh it's a oh. budget game. Uh, but it is a new Avatar game. I think that's a sequel that takes place after the show. So get ready for that. Cool. Okay then. Kingdom of the Planet of the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Will be the next Planet Planet of the Apes film. Uh, it's confirmed to be a sequel to War for the Planet of the Apes by Matt Reeves. Now it's going to be some years, like many years later, so it's not really going to matter. But it is kind of going to be set kind of in that continuity. 
yeah, so they released a, a promo image, image, and it looks like The Last of Us with a monkey, which is great. Which is like, hey, them living in the post-apocalypse, like, th that's awesome. I love it. Uh, more of that. Um, Wes Ball, uh, the director, um, he posted on Twitter, um, there's a music video for a Coldplay song uh, where it has a bunch of monkeys dancing. And he and he took that. He's like, this this is my movie. <laughs> it's like, monkeys dancing. I'm like, yeah. Everyone's like, hell yeah, Wes. Because like apparently like he's like a I really love like indie guy and it's cool that he's making this. Um, What's really interesting is that he hasn't really directed that much, mm -hmm. and the only features he's directed were the three Maze Runner movies. Oh, that's right. I didn't yeah. see any of those movies. I don't know if those are good. I know people like those. I don't know though. Sure. I only saw the first one. I, I'm right. just happy that it's, that the franchise is still going and it's not going in a direction with more humans, as far as we know. It's not yeah. it's not going back to focusing on humans as the core. It's still going to be about the monkeys, which is awesome. Well, we do know that Freya Allen from The Witcher, she's the little girl in The Witcher. Yeah. Uh, she has been cast in the, in the film. Cool. Awesome. So, and then uh, I guess uh, Gail is once again in the comments. Uh, ben, Ooh. if you want to bring that up. Yep. Up. Oh, yeah. Gail. Sigourney Gail Weaver says, says she was going to be playing a little girl. And I said, yes, she is playing a 16 year old girl. Uh, yeah, uh, she was on, I believe, Stephen Colbert. Uh, and Stephen's like, so your character died, spoiler alert, in the last movie. And she's like, yeah, now I'm a teenager. Isn't life weird? <laughs> uh, we talked about that when the trailer, I think when the trailer came out, they announced that she was she was that. Uh, and and uh, if you don't want to go back to that, just kind of, it's it's weird. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. Reincarnation, baby. Um, but is she going to sound like 60, like 80-year-old, 70-year-old Sigourney Weaver? No, they're reaching her. They're re-speeching her to sound like a little girl. <laughs> That'd be funny. All right. And uh, finally, uh, on, on the casting front, we didn't know, we weren't sure this was happening, but Robert Eggers' Nosferatu is officially in development. Uh, it has been given the green light to be in, to be developed. Bill Skarsgård will play Nosferatu, and uh, Lily Rose Depp will play the lead, replacing Anya Taylor-Joy. His name's Count Orlock. Count Orlock. Yes. Frankenstein's monster scenario here. Um, this is this is good. This is really great. Bill Skarsgård rules. Lily Rose Depp. I'm not. Uh, I'm not as familiar with. Uh, if she's in this movie, she clearly she's a good act. A good actress. Like I don't think Robert Eggers would pick her uh, just because she's she's a Depp kid. But um, the original casting was Anya Taylor Joy and Robert Pattinson. And I and I just oh ooh, I wish that movie was the one I got because I love Bill Skarsgård, but I really want to see Robert Pattinson as a vampire man. Um, not that he hasn't already done that. Um, but like all of Robert Eggers' movie rules, like we saw uh, The Northman this year. Um, the, the, the Witch is great. Um, yeah, give me it. I love it. Give me more old school vampire movies. Thank you very much. Before The Northman came out, they were he was talking about how this might not even happen uh, because of uh, just the studio didn't want to do it or diff too difficult. Uh, but I guess the Northman did very well, uh, especially on uh, VOD and DVD. Yes. It definitely to, helped VOD, yeah. Yeah, to get this, uh, to get this kind of uh, greenlit. And the thing is about this movie is this will have a lower budget than the Northman. The Northman, while not a big blockbuster, exceedingly more expensive than his previous movies. Uh, yeah. So, like, I think he is going to scale down because it's not going to be an action movie like the Northman was. He's not Count Orlock's not going to be naked in a volcano fighting his dad. You know what I mean? He's going to be uh, a shadows on a crypt and shit. Uh, so, like, he can focus on the visuals and like old school storytelling instead of like the big uh, mythic stuff he was doing. And that's a completely different skill set that he's going to have to use. And that's awesome. I 
I, I, I'm so excited this is happening. Nosferatu is such an interesting movie too, because it's, it's an unofficial adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm-hmm. uh, that Bram Stoker's estate has tried to bury and all, almost had every copy of the movie burned. Um, and, uh, uh it's kind of like existed in this perpetuity of this kind of like legend status until finally like a version of that film was able to uh be found and so it's really cool that like now we're getting like a proper remake to this movie yeah um and Nosferatu and Dracula uh the movies are very different so like there's they're both about vampires and like I guess I guess you can get mad about that because it's an old movie or whatever well no the studio at the time did say they 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 did adapt Bram Stoker's Dracula book. They did not ask for his permission. And so like, that's why he won that court case. Oh, but, oh, so that's actually illegal. Yeah. It, it oh, was okay, actually well, an illegal adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Gotcha. Um, well, 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 public domain. Hell yeah, baby. Got I mean, now. but that also helps is that now Dracula is kind of in the public domain. Um, yeah, yeah. The, and even at the time, like, I mean, Nosferatu was in su- was such in the kind of the zeitgeist that SpongeBob was able to use a joke for it, and kids would find yeah. that funny. Like, that's what's so interesting about Nosferatu's history. Like Bram Stoker, his estate could not bury that movie, uh, and it's a movie from the twenties. And it's surprising that, like, of all the movies that we've lost to time, that we're still losing to time, Nosferatu was the had been this cult classic legend for almost a hundred years. And it's such like, man, like everyone knows like that imagery of, of Count Orlock with his big fingers and big ears and stuff. Um, there's a movie and, and I saw it a long time ago and I'm going to rewatch it now. Uh, it's called Shadow of the Vampire. And it's a movie with Willem Dafoe and oh, I just had it. Sorry. It's Willem Dafoe and John Malkovich. And it's about the making of Nosferatu in the 1920s and how the actor Max Schreck was actually a vampire. And it's a <laughs> making of movie where this man is actually a vampire. So everyone's like, yo, Max is weird. <laughs> Oh, Yo, I want to see this. That's so weird. Why are this people disappearing awesome. on our set? It's awesome. It's so good. Uh, and I just remembered it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to rewatch the shit out of that. That sounds awesome. I'm that, sounds like that. A fun, that sounds like a fun Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, very cool. I'm excited. I really like Northman. Northman. I really like Lighthouse. Bring it on. Oh, Lighthouse. Ooh. All right, moving on. Figment. We, we all know who Figment is, right? The purple honest, dragon from I Epcot, know, right? I know Figment. I've never associated anything with Figment before. Yeah, so he he's the Epcot mascot essentially. Um, mm-hmm. He has a ride on in in Epcot. Uh, uh, well, he's getting a movie. Um, Disney has officially greenlit a movie uh, about the little purple purple, right? He's purple. Yep, he's yep. purple. The little purple dragon um, with Seth Rogen's Point Grey production company. Okay, cool. Hmm. That dude. Anything that dude touches these days is good. So I'm not worried. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's really interesting that he's, I mean, look, he might not be attached to this. They were very clear to be like his, his production company is attached to this. So he might not be putting a lot of creative input into this, but still it does, it does seem kind of cool that he believed in the project enough to even take it on anywhere in his yeah. company. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Figment's had is such a huge, resurgence in the past like 10 years because first like their comic book came out a few years ago that's true i have and both now there's two of them. yeah both yep there's two comic books that came what's out this, and real quick real quick give me like two like what's his what's figment's deal i don't know he's don't a figment know. of your imagination he's oh yeah. he's 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 bing bong kind of and the, <laughs> the there's a there's a comic book origin and then there's the ride origin the ride origin yeah. and the comic book origin are different but oh, mostly yeah. he is just a 
he is he is a figment of one of one scientist's imagination that has become real. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because the whole thing about Epcot is merging science and imagination and just making amazing things. That's what Walt Disney originally imagined Epcot to be a big community of tomorrow, but then turned to a theme park and mm-hmm. yada yada yada. And also, fun fact: when his popcorn bucket released at Epcot, people stood in line for twelve hours and they sold out like that. Oh, I wonder how much they sold for. I really wanted one. <laughs> He's got almost derpy eyes. I like it. Yeah, Figment's cool. I like the comics. I actually really dug the comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, people love like the diehard Disney people. They there's a group of them that love Figment, and it's I mean, since we grew up here in California, or me and Brand grew up here in California. We grew up with Disneyland. Figment was never much in our zeitgeist. We would like look at Walt Disney World stuff, and we would see this purple dragon. I was like, who the hell is that? Well, even then, I never saw Figment until the, until Marvel did the the Disney Treasure comics, and that's and that's what Figment was part of. Uh, I had never heard of Figment before, um, but this would be like equivalent to what Disney is doing with like the star with like the wishing say. the wishing star. Is kind of that equivalent if DreamWorks was like, "Hey, the Moon Boy, we're going to make a movie off of him." Is kind mm-hmm. of what they're doing. Like a big mascot for Disney is is in fact Figment. Uh, yeah, finally getting a movie. Mm-hmm. Do you think Eric Idle's going to be in it? Because he's on the ride. Mm. I actually never been on that ride. Mm. Oh, oh, I have. So uh, screw nice. you. Nice, <laughs> dude, dude. When I go, every time I go to Epcot, I'm more, the group I'm with. We normally just make a beeline to either Test Track, Mission Mars, and then the World Showcase, and that's it. I really wanted to go on the Figment ride because of the comic. I was like, oh, I want to know what the hell this. What I want to know where this came from. So, right. so uh, reading his. Yeah. Wikipedia. He seems like a like a Batmite or a Mr. Mixoplick because he can like change reality around him. Yes. And he can make things. And I'm like, oh my God, what? I thought he was just a dragon. He's like turning things into other things and he's like turning houses into shit. I'm like, what? He's like a magician? The imp from the fifth dimension. I really like the comparison. Yeah. I didn't yes. I thought he was just like again, like like a like a bing bong. Like I'm just I'm a dragon imaginary friend, but like he's doing shit. Yeah. Amazing. Um I want to bring up a little one one thing about about Gail's comments uh, that they put in, in the thing. Um, uh, not the whole thing. Uh, they do say, "Do you guys think that there is way too much nepotism in Hollywood?" Yes. Uh, yeah, probably. But you know what? Sometimes we get a Maya Hawk out of it. So that's the thing. Like, if as long as you're talented, like it, there's nothing I can do about it. As long as yeah. you're if you're in a movie and you're bad and you have someone's last name, then like. But as long as you're talented, again, like Maya Hawk, like Lily Depp, like she's going to be in a Robert Eggers movie. He doesn't pick randoms out of nowhere. Like he picks people who are actors, actors. So like I, if, if I have faith, even if I'm not familiar with the work, like, um, I mean, yes, the, nepotism does exist too much. I agree. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, but you know, we, we've got like Wyatt Russell, who I really like, um, Maya Hawk, who I really like. There's another one, um, John David Washington, John David Washington. I really like him. So like um, we've oh, been getting I, some, we've been getting some really good actors, some really good nepotism babies essentially. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I get it's a problem, but like, I really like having these actors on our screen. I really enjoy O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, also, like, this is not new for this generation. Robert Downey Jr. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, uh act like uh, um, Bi- um Billy 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 Lord was the other name I was thinking of. I really like Billy Lord. She's Carrie Fisher's daughter. Um, the the one that I uh, um that people don't know I'm of is Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah, Drew Barrymore. Me. All of the all of the Barrymores have been film actors. Yeah, there's there's 
there was more than than you than you'd even realize. Um, yeah. But hey, as long as a product, and the, the real thing like artists sometimes make artists. So like, uh, as long as as long as you believe in the craft, then I'll believe in it. That's all I care about, to be honest. Actually, yeah. I didn't even realize that Maya Hawk was Ethan Hawk's daughter until you just said Hawk. I'm like, who do I know? No way, last name no Hawk? way, Ben. It's really? been years. No way. No, that's really. Really, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke—they look—they look exactly like. It's not to me. It, I'm sorry, I didn't put two and two put, together until you put, just said it. You put Honest the two of them God. together. You put the two. You put her with her with her parents. It's it's uncanny. That's yeah, like, wow, genes are put, real. Yeah, but I did not realize that until you guys just said. It. I was like, oh shit. I did, yeah, yeah. Huh. Um. Okay. Anyway, let's move on to what I think was the most exciting. Uh, bits of news for me anyway community mm. the tv series community six after seasons. six seasons and yeah. burying yahoo screen uh it is coming back for a movie on peacock here's the thing i i firmly believe that this would always happen but i did not expect it to happen this soon yeah. i fully expected it to be like has it been has it been 10 years? Hasn't been 10 years yet, right? No way. Oh, I don't think so. No. Okay, good. Like I expected it to be like later when they're all older. Not 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 Yahoo seasons a couple of years ago. You know what I mean? So like uh incredible. Incredible. Keep Chevy away from the set, please. Get yeah. him out of there. No one misses him. <laughs> okay, hold on. It was the last season was 2015. The first season was 2009 shit okay but but the last season 2015 so not quite 10 yes. years okay not quite 10 years i was expecting like 2025 or later to be honest so this is great um, this is great ben did you ever watch community i've i've watched a few i've dabbled in community here and there um you dabbled in community college both in irl and in the in the show true Ooh, scandalous so, yeah so I, i'm i'm when i saw this news my heart went straight to brandon i was like because he's been dying brandon you've been wanting this for so many years here's the six thing six seasons in a movie six seasons in a movie That's that was the hashtag it started as a joke it became it became a slogan it became what we all wanted it's really cool that we're finally at a place where the where where streamer streamers are like hey what else can we do hey community mm-hmm. uh fi- we finally got there i'm really happy for dan Harmon. uh i was actually just talking about this news before with sparks uh before they announced the movie the community twitter account just posted the clip no context just posted the clip six seasons in a movie mm-hmm. uh the first time it's spoken in the in the show and sparks told me about that and i was like oh wait that's weird why would they do that no context sneaky sneaks and uh sparks was saying that you know like dan Harmon at this point with rick and morty money could just fund the movie on his own mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. probably um, and, 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 and I was like, so, um, that'd be really cool if the, if the, um, if the, if the movie is happening and then the next day, hashtag and a movie. They had to tease it. They had to tease us. We did it. it real quick. I forgot to bring up something I, I partially did in this week. Um, cause you brought up well, my camera, Rick and Morty. Morty was added to multiverses several weeks ago, but Rick came out this week. Rick is awesome. He might be my favorite of the mage class characters. Mages are characters who do weird things that aren't like normal. Uh, he can make portals. He can shoot rockets. Um, he can make fart bombs that blast you upwards. Uh, he's got a jetpack. Incredible. Love him. Thank you, Dan Harmon, for making Rick and Morty. Uh, real quickly, Chevy Chase is dead in the in the in the in the series. Oh, they killed him in the Yahoo season. They killed him in season five, actually. Oh, I, oh I'm down too behind then. Jeez. 
All right, Ben, what did we just talk about? We're well, uh, there's a few other um details with the uh, with community film. So obviously yeah. we know Peacock has officially greenlit it. Most of the original cast is confirmed. It's unknown if Donald Glover and Yvette Nicole Brown are gonna return. And the film so far is scheduled for release in 2023. That's next year. Well, I mean, making yeah. a, they're not making an action movie, so like, yeah, this will be quick to film. Um, I fully expect both uh uh Yvette and uh 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 uh, Daniel Donald. Glover, Donald Glover, mm-hmm. to show up. I don't expect them to be in the whole movie. Just judging from this, I think like the, that that core cast will be the main characters, and they will yeah. show up for like uh, side characters, like not quite main character role. I would say maybe Donald Glover would be in it a little bit more because his relationship with Abed and Danny Pudi. I'm pretty sure they would definitely have a good scene or two together. So, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not super well versed in communities, but. And also, uh, Gail's in the chat again saying that lots of people say Chevy is hard to work with. Oh, yeah. Well, as oh, yeah. Brand said, Chevy Chase's character is dead, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, I just saw there's a great uh, – there's a Russo Brothers interview that they did um, where they had they had a picture of the whole cast of Community. And somebody was like, uh, hey, guys, if Thanos did a snap, who who would survive and who would be snapped in, in the Community, the community uh, cast? And everyone survived, and only Chevy Chase had an X on his face. Wow. So that goes to show you <laughs> if they did that in a real ass interview, yeah, Chevy is, he, is a nightmare. You uh, were cool in the 80s, my guy. And then why'd you become a jerk? Why'd you become yeah. a jerk? Fletch. Fletch. Why? I don't know. Anyways, yeah. So I'm I'm glad that this movie's finally happening because a lot of community fans, brand included, are really up were are they can now rest easy that it's finally happening. Absolutely. All right. So uh moving on to Marvel news. How about that? Uh, we got some stuff from Blade. Uh, Bassam Tariq, I hope that's how you pronounce that uh, name, has stepped away from directing the film. Uh, will remain executive producer. So, oh well. If somebody leaves for creative differences, they have to be given executive creator role uh, because they, they worked slightly on the project. Brandon, uh, you're back. Uh, well, welcome back, back, Brandon. Welcome. I can hear you now. That's good. I, 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 I think that... The internet at this house is garbage. Yes, it is. Are you kidding? It is. I'm delayed. It's de- yeah, you're definitely delayed. Uh, it's okay. We're currently we are currently talking about Blade and how mm-hmm. the director has left. He's an executive producer now, which doesn't mean shit. <laughs> he's, nope. he's he's done with the project. Um, yep. they did. I hear Ben get a mm-hmm. writer though, a new writer. Yes, Bo DeMeo is reportedly rewriting the script for Blade, and he is impressed. He is said to have impressed Marvel after Moon Knight and X Men nineteen ninety seven or X Men ninety seven, which is that. So the animated show coming out. Yeah, the the show that they were producing, right? Yeah. yeah um, so, I mean i I liked Moon Knight. I'm not going to say the writing is the main reason I liked it on certain episodes. So. I love X-Men, though, but that's also an animated show that has a very different voice than what this is, than Blade. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between a mature, you know, vampire hunter and a nine in a 90s cartoon for children. So uh, I, I'm i not fully convinced. Um, Blade, I, people talk about something like, Blade should be easy. Of all yeah. the characters you're doing, Blade's a vampire hunter, and he walks, and he's a daywalker. He fights vampires. Yeah. Like, the, the the rumors is, and if this is true or not, like the script's really weak. It had very little action scenes, and the ones that they didn't have were bad. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, I just don't 
I don't know how you mess Blade up, if I'm being honest. This one seems like the easiest one <laughs> to get right, but yeah. I'm not a writer. Yeah. Um, if you think about it, Blade should be a, uh, I don't want to say easy, but an easier time, especially since yeah. this is Blade's first foray in the MCU. You could probably bring up, I can only assume there's a whole lot of other vampire stuff you could bring in from the comic books. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't really super impressed with the writing of Moon Knight, if I remember correctly. But, I mean, hey, if he's impressed the right people, then good. Hey, you got a job. That's cool. Brandon, your, your video feed's looking good. Is yeah. It? yeah. And I hear you. Oh, thank God. Tell me about yeah, Blade. You... How are you feeling about Blade? I don't know. I'm not feeling great about it. You know, we're Moon Knight. I liked, I liked Moon Knight. I liked Moon Knight quite a bit. I'm, we're not hearing a lot of things about X-Men 97 and whenever this guy shouts, spews out, spews out some stupid rhetoric online. No. It really Is it that like, guy? It's that guy. No, no. Oh, yeah. he, oh, listen, no. I don't know. I don't know how he is as a writer, but he has certain views and opinions about the X-Men where I'm like, oh, should you be making an X-Men show? Yeah. Um, so we'll see how about that. But the X-Men and Blade are different characters. So, you know, whatever. Um, I didn't know it was that guy. Oof. Uh, I, I'm also just not crazy about Marvel promoting from within all the time now. Same, hundred percent. Yeah, like give people get other people a chance. Get a get a get a horror writer or something. Get a get a guy who does action stuff all the time. That, that's what's so strange. It's like all of a sudden the TV shows have become like uh, stomping like uh, cultivating grounds for their movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to be honest, like their TV shows aren't that great sometimes it, most of the time. 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause like a couple of those show people are like getting bumped up to make movie stuff. So yeah, that is. And it's happening a lot. Like the, 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 one of the writers from WandaVision is writing the Marvels. Uh, Michael Waldron, who wrote Loki, wrote Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That uh, one turned out, well, mm, the script is not great, but the fun, it's still fun though. But yeah. It's a lot of fun. But most of that has to do with Sam Raimi. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we, you know, we have, and, and then there's another New one. New World Order, all that's the same people. The from... New World Order, same, same thing. Like, and so like all these people are, just, are there like Marvel is, is finding these new script writers over on their TV shows, which normally would be fine, but yeah. these are people who are barely writing a TV show. Now they're going to put, now they're going to write a movie. And, and I do agree about like, uh, not always promoting within, but like Zeb Wells, uh, man, who wrote, who is one of the best comic book writers today, wrote, in my opinion, probably the funniest episode of She-Hulk. Spoilers for whenever we talk about She-Hulk. When I saw he wrote that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. This dude knows comic book shit. Uh, and then he's writing Ant-Man. And I'm like, that's a trajectory of comic book writer to here I get. Um, but coming from random TV show to make big Marvel movie, like it doesn't feel as, uh, as steppy as I'd like it to be. Yeah. But, you mm -hmm. know, again, I'm not the one making this shit, so. That's true. I have a question because I was gone when you guys finished up the community yeah. talk. Did you talk about Daniel Glover and Yvette Nicole Brown? Yes, yes we did. I, we can still talk about it. Sure. I said, since they aren't, I don't think they will be part of the main cast, but they will 100% be in the movie in some capacity. And I said that even though that I said that Donald Glover would still have a few great scenes with Danny Pudi just because the fans remember and know of the great um, chemistry between the two the two actors. And I think it would be a crime to have this big movie without them doing some great scenes. So yeah. during the during the table read for communities, one of the community episodes, the episode, actually the funeral for Chevy Chase episode, um, they uh, Donald Glover was really, really on board with coming back for the movie. Um, so I, I'm confident about that. Also, Troy was captured by pirates in the fourth season, in the fifth season of Community, I believe. No, the fourth season of Community. So you could uh, you could have it be like the story that they have to go find him and get him back. And, wait, he got captured and it was never resolved. Yeah. 
That's awesome. His his episode, his ending episode is he goes off sailing with LeVar Burton for a year and then he gets captured by pirates. That's fantastic. Teach them to read. Yeah. And LeVar so like Burton? So so you could do that. You could do you could do that story. Yeah. Or yeah. Or he becomes king of the pirates and finds the one <laughs> real quickly. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, just uh, audience members, you guys, whatever, if you guys haven't seen the table read that they did, I think two years ago for COVID, um, it's an incredible episode made all the funnier because Pedro Pascal definitely didn't read the script beforehand. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's been going around lately because of community and because of the last of us. It's a, it's a heavy Pedro Pascal week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, that dude's awesome. That script is ridiculous. Sperm's a funny word. Sperm is a funny word, making it funny eight times. Anyway, I'm so sorry to do mail. Where should no, we go? No, you're the community guy. We got to talk yeah, about yeah. We talked about community. We talked about Marvel Blade. What's next? So, Blade? Armor Wars, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Iron Man fan rises. <laughs> Armor Wars is the first Disney Plus series to be transferred, to be transformed, elevated, some would say. Upgraded. Into, upgraded into a feature length film instead. Good God. Um, I think She-Hulk, for the most part, looks really good. When you have a fully CGI character as your main character, uh, you gotta give the you gotta give the company time to make it all look good. Uh, Iron Man suits are all CGI. You're making a show called Armor Wars. Expect like a dozen different suits. Um, so I bet they were like, are we gonna do six to eight episodes of this? This is we can't do this. We gotta make this a two-hour movie. There was no way. If they're gonna bring Justin Hammer in, you gotta spend that money on uh, on Rockwell, make it a movie. I think they realized they were biting off more than they could chew, uh, which a lot of these shows sometimes do. Um, and like, we can just make this into a movie. And that gives that gives freaking a roadie. He's the star of a movie now. Like yeah. we have a black man and like, that's so fantastic. Instead of relocating him, like we talked about this with the, with the DC stuff, uh, like how a lot of that stuff was just on, on uh, HBO Max. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is fantastic. Um, Iron Man doesn't need a replacement. We have a war machine and we have a, we have a Riri coming. So like, Propelling those characters up is incredible. Like I, I'm so thrilled. I'm so happy. Me too. Uh, I believe uh, Don Cheadle is 57, uh, which would make him the oldest lead actor in an MCU movie. Thank God he's the dude in the suit because, like him and Robert Downey Jr., can just it's face cams. Yeah. That's easy for an old man to do. Easy. He's 57. Damn. Mm-hmm. See, that's very good for 57. Yeah. Um, let me. I mean, I'll double check that uh, because he could be forty-seven. I just heard fifty-seven oh. recently. Oh, I, I, um, I think, no, he's been acting since like the nineties, so he's got to be yeah, yeah. Be someone older. Um, this is great. Like, it could just be rumors because like fifty-seven, like, fifty-seven. Damn, like like Riri will show up in the show. Um, and I think that'd be great because somebody online, uh, uh, somebody I follow is like, uh, we don't have Tony Stark anymore, so Riri needs someone to look up to. It would be really great if Riri had someone to look up to was was a was a black person like like Rhodey uh, and him being like a pseudo Iron Man but being War Machine like she has a figure to look up to that's similar in her world and I'm like that's fantastic I, I do hope they do that I know Sparks brought that up a long time ago about connecting those two characters um, Sam yeah, I, oh yeah I was I, I I remember this conversation too I was saying that they can make Riri Williams um, uh, Rhodey's niece I don't mm-hmm. think they need to be related they mm-hmm. don't got to be related because. Uh, her origin story is really tragic and her family sports spoiler has to die. So I don't think her bringing Rhodey involved in that would, would, it would complicate it. And her story is very much like she's a girl who grew up in Chicago and her, and her family got killed by, by a drive-by. It's like, it's, we don't superhero it up for that character. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
really exciting. Uh, this is the first time that they've elevated a Disney Plus series into a, into a movie. I am far more um, uh, faith. I, I have far more faith in the movies that Marvel Studios is putting out within Phase Four than I do the shows. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm happy with this, and, uh, yeah, and it looks like the the showrunner of the show. I forgot to write it down. The showrunner of the show is writing the movie. That's good. I'm glad that they weren't like, this isn't working. We're going to try something new. It's like, it is working, but maybe not for a sh- TV show. Let's make it into a movie. Like, I think yeah. that's awesome. And if anything, yeah. that gives, that even gives that director an even like a bigger upgrade too. As like, yo, I'm directing a Marvel movie now instead of a TV show. Not that, you know, that's anything to bark at, but like I'm the next Marvel movie. Like that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I will not lie. When I saw the headlines, the first half of said headline freaked me out. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, when it, thankfully I kept reading. I was like, oh, thank God. Because I was like, you cancel Arbor Wars. That's shit's gonna hit the fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Do we want to? Do we want to address uh, Gail's, Gail's comment, comment before we? Uh, uh, yeah. So Gail said, asked us, as of right now, was your favorite TV show and least favorite TV show? Are we talking specifically Marvel, or are we talking no. of all time? I'm, I think it's like what right now. My favorite right show now? of all time, I've mentioned before, is Battlestar Galactica. No, she says as of right now. As like, right the, the show that I want to watch the most every week is probably House of the Dragon. If I'm making mine too, yeah. yeah. As of right now, it's definitely House of the Dragon. Yeah, it's it's just got the it's just the media. It's got so much meat. I love yeah. it. I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't say right now. I'm, I'm not. I'm. Mm, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm not really watching a lot of TV right now outside of what what I do for the show. Um, mm-hmm. If I get further into cyber, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, I'm sure that will probably be it. See, um, I she said what what we're watching right now, and I completed Cyberpunk. So if we're talking about shows I completed, Cyberpunk's the best thing to come out of all time. But yeah. right now, right now, no, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, right now, this, uh, all right. Uh, they specify right now necessarily Marvel. Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel is the best Marvel TV show. I think I think she probably meant to say not necessarily Marvel. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, the yeah, man. Oh, I watched the bear. Okay. Watch uh, Gail real quick. The bear. Watch the bear. It's on FX. It's eight episodes. Uh, it's about cooking and drama. It's real great. Not to not to belabor the point, but I, I am suffering a tragedy at home right now, and so TV has kind of soured for me on accident. Like it's just it's I'm just not excited to watch anything right now, which I'm sure will subside as I kind of go through this. Well, you've been watching Quantum Leap, right? Yeah, but like just kind of to have yeah. something on. And I okay. like the show, but I just okay. it's it's there's nothing that I'm watching right now where I'm like, oh, I'm I want to watch that right now. I want to. Right. I cannot wait for the next episode, um, mm-hmm. just because I have other things on my mind. Yeah, as of right now, I would definitely have to say House of the Dragon with Lord of the Rings vying. Like it goes back and forth. Sure. It all depends on what my mood is. I don't really have a least one right now because if I had a least favorite show, I probably just wouldn't watch it. To be yeah, perfectly yeah. honest. I'm at the point in my life where uh, uh, I don't got time to be sad and miserable. I got I deal with that with my regular brain, my entertainment. I got to like exactly. Um, cool. Why don't we <gasps> go on to? Oh, it's Ryan's turn. Ryan's Ryan's the one. No. <laughs> okay. um, why don't we move on to <gasps> the Marvel news? What? No, no, no. I just I just saw what we're talk, talking right now. Oh, why don't we go on to the news that broke the Internet, which was that Wolverine, Hugh Jackman. Oh. Yes. Hugh Jackman will be returning as Wolverine in Deadpool 3. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, that son of a bitch. 
That son of a bitch. That son of a he did it. That son of a bitch. He really did it. Yeah. Um lot lot man. So many opinions this week. Good and bad. And I I'm can, really happy that I the I opened Twitter and all I saw was that video. So mm-hmm. I decided to watch the video before I scrolled Twitter. Yeah. I'm so um, happy I did that. Um I get I get why people after Logan are like, no, it's that's the end of Logan. That takes place in the future. Settle down. It's an ultimate also, universe. Settle down. It's a comic book movie. Settle down. So the thing is, like, if it was anyone else, if it wasn't Deadpool, and they were like, if if Marvel was like, Wolverine, Hugh Jackman's going to be the Wolverine of our universe. He's showing up in Black Panther. I'm like, why? Yeah, I wouldn't be. I'd be like, no, you know, but it's Deadpool. And when Fox went, was sold by Disney, the movie was already sold as a Wolverine right. Deadpool film. It's Deadpool. It's a joke. It's going to be funny. It's going to have Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman who've wanted to pair up forever together. It's going to be great. It's going to be a good well, time. It's, it's going to be nice that they're going to repair again because X-Men Origins Wolverine is a disaster. I've never heard of that movie. I definitely said for the first time for a reason. <laughs> That's a good joke. That's a good joke. Man, and it's just, and Deadpool 2, he goes like back in time and he's like, I'm going to yeah. fix this and all this shit. I'm like, that's that's cute. That's very cute. I'm glad this happened. And like, you just can't stop, can you? You just can't stop. You want to make everyone as happy as they can possibly be. I really think that like this is also, and I I do, but truthfully, I do believe that this also means that uh, Hugh Jackman is going to come back for Secret Wars. Yeah. Um. I I real I realized something uh, after this happened. I was like, you know, Kevin Feige worked on X Men and Spider Man. He wanted those movies to be connected and to have a crossover. I think he's finally doing it. I think he's fulfilling his lifelong ambition. It Man took lo- him 20 years, but it's finally happening. He he loves crossovers. Like, yeah, like he tried to do this with X-Men and Fantastic Four. They did yeah. a photo shoot and everything, and it didn't happen. Um, and I'm like, oh, he yeah, like the dream he it took a long time, but the dream is here. And it's when about he- to get even crazier because again, we still don't have the FF or X-Men yet. Exactly. And so like, and so if you remember, there was when they did like the, the big F all box set for uh, the infinity saga, there was the alternate uh, Sam, Sam, Sam Jackson cameo at the end of Iron Man, where he says, uh, I have to deal with wall crawlers and mutants and gamma irradiated thugs. And now I have to deal with you. Kevin Feige at one point thought that X-Men and Spider-Man could cross over and it would have been Tobey Maguire and Hugh Jackman with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. But because of licensing issues, that just didn't happen. Now, and now, and now we're here. And like, I am not worried about, like we we, we talked about, like I, he is not going to be our Wolverine for the future. Mm -hmm. He is going to be the Wolverine that we know coming back for one last, like fun hurrah, not a sad hurrah. Um, and I can only imagine the fun shit that they're going to do with the Fox merger. I can only imagine Deadpool. I can't imagine the cameos we are going to get of X-Men characters that are from Fox. 100%. That they're, and this is the only time like where a Ralph Boner would make sense and I'd be okay with it. Because <laughs> it's in a Deadpool movie. It's not... Oh, know, it's what if... What if... Remember what was the... One last day or last day? Uh, the, the, the thing that happened before, right before Secret Wars where all the comics ended. Oh, it's like one, one, one more, one last day or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One last day. What if this is Deadpool one last day and it's, yeah. it's Fox era Deadpool with Fox era Hugh Jackman Wolverine going on one last adventure before Deadpool is, is merged into the MCU? Like, 
Like that's yeah, that's pretty good. That's really good. Um, I am yeah, I am so like I those two Deadpool movies. The more I get further from them, like the more I really like them because like they <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Like they feel like more like X Men movies than a lot of those other X Men movies do. Um, because Lion. I don't really care about Deadpool as a character too much, but like when a comic is really good, I'll read it. And when a movie is, the movies are good, I'll watch them. Um, so like, and he's going to be in the MCU. So like him showing up in other movies is, is going to be really fun. Cause like he does show up in other people's comics randomly. And I'm like, Oh my God, Deadpool's here. What the hell? <laughs> like, I'm excited <laughs> for that. Like he will show up in like a Miss Marvel episode or something. And like, I'm f- Deadpool. What is going on? He's like, ah, I'm going to ruin this episode. Like, <laughs> that's that's the future i'm excited for because it's ryan reynolds and like yeah. people are tired of that dude shtick but like when he when that shtick is good it's really good yeah i'm i have nothing but excitement for this yeah and there's <laughs> there's it's not like people are saying it's like right after he came out of the meeting but it's not but like there's like an interview like a, a paparazzi guy talking to hugh jackman where he's like yeah i'm coming back one more time and he's like i've never seen hugh jackman smile harder because he probably just cashed like a 50 million dollar check <laughs> right probably he just cashed the biggest check in hollywood and he just walked out like yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and he at the at the second at the end of the second video he's like thank you mcu thank you kevin feige yeah, <laughs> <I love money." laughs> And like, look, I, 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 I'm, I'm sure he was paid a lot, but I also oh, know yeah. that he probably wouldn't come back unless he wanted to. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, I, I'm, I can only assume that when, because I remember like Ryan Reynolds, he went to Disney after the Fox merger, and they were talking about the future of Deadpool, and he was saying about like, oh, I'm in the big leagues, yada yada yada. I could only assume that part of that conversation was how much money can we give Hugh Jackman to make yeah. sure he comes back? Yeah. I'm sure can there we just give a him a block? Can we just give him a blank check and also be just because of the dynamic between Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds? I think even it's like just like the the actual behind closed doors conversation was like, dude, we want you to come back. He's like, yeah, okay, I think I will come back. It was it wasn't more negotiation. It was, can you please? And it was like, of course, my friend. That that sounds like it'll be fun. That's yeah. I mean, that's just me imagining. I would love to have been a fly, a fly on the wall for that conversation, and I just love how nonchalant the announcement was. I love I love that announcement video so much. Where he just walks by and he goes up the stairs and goes, "Yeah, sure." And Ryan just goes, "I think the I think the 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 eyebrow raise cued to the music was brilliant. Was brilliant brilliant editing. Even the subtitles to uh, Whitney Houston's "I Will Always Love You." They change it to Hugh. I I will will always love love Hugh. And And you know what's great? You know what's great? They brought back the 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 claw slices through the logo. That I, I, I remember when they had first announced the X-Men film, like just a teaser trailer, and it was Wolverine's claws doing the X. And I, I missed the claws announcing a three or a two or whatever. Jurassic, I, I that. Jurassic Park, baby. <laughs> yeah. Logan 2, by the way, Logan 2 would have the perfect opportunity to do it again because uh, X-23 has two claws. Yeah. Also, uh, I really hope they, I hope they bring her back. I would love to see her as yeah. X-23 one more time. I... With Disney specifically and this type of thing, I one billion percent have faith that that Daphne Daphne King Daphne King Daphne King yeah X twenty three Laura Kinney is one hundred percent coming back. She's yeah. she, that that kid has only grown up into into Laura Kinney as far as I'm concerned. I'm like, oh my god, please bring her to the MCU, please God. She's almost done with his Dark Materials. I think you oh, could. That's, that's the show she's on. I think you could. I think you could very easily just be like, and this is the Wolverine of the MCU, Laura Kinney. Absolutely. I'm okay um, with that. 
I'm one hundred percent a okay with that. The two people that are having it, like just as good a day as Hugh Jackman are his agent and his accountant. Yep, because <laughs> agents get a percentage and his accountant gets a percentage. Of how yeah. that money? I'm also pretty sure his. I'm pretty sure Hugh's wife is also excited too. But oh, I yeah. got a new bathtub. Oh, yeah. I got a new <laughs> house. <laughs> new vacation. Right. But yeah, anyways, um, I, I'm just happy for Hugh Jackman to come back. We all grew up with him as Wolverine. He's our Wolverine. And he has fully embraced the, the nerd community and he loves doing this. When he said, Logan's my last one, we were all sad and we we're like, maybe, but maybe, maybe he could come back for a Deadpool film. It's finally happening. That was and, actually, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like I legitimately was like, I, the only way I'd be okay with Hugh Jackman returning as Wolverine is for a Deadpool movie. Yeah. 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 And, and man, it's, that, that Logan is a finale. It's like, it beautiful, is. beautiful finale. And like, uh, you can only you can only be funny with that you can't yeah. you can't keep going after that yeah so i i'm i'm excited i cannot wait i uh friend of the show mag sent me the instagram sent me the reel so many people were sending me the videos of the announcement and i'm like god damn it's real and it's yo, actually happening they <clears throat> well this is could truly be like a disney first like r-rated billion i could you're the good. first movie ever to make a billion dollars that's R-rated. Because Deadpool got close. Deadpool 2 got real close. They didn't, though. I think they got, like, like I, I just listened to a podcast, like, it's like 900 and 700 million. Um, so, like, Hugh Jackman, man, he's going to bring those people in. People, people with, with Hugh Jackman and Deadpool. No, those are- you know what? You know what? Let's shoot for the stars. Let's make. Let's get this movie to make more than Avatar. The highest grossing movie of all time? Yes. Gonna be rough. R-rated Deadpool movie, Wait, highest grossing film game. of all time. I thought Endgame. I thought Endgame became the highest grossing movie of all time. It no, did. It, it did, and then Avatar re-released and got twenty more million dollars. <laughs> James, stop it! Yo, man, God people keep saying it. It's like it's like Skyrim re-releases. You keep and, buying them, and like now, fucks. now it was re-released again and made thirty million dollars. For fuck's sake, James week. Cameron, stop! this week ben because i'm a i need to see the new the new 4k and so that film now has 2.9 billion dollars actually to be perfectly honest i probably should rewatch avatar and i would not mind rewatching it on the big screen because it's been a very long time since i've seen it hot hot, good 3d yeah yeah i I do want to see it i do want to see it in theaters if i can because i want to i want to remember how good that 3d was yeah and you know you can you don't have that on the tv that's another movie i saw in theaters like like three or four times specifically imax twice for sure because i I definitely my first viewing of the i saw that movie twice and my first viewing was definitely imax 3d my dad and i put the money up for that one it was worth it it was definitely it was definitely really really good grendel yes uh netflix announced a grendel tv series some some months some months ago Mm mm-hmm uh, and they have shot, and they shot it. They filmed it. They ca- they cast it. They filmed it, and it, they canceled it. They canceled it. Um, I am going to. They guess. pulled the Warner Brothers. They pulled the Warner Brothers. Um, Matt Wagner wrote Grendel. Uh, Grendel is a very long running uh, indie vigilante guy. Um, I'm assuming they saw Sandman, and even if Sandman's quality is there, I don't think the numbers were there. And Sandman, very expensive. Might be Netflix's most expensive. Sa- so, Sandman, Sandman bugs me because Sandman was number three in the in the viewing charts on Netflix three weeks running, and it still wasn't enough to get a second season. Not number one though. Sorry, number it was number one three weeks running. There you go. Okay, right. that that sucks. Um, 
that show's even though I watched only one episode, uh, that show's really expensive. So like, I think they're just like, hey, we got a lot. We're doing a lot of stuff. We're doing more Stranger Things stuff. You know, we got deals with the Russo brothers and blah blah. blah. And like, do we want to do another really big comic book thing? Nah, not especially because Grendel. Grendel is not a household name. Grendel, unless unless you're into indie comics, like I don't think you really know Grendel. Like I've never read Grendel. I just know him. Um, so like, I think it might have just been too 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 expensive. You just know him. How is he? How is he good? Yeah, he's cool. He's got a cool mask. Um. Oh, I put a lot of water on my thing. Um. Oh, yeah. Yes. I look. It sucks when you cast something and you have something like practically done, and then the studio just says no. And it's weird that that you know this is going to probably start happening a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um. Could also could have been really bad. That's also true. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? Mm-hmm. I to, to be perfectly honest, I probably wasn't even going to watch it though. I'll wait for a trailer just because, like, I, I, I like support supporting comic book stuff. But like, yeah, yeah. If I if I'm not even get a trailer, then like maybe this wasn't it wasn't worth progressing. Unfortunately, that's true. Yeah. The Stadia, Google Stadia. Hell yeah. It's can't. It's yeah. done. It's going to close down. It's going to close down as cloud-based streaming service. Google is sorry, um, which will stay up until January 18th, 2023, uh, and then it'll be gone forever. And uh, uh, they are refunding Google Stadia orders. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I was there was a Twitter post where he's like, "Yeah, I'm getting like twelve thousand dollars back because I I went hard in the Stadia." Yeah. And then he's getting all that money back, which is great. Which is not a, something any company has ever done in terms of shutting a service down and refunding not just like the product, but every software you bought for it, which mm-hmm. is incredible. Um, ben, I know you have no experience with Stadia because you, no, no. you, don't, you don't play computer I, games. No, I, I don't. Um, I, I mean, I don't really know how to feel. I'm not surprised, to be perfectly honest with you guys, about a Stadia shutting down. Because um, I remember when, when we were first talking about it, this did seem like a really good idea. This, honest to God, did did seem like a great idea, especially for people who, as long as they have a decent internet connection, they could be, they could be so far away from civilization. They could, they can enjoy video games. They should, they can enjoy the grandeur of modern video games without needing to try and find a PS Five or an or an Xbox or whatever, what have you. But then, well, real quick, man, that's the thing though. You need a great internet connection, exactly. and people in the middle of the country don't have great internet connections. That's no, the thing. That is the thing. So really the the writing was on the wall uh, i mean i still the stadium was a good idea but at this point in time but where we are as a society where the whole country doesn't have great internet yeah the writing's on the, the look was, at me look at yeah. me look at brandon, yeah. Pat brandon cannot, twice today twice today and thankfully you didn't have to back out during our evangelion discussion but twice today you had to leave and re-upload because the internet has been wonderful. i i miss my home with my good internet so much yeah so, um, so real. Yeah. So, I listen to a podcast as I often do about everything internet related. Uh, Stadia was the first step in in real progress because uh, being solely cloud based, um, it is the future, and someone has to start it. So, Stadia was the first real attempt at cloud based gaming that now Xbox Game Pass <laughs> uses, PlayStation uses, other PC services use. So, Stadia might have failed but they were the first ones to try something. And then yeah. now Xbox Game Pass, which I use cloud gaming on, is the exact same thing Stadia was doing. It just Stadia, nobody played on Stadia. So mm-hmm. uh, it is a failure, but I'm thankful that it got to exist because now 
uh, we are in a world where you don't need a PS5 if you have a good internet connection. Yeah. You can play something like Red Dead Redemption 2, which is like the most beautiful, like the hardest core. Like you need you need an expensive ass computer to play this game on Ultra. You can play it on Ultra on your shitty computer as long as you have internet. That's a great, that's great. Um, I tried Stadia. My internet connection was good. It was not a good service for me. You need really good internet. Uh, I would like the lag input, like I would turn, one second later I would turn. Like it, I played Destiny on it and it was not it was not worth playing. Um, um, I had a friend at work who has Stadia. Um, he had it on his phone. He was really, he was like, yeah, I, he went to the, he bought into the Stadia thing and we were talking about it and he did mention how there, there are times the game would lag. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. I was like, so, cause, and I was even, even when Stadia first came out, I was looking at the game, his game library. It wasn't that big of a library. Unfortunately, it it's, it's yeah. the, the games on it. I mean, there were some pretty decent ones like the, the revival of Samurai Showdown was on there. I want to say there's a few Ubisoft titles if I can oh, yeah. research. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Ubisoft was all over for it, but a lot of the games that you would think that are cross platform, they weren't necessarily there. Mm-hmm. So, I, not only just like the whole, I want to say Stadia's downfall was the, the main thing was the was how a lot of the people, a lot of people in this country do not have great internet. And that's what you absolutely need. But also, I want to say the game library, not as it didn't. It affected the Stadia not as much, but it was a contributing factor to how poorly the Stadia did. Because you're not Stadia wasn't getting these big titles. It wasn't getting these big uh, cross promotional things. Sometimes they would, which would be great, but a lot of times not so much. And that's yeah. really where you need a, a video game system to thrive is a decent video game library. Not necessarily exclusives. I mean, yes, exclusives do help people who want to buy a certain console like look at playstation xbox playstation has god of war xbox has halo which one do you want to play you gotta get that one mm-hmm. but with stadia and with a lot of these games a lot of big games like elden ring cross-platform it go it's on every it's on almost everything mm-hmm. but then it's like it's not on stadia so it's like well i want to play this big brand new game but i can't play it on there yeah right. stadia uh one, one, another big issue that people had was um they you could use your own controller which is fine or you can use the controller that that you buy with a stadia device mm-hmm. uh and it's not it wasn't bluetooth it was it was wi-fi it's a wi-fi controller so you needed a good internet connection for your controller to work that's the dumbest shit i've ever heard in my life what the now, hell if you can afford it and you got great internet connection then you'll have one-to-one baby but if unless you're playing like a strategy game where you don't need to have like quick quick succession like a uh, timing like you're lagging, you're just lagging. Like, and you need really good internet. And like, again, I'm glad it got to exist. But like, uh, if you have a, a Wi-Fi controller, and the one of the biggest games that you were announcing with the stadium was Samurai Showdown, which is a fighting game. Need I remind you? And with fighting games, you need to have quick precision. You need your reflexes need to be on par. You yeah. they need to be freaking high. And your controller lags because your internet shuts out. Your that's the dumbest yeah. thing I've ever. I didn't know that the controller was Wi-Fi based. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, like I was playing Destiny and like like a fighting game. Like you, you either you get shot or you shoot someone, right? And timing is important. And like I would be lagging and I'd be like, oh, I died. Cool, that's great. Love that. Uh, and I quit. I literally played Stadia for one night. I played Destiny for a couple hours and it wasn't good. And I'm like, thank you for the free game on this free service that I tried once. I'm not going to buy anything. Another huge problem is people don't want to spend $60, $70 on a game that is on a service like this, where half the time you might not be able to play it if there's no internet connection. Like there's a difference between buying something on a PS5 digitally, right? I can buy Cyberpunk digitally, which I did. I can play that game offline. 
If I bought that game on Stadia and I didn't have internet connection, I can't play that shit. It's all it's yeah. all internet. So like, yeah, it's a fundamental thing of like we're just not there yet, but someone had to try it first. Yeah. I mean, even if, even if you buy games digitally today, you can still play them offline. Yeah. I mean, it's some of the a lot of the features will be cut, but at the same time, you can still play single player experiences offline. Any I was single playing, player game does not need an internet connection. Exactly. I was playing uh, Ninja Turtles with Fanny last night. We were playing Shredder's Revenge, and guess what? We were just playing multiplayer local because yeah. we have two controllers. Let's go. Yeah. That that is a problem with like games like MMOs or things that are always online. Specifically, there. What what was it? Oh yeah, Hitman Three. They fixed it, but they had a thing where like you always had to be online because of leaderboard stuff and blah blah blah. But like, mm. I would be in the middle of a of a game of like an hour long Hitman match, and if I lost internet connection, it would it boot me back to the main screen in a single player mission. Yeah, Brandon, it's annoying as shit, and so many games are doing that. But now we're thankfully the twenty tens are are behind us, and we're back to like, why can't we just be, let things live? It's not it's, online. It's it's like people forget of how bad the Xbox One reception was when they announced that the Xbox One was always going to be online, and then yeah. thankfully Microsoft rescinded that and they made it offline. It's like you, you can play it online; it doesn't have to be always online. But then when something like Stadia comes in, it's like, oh no, this has to be always online. It's like that doesn't make any sense though. And really, all and when you bought a Stadia, all you get was a controller and a Google and a Chromecast dongle. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and the, the last thing on Stadia, it was really nice because you could just go to Stadia.com and it would bring you to the thing and you can download or play a thing through the browser. You didn't need the dongle. The dongle was a better experience, but you could just do it on online. And that was the, it, the easy nature of it was really cool. But mm -hmm. like it, it only catered to people who had the best Internet, even a decent Internet connection wouldn't cut it. And I had pretty decent Internet in my last apartment, but like it wasn't top of the line. And that's unfortunately what you need um yeah. now xbox game pass th their their cloud streaming service is so good they're like oh that's what you do here's how we do it better and playstation's doing it and like we're we're getting there uh again just you need internet i i would say if anything the last thing i'll say about say is that it was definitely ahead of its time if we had internet kind of like how korea because if i remember correctly i could be wrong on this but i did hear that korea has like some of the best internet and it's for all of its citizens like everyone who lives in South Korea, they all have some of the most amazing internet, and that was and that's a country and that's brought to by their government. They're able to give this because it's like, hey, the entire country needs to have the best internet that we could possibly give them. That oh, could be I got it, ben. I got, oh, yeah? This is a great statistic. About 46 million people in South Korea, or 95% of the country, use the internet. The country has the world's fastest internet connection. There we go. The world's fastest, and everybody right. gets it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'll be right back. I'm going to go to Korea. <laughs> Listen, they make the best movies. They got the best entertainment. Like, that's like, they they got it over there. Yeah, cool. like Korea has it. Japan, as far as I know, has some beautiful kick-ass internet. Got so it's good ass. Oh, yeah, they, they got some good shit over there. So until the United States as a whole has something on that level, we're wait, we're, it's not going to happen. Until everyone has like fiber, Google Fiber, which like 1% yeah. of the country can get. It is in like, cloud gaming is just not where it's going to be. Yeah. No, not going to happen. Yeah. Bring up. Uh, bring up cookies, uh, Colin, before we move into <gasps> cookie! cookie from Just a Little Podcast. Hello, sir. We miss you. Hey, gentlemen, miss and love you all. Uh, I miss you too, buddy. Hope I wish we well could... in Florida, my friend. Stay dry. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, stay safe. Hopefully, out there, I wish. Bud. Hopefully, uh, uh, we can talk about Star Trek Lower Decks soon. I need yeah. to catch up on Lower Decks. I'm almost done with it. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Love it. Uh, I love you. You hate me. That's oh, cool. yeah, we're in the T-Talk, the trailer park. We are in the trailer talk. I Welcome love you. 
Yeah, I love you. You hate me. The new Doctor Who series. <laughs> Brandon, when you said that, I was like, I don't hate you. I love you, dude. That was the joke. Oh, yeah. I had a oh. Barney birthday party at two years old. I don't remember it, but I've seen all the pictures. The big dude came. He also had friends. I don't know the friends' names, but they were there, too. I, in I my remember apartment. the friend. I his mafia. Friends. It's his mafia. <laughs> I, I remember it was uh, a green triceratops and a... Oh, was yellow there's a yellow something yeah. yellow triceratops and another green herbivore but it had yeah, like yep. the, the big frill the neck frill i forgot her name she had a pink okay, bow. my apartment when i was too so take that, that i don't i don't awesome. hate you barney barney is such an interesting thing i remember the songs uh i remember the the parody yeah. songs i i do not remember the hatred being as bad as what's in this trailer me yes. neither i grew up we, we were pretty barney young a, we we yeah. were pretty young Yes. I, I remember watching Barney a crap ton as a kid. I remember, I mean, of course, when you're a teenager, you do jokes, you say, you parody and rewrite the lyrics to the songs, but Weird it's 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 Barney, though. It's like, what's so bad about a purple dinosaur? You know what? It's like Sesame you know what? Street. What's wrong Barney, with that? Barney almost killed Dr. Alan Grant. Mm, never forget. Jurassic Park 3. Never forget. What? Okay. Okay. In Jurassic Park three, real quickly, in Jurassic Park three, he's called. He's under attack by the Spinosaurus. He calls Ellie. He's like, "Hey, Ellie. Hey, Ellie's kid. Kid, take me to your mother." And so the so the kid's like, "Okay." And he tries, but he gets distracted by Barney and Alan almost oh. drowns. Okay. Okay. That. Okay. Not Alan's yeah. kids. Not Alan's kids. <laughs> um. So when this before I even watched the trailer, I was like, "Oh my god, did Daniel Kaluuya actually make that evil Barney movie?" Right. <laughs> But no, this is a documentary about people going crazy about Barney. Um, definitely has like the Tiger King approach where like it starts normal and like somebody got shot. And I'm like, what? So like, uh, that's going to be interesting. You yeah, see yeah, people burning Barney toys. You see people taking a hammer to Barney's ceramics. I'm like, why would you do there's, that? There's one very quick scene of a guy crying saying, I love Barney. And I'm like, oh, that dude's nuts. Uh-oh. <laughs> That dude's crazy. Uh oh. And like, it kind of like frames it as like a murder mystery for what happened to the produce, the creator of Barney, the girl. Definitely, like, I don't think it. Is. I think we would know if something bad happened to her. Um, no, I know. I'm sure, but it's really yeah. funny to be like, to be like, and but she really, she, I think she really took the hatred to heart, and like, and like, it's framing her as like this missing person, and it's like, what's happening? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah uh, what was it? Oh, they got the original voice actor for Barney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you. Oh. Uh, I, I saw this clip on I want to say either TikTok or Instagram. I want to say it was an outtake where that you know where they're having fun on set. It's kind of like those old outtakes from Sesame Street where like uh the the Muppets missed the line like the one with Robin Williams where he calls him Mr. Robbins, mm-hmm. and instead Barney goes, "This is a beautiful day for a person." And she takes like this woman's purse on the set and is running around. I was like, "You gotta love this place. There's no cop when you need one." <laughs> it's I, just uh, a funny little bit. You know, <laughs> did you guys ever see Hollywood Land with Ben Affleck? Yeah, not I did, but it's I. It's been years. I for whatever reason only remember. I remember a few scenes from it, but like very vividly remember an outtake that they refilmed with Ben Affleck and the actress who plays the actress who's playing Lois Lane, and um, they're they're fil- they're filming Superman, and like all of a sudden Ben Affleck as George Reeves like takes off his pants and pretends to have sex with with the girl who's playing Lois Lane. I'm like, wow, why is that the one I remember? Is Ben Affleck <laughs> the only person to play Superman and Batman? think so hell yeah ben well, well and oh, daredevil oh really? ben, li- ben. live action i think d bradley baker not d bradley baker whoever voiced him in 
in in Brave and the Bold mm. all has also voiced Superman. Gotcha. Okay. Look at that. I'm not sure though. One animated, one live action. That's all you get. Yeah. So Ben Affleck played George Reeves, who played Superman. Yes. Yep. Have you not Ooh. seen Hollywood Land? I have not. All, I know, all remember is that it's about the at when George Reeves. It was about George Reeves' suicide. That's all I remember. Suicide, quote unquote. Uh, yeah, I, I like that movie. I haven't seen it in quite a while, but I remember liking it. Anyway, is it Bro- no, is it Adrian Brody? Yes, Adrian Brody. Yeah, thank you. My father's dragon. This, this looks. Cute. Cute. This looks cute. I'm. I'm going to be honest. I expected from the pedigree of the studio to like it more. For some reason, I re I, I thought it was cute. It didn't give me like, you know, like when I watch a Pixar trailer, I was like, this looks really nice, but it it didn't fully grab me, to be honest. I was not aware this was from Cartoon Saloon until they said it. And I think yeah. I I do see it. It's in it's in some of the animation. But like if you told me this is the same person who did Secrets of the Kells, Wolf Walkers, uh, and there was the third one. I forgot the third one. Um but if you told me it was by the same studio who did that, I'd be like, I'd be surprised. I'm like, those movies look a lot better than this. Yeah, and it's not like this looks bad, but it it does kind of feel like a downgrade from the previous looks. Yeah, um, it almost it almost kind of feels like now. This is not to say I ended up really liking this movie, so it's not it's not a diss, but it almost feels like what we saw of Missing Link when Leica was like, "Hey, we're doing Missing Link," and it's very different from our mm. first four films. Yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of feels like that. Like they're trying a different tone. They're trying a different a different uh, type of movie. And it almost kind of feels like maybe they didn't hit the mark in attempting to do so. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm hoping the story because I, I did say something like, like it looks it looks visually appealing, just like not as much as the other ones they made before, which is interesting. Um, yeah. I'll probably I'll wait for a second trailer to like write to completely write it off. But like I when I heard about this and saw like who was making it, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. And I was kind of like, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you guys kind of feel the same way because I was like, oh, I hope I'm not like the downer because it doesn't, it still seems really charming and cute. Like the drag, it does give me like little How to Chain a Dragon vibes, a, a, a dude and a dragon and like family stuff. Um, it, it's got a good look to it for sure. I, and I really like that studio. So yeah. um, you're the director. I wanted to look up the director, Nora Twame. Right. She directed The Breadwinner. Um, the breadwinner was an Oscar nominated animated feature from 2017. It's really heavy. Um, mm-hmm. it's a, it's kind of a, uh, the closest, the closest thing I would comp- could compare it to is like a grave of the fireflies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's got a good director behind it. So, you know, I hope it's good. I I'm, I'm sure it's good. Um, it might be like, this is going to sound mean to this, like this movie, but like the, like the story is what's going to carry it more than the, the good animation, but not not what I not maybe not as good. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm I'm not I'm not a writer. I'm not an animator. <laughs> no, you know you're right. It's, you're absolutely right. Like it, it just it does kind of feel like a downgrade, but it's kind of weird. It's kind of hard to put your finger on why. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, all right, cabinet of curiosities. Shit. Yeah, baby. Shit. Um, I am all for this that, that first trailer was like cool little teaser this is like he's like making like eight movies yeah yeah and they're every actor is famous and unexpected famous like carry potter people and other people and these people like, so yeah. patella so many uh, people and i love all the all the shorts look so visually cool and all the monsters look really fascinating and scary and I hope I hope Del Toro is narrate is not narrating, but like introducing each one, like he does in the trailer. Oh, 
I hope like Twilight Zone vibe. Like he's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's the Twilight Zone for him, absolutely. No, I was definitely gonna say I really hope this is kind of like Gil- Del Toro's version of the Twilight Saga. Oh, Twilight Saga, the Twilight uh, Twilight. God damn it, the Twilight Zone. Is, is he an Edward fan or, or no? He's no, we're, we're, not, we're not going there. The Twilight Zone. This is like his version of the Twilight Zone, where he introduces each um, each episode mm-hmm. and then has a little something to say at the end, kind of like a little zinger. Yep. So I, I'm like the whole this whole thing I'm looking for, and also as we keep going in, he keep he opens the cabinet a little bit. Each more cabinet's more. a different story. Like uh, 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 what's yeah. what's that kid movie? The Indian in the cupboard. That's not yeah. all of this. But I'm like, man, um, it's nice that he. They didn't have to like. They didn't. They didn't hire some like person with like a nice voice. They Guer- Guillermo's got a voice. He's got a great voice. So he it's does. cool that he gets to narrate his own shit instead of hiring some you know voice actor. And it's from some it's some from it's from some really great directors and they're putting like their spin on essentially like del toro uh movies and monsters and and i'm i'm super excited did and you guys go ahead no i'll say all of them all of them look intriguing yeah like i like every every different scene i was like that looks cool that looks cool that looks cool yeah mm-hmm. it looks everything what i love about this is that everything i mean it's obviously it's horror but everything is like different horror like you have like the asylum the doctor horror you also have the the witch of the woods type of horror you have the haunted house sort of thing it's like every different little slice in genre it's not just like one big old hey here's a a script a spooky hospital and a spooky asylum it's all medical horror Ooh, this is all that is it's like it's different each time is different and i like that no not like it i love that did you guys see that del toro uh someone someone tweeted like Guillermo del Toro watching uh, Pacific Rim Uprising, and it's the clip of uh, Homelander watching Dawn of the Seven, and like oh, so, like the audio, the audio like tones yeah. out. Del Toro liked it, and everyone was like, "Oh, <laughs> I that man, like that that is a dude who like we we talk about like we don't know what he's making until he has a trailer coming yeah. out. This dude has two projects coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, is Pinocchio this year? Yeah, Pinocchio's this year. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's we got two Del Toros this year, baby, and one of them is an anthology. Woo! Thank you, Netflix. I, I, Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. Thank you, Netflix. I'm I'm so happy that Del Toro seems to have found a home he's happy with at Netflix. Bring on more Del is Toro. Pinocchio also Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Damn, both, they're getting him money. <laughs> both of these are Netflix properties, and oh, yeah. or not Netflix properties, but these are both going on Netflix. See, this is the problem with Netflix. Like they they release so much shit, but then they're like Guillermo Del Toro. I'm like oh, yeah, they're like, hey, Del Toro, yes, please. You wanna... Academy Award-winning director Guillermo Del Toro, you want to come do some spooky <laughs> shit with us? We will let Guillermo. you do whatever the hell you want. You can and have a like, bang as many fish as she wants on our show. <laughs> and then, of course, he's like, well, I have, I, I want to do a Pinocchio. Okay, that's fine. He's like, but it's gonna be better than the Disney Plus version. He's gonna be Every... made of wood. We don't care. And then so, he's like, yeah, but also I want to give other directors and storytellers a thing. So I have this analogy show I want to do. It's like, do it. Can we so, put your name on it? I wanna, I wanna, I wanna just give credit where it's due. Del Toro is co-directing uh, <laughs> with Mark Gustafson. Um, even though the movie is called Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio because of the to the because of the Disney Plus film, uh, he's co-directing it with uh, uh, an animator on on a few things. But this is kind of like his big his big break, and it feels like Del Toro is trying to do the same thing with Cabinet of Curiosities, where he's kind of helping other claymation directors horror directors try to like you know get them more prestige and i think that's awesome yeah 100 why it does it feel that del toro is the true good person good person of hollywood right now he's yeah he's he's the best 
He's a wonderful human being. I'm so, I, I'm so I, happy he gets to do I, that. I'm still, I will still forever be salty at Disney for not giving him the chance to make a Haunted Mansion film, but I will always be happy that Del Toro is like, hey, I'm going to go do fun things. I'm going to do things I, I would, want. I would have loved every movie that he's been attached to that didn't happen. Hellboy 3, uh, Haunted Mansion, uh, uh, Mountains of Madness. I am. I always lament that though that that, that so many of his films that he's attached to don't happen. Um, ever you could you could what you said what you said Ben. Uh, always I'll always be mad. Drop in a, any any movie name that he was attached to, and I feel the same way. Like I will. Yeah. I I wish we lived oh. in a world where there was more Guillermo del Toro. The Man of Treasure, even the even a film that I'm not a biggest the biggest fan of, Crimson Peak. I still really like that movie. Crimson Peak yeah. rules. It is a good um, movie. Sorry, Brent. Del Toro was the guy who was going to make The Hobbit originally. And yeah. he was like in like hardcore production mode before. And then like shit and scheduling and shit happened. I'm like, man, there was a world where there were good, really good Hobbit movies. <laughs> man, what a world. I mean, he did write some of them or he helped with the screenplay. He, there was a lot of production on The Hobbit yeah, that uh, uh, Peter Jackson used a lot of what mm-hmm. Del Toro had done because they were so close to filming. But ultimately, those films suffered because Peter Jackson stepped in so late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he didn't really, really want to do it. No, he really didn't. It kind of shows a little bit. Yeah. All right. Del Toro. Uh, the Callisto Protocol. Oh, I love. That was a weird. That was a weird noise. I love Dead Space. What if we got a different Dead Space, but also a Dead Space remake around the same time? What if you got a, a video game with Josh Duhamel and uh, uh, Kick? Uh, the boys, the Asian Karen Fukunaga? Karen like Fukunaga, yeah. Um, I didn't realize that there was going to be actors. I mean, I know there was going to be actors, but I didn't realize there were going to be famous people. And I'm like, I rewound it three times. I'm like, is that Josh Duhamel? Is that John? Is that bald Josh Duhamel? Because I recognized uh, uh, the boys lady immediately. But I'm like, Josh, is that you? And I'm like, that's Josh Duhamel. <laughs> um, I love Dead Space. Ben, oh no, I played Dead Space with Sparks. Um, yeah. If you've played Dead Space, this is that, but different. That literally like, you're... Sh- there's there's like blood shoot the tentacles there's literally like shoot the arms like they're just doing the same thing in a different scenario but it looks incredible looks super gory i love that it's not just dead space uh it is it is more mutation like resident evil monsters instead of like uh sci-fi daggers or whatever um i think it looks hella spooky ben i can't wait for you to play it next year Uh, (laughs) that the whole time i'm watching this show i'm thinking I'm going to hate life when I sit down. Future Spooktober. Future Spooktober. Yeah. There's a Dead Space remake and a color. There's two spooky uh, d- d- dissection games coming out. Yep. Welcome to Surgeon Life. Yep. <laughs> I mean, the, the the trailer does look amazing. It looks absolutely gorgeous. It looks terrifying, and I do like how the you have some interesting kills, like that that uh um that railway with the spitting thing of death, oh, just yeah. like goes by like the big column chain i don't know what the hell what the hell the proper term is but yeah he, he pushes it and it goes splat uh there's um they are taking a lot of the mechanics from dead space which is fine um there's a stasis thing where you can freeze enemies in place and then you can you can push them into things or decapitate them as you need be so like uh it will share the good the good similarities between dead space while still being its own thing which i think is great because like if you're good at something just you know just you can imp- you can uh what's not improvise what's the word uh Ooh, we adapt get, no oh uh you just make it a little bit better iterate iterate, iterate. Oh, yeah it's an iteration on dead space where we're getting dead space uh in 2022 we're also getting the quote-unquote sequel to dead space so like it, it's great it's the best of both worlds yeah 
uh, Halloween ends. What do, you what do we think? Well, I want to hear what you guys think. I don't. Yeah, me too. No. Yeah, me too. I was kind of hoping that it would just be a continuation of the same night. As four years later, what are we doing? Yeah, the second uh, she says that, I'm, like, I'm sorry, what? Move? Why didn't you move? I I just kind of I just I don't know. I I don't think they're going supernatural because there was a line like, "Oh, I have to die for him to die." They're not doing any horror crook stuff or anything like that. But like, I mean, but they already did that in Halloween Kills, where uh, like he's not a supernatural being, but yeah. he's superhuman. Absolutely, but like, but I mean, they're not going to introduce cults. So I mean, like, they're they're keeping it quote unquote grounded, even though the dude got shot a billion times or whatever. Um, I just don't. I don't know if I want a movie where it's like half of it's him fighting an old lady. Then they're half like it's just him killing people again. Cause like it doesn't, if it feels like they're trying to ramp it up like this big finale, but it's just like the same movie that's been made for 40 years. So I'm, I'm, and again, I'm still thinking about the test screenings that I heard that was, it was really, really bad, but that was months ago. So they could have changed it. So I'm just like, we also have a bad taste after Halloween kills. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in a great spot with this trailer. And I wasn't in the other ones too, but the other ones were better. But this just feels like we're just doing the same thing again. Yeah, kind of. So I, I, the review for our review for Halloween Kills is there. I'll just to reiterate, I really didn't like it. I really like Halloween 2018. I think that movie is great. Same. Yeah, but Halloween Kills is such a letdown after that that it doesn't. The momentum of Halloween 2018 is dead now. Like I don't have that momentum going into this. So I'm kind of looking at this like, I, uh, I don't know. I and know. I just yeah. don't know what more we can. Obviously, like there, we haven't seen the movie. I don't know how much more they can they can grab in this franchise that's new. That's not just he wants revenge against against Laurie. Like yeah. I, I don't know what more. Not that there necessarily needs to be for like a slasher movie, but that first Halloween movie is awesome. And then the second one is it's a little more, a little more like your messaging is a little confusing and like a little more messy. And then this third one, I feel like it's just getting more messy um by not really doing anything so like yeah. i hope i'm wrong i really want to be wrong he's also making like a new um uh exorcist trilogy after this so like i i i hope it's good i, I also I, I also like i'm looking at like halloween kills and all the things that you introduced in halloween kills which was a lot of things that just quite honestly don't all work uh and many of them don't like you you have to pay some of those off like why does he want to go to his his sister's window all the time why does yeah. Why is he stalking Laurie all of a sudden when it when it, the 2018 film told us blatantly that he wasn't? Like, what yeah. is what are we doing here with this with this thing that you're going to pay off some threads from Halloween Kills? And if we're doing four years later, why is anybody still in that town? And four years is a long time. Yeah, that's a long time. Um, mm-hmm. and, the, and there's a line of those. You say you've moved on, but you haven't. Of course, she hasn't moved on. Four years ago, her daughter was killed. Yeah. Um, it's. I almost wish they did like what they're doing with the new scream, and like they're taking it in a completely new place. Yeah. Like, if, have it be like this is the finale, and like I really thought I was done with Michael Myers, and like I moved to like Florida, and then Michael followed me to Florida. Something, something different, because it's. It just. It, it feels like another Halloween movie when that's that's not what I don't want. Just another Halloween movie at this point, like mm-hmm. especially after Hall- the first one. Like that movie's awesome, and <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm pretty negative on this right now. I'm not feeling great about it. Um, but I, X, X-Files, I want to believe. I always want to believe. Yeah. I, 
I, I, I feel the same way. I don't know how really I feel about that. I was looking forward to these trilogy, this trilogy of Halloween films all taking place on one day of Halloween. That oh, was man. like, to me, that was the, that was the crux. I was like, this is this whole story is going to end in one hellish night. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to just say something about that real quickly, Ben, to, uh, they were probably going to initially, but because of the pandemic, they couldn't film kills and ends back to back. Yeah, that's probably. And okay. they were they were meant to be filmed back to back. Still, four years. Of, they don't have to make it four years later. That's yeah, true. but uh, I, I don't. I mean, I'm going to see it eventually, but at the we're same time, it. well, you guys are going to view it. That's the weekend I'm in Portland. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I hope it's good. You I dodged really, the bullet this time, magnet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want it to be good. I am going to go see it. I'm out, I'll be reviewing it with you guys. I am going to go see it because I want to see how this ends. I want to see what happens because you're right. That 2018 Halloween film was fantastic. It that that movie made me really enjoy all the all the the original Halloween film even more. You know and what? You Halloween, will be here for it though, Ben. You will be here for for Werewolf by Night and Black Adam. Ah, there we go. Hell yeah. Hey, um, yeah. My 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 final thought on this is like, I just don't know if I want. If I need a movie where it's like, it's either going to be like half an hour of these two old people fighting each other, or it's not going to be that. And it's just going to be random people getting killed as in every other Halloween movie. Hey, you know what? So like, like, how are we supposed to accept Jamie Lee Curtis can fight off this superhuman 80 year old who has been shot and stabbed 40 times and then got up and killed 50 people? We even see in this trailer, like she stabs him in the hand. So I'm like, we know like she takes, she she can take him on. I'm like, I, I am all about girl power and femininity but like she's a 70 year old lady come on i wouldn't buy it from an eight from a 70 year old man either after what yeah. ha- after the way they put michael myers then, through it, in the last that, film it's that it's that instagram teaser that just drove me nuts where it's like michael myers facing the camera laurie strode halloween ends like it's a boxing match and i'm like oh those are my grandparents <laughs> come on <laughs> i don't take it seriously i i just i just kind of i i think you know kind of making it like the 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 Allowing Lori to heal from the from the wound that she had in the in Halloween, which she had that's why she was out out so much in Halloween Kills. Okay, fine, you said it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this kind of like Halloween Kills made such a huge mistake making Michael Myers basically indestructible. Because if you're going to if you're going to set the third film Halloween Ends on their fight, I don't believe that anybody could win against Michael Myers at this point. Yeah, yeah, that ends. Yeah. The, that that finale of kills where he like stands up in the crowd and just murders everyone. I'm like, after he like, was like stabbed 40 times. Yeah, I'm like, this is like, this is a fun scene to watch, but in what's happening in the story, I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And then, and then walked all the way to his house to, to kill Judy Greer. Yeah. Also big, big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> big mistake. Big, big mistake. mistake. Yeah. Well, I'm cautiously not optimistic. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah. The Last of Us. Uh, I wish Barth were here. Oh, I wish Barth were here. Oh, looks great. Um, yes. So if if this were not uh, the guy uh, Craig Mazin who made Chernobyl, the greatest show that came out in the last couple of years, in my opinion, won a bunch of Emmys, but that's not always doesn't always matter. If he weren't making the show, I would be a little more hesitant because um, with The Last of Us, that is a 
that is a solid narrative. It's not an open world game where a lot of things happen. It is ten hours of a single line story where you're following multiple, we're following several characters down down a journey, uh, and it is one of the most cinematic games ever made. Naughty Dog is is they are known for being cinematic. You play the Uncharted games, but imagine that, but spooky. Um, this looks like shot for shot like that game um, in a way that I'm really. I'm excited about, but also they're doing just enough different stuff and they're including stuff from the outside material inwards to make it feel like a really, really great adaptation. Um, and Pedro Pascal, uh, he's just he's just Mr. Babysitter, man. That's that, that's his job these days. Whether it's in sci-fi or in horror, he's babysitting. But um, I, visually, didn't, I didn't know that the girl... What's the girl's name? Uh, Ellie. Ellie. I didn't know that that actress is playing Ellie. That's very exciting to me. She plays Hilda in the Hilda animated series. And she was mm-hmm. also, um, so she's British. Uh, and she's also um, uh, in the second season of his dark materials mm-hmm. um, with Daphne King. Uh, and she's great. I love her and I love Pedro Pascal. And I think this trailer looks incredible. Yeah. Uh, ben and I know both these people from game of Thrones where she plays little uh, Lady Mormont, the coolest little queen on the planet, where she's murdering people left and right. She's such a great choice for Ellie. Um, it is really cool that um, that she is giving, like, she's going to be in, like, the biggest show uh, of, of the year. It's really cool. And Pedro, he's already a big star, but, like, this is going to put her into the stratosphere. Um, yeah. the, the, the fact that a lot of this is done practically, like the clickers, um, horrifying. Uh, I am so excited to be in those scenes where it's dark and like it's just clicking happening and you have to be silent or you're gonna die. Um, uh, I think I think this is gonna be a big winner. I think I am I am so impressed. Like they are not half-assing this at all. The casting's great. Freaking um, the guy uh, Ron from Parks and Rec is playing one of the characters in this. He's like really sad and dramatic. And I'm like, oh, uh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. He's playing like one of the most tragic characters in this show. And I'm like, Oh, this guy's going to destroy us. Yes. Um, we see a quick glimpse of a, of a little girl on, um, on a, uh, uh, ring around Mar-go- carousel. Merry go round. Yeah. She, she is Ellie's girlfriend from the prequel comic and game. So they're, they're doing, they're bringing everything into the one story to make it all one beautiful story. Um, I'm just so excited. Um, there's one shot specifically. That's my favorite shot. It's literally one second. It's it's after uh, it's the beginning of the game or the show and the hell's breaking loose. You know, a plane crashes and everything. There's a bunch of people on the ground and they've all been killed. One person stands up as a zombie really quick. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, because like that scene, that is like a five minute, like one shot scene of like the entire town going to shit. And you're trying to escape with your daughter out of this town. And like I can already tell they have nailed that 200 um, percent. Get ready to cry. Get ready to yeah. cry. Walking Dead who? <laughs> that show's over. <laughs> Whatever. All right. All right. Okay. That's that. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for that show. I, makes me want to play the game. That's for sure. Oh, get ready to cry. Yeah. I, I have. I've never played The Last of Us. I have The Last of Us. October, Ben. What? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. But, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Um, we've talked a lot, Sparks and I, about The Last of Us remake that recently came out for seventy dollars, which is the third time that game has come out in the last decade. I got really close to buying it after this trailer. <laughs> because <laughs> man i was like there's one shot of them it's a huge it's, it's a it's an establishing shot of them in the in a storm where all the buildings are knocked over and it's gorgeous and i'm like i remember that from the game and i bet that looks really good <laughs> what a year uh, for, so wait, game for what a year for game adaptations you can't say that when halo is the, what came out this year i was talking more almost, about what a, almost perfect year for video game <laughs> i was talking about sock the head what, what other ones come out uncharted year? also came out recently yeah, but Cyberpunk is like 
it destroys everything that's bad. So okay. And Sonic's pretty good. Sonic is real good. And, was, and The Last of Us, by the way, The Last of Us is next year. It's not yeah, coming out well, this year. 2023. So, okay. Oh yeah, it was Sonic. I don't have to look that up because I know a lot okay. of stuff came out. Okay. That's all the news. Whoop whoop. Uh just this is, for... a, this is almost gonna be a seven hour podcast. Oops. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. All right. That's 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 also gonna be it for us. The next time you see us, we'll be with our good friends Sparks and Jeremy Vellucci, special guest. So without further ado, let's yeah, oh. I guess so. Should, Do we end get out of here? Uh, well, let's, well, we should end this part because nothing's happening after this for today. Okay, yeah. yeah, Sparks, just cut this part out. fake nerd podcast 300th episode topic for neon genesis evangelion rebuilds 1.0 you are not alone 2.0 you cannot advance 3.0 you cannot redo and 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time here to discern the secrets of the dead sea scrolls it's ryan eliopolis it's time finally (laughs) and here to tell me that being in here smells like his mother it's ben magnet what? Oh, no. <laughs> also here to tell me that he is not a doll is, of course, Brandon T. McClure. The third impact is upon us. With our special guest department to practice the repetition over and over again, it's Jeremy Vellucci. And I am Sparks Witty, here just to be told I did a good job and maybe learn a thing or two about life. Let's begin our human instrumentality project. We're here. We're doing it. This is great, guys. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Hi, Jeremy. Jer- Jeremy, when he was introduced, did not say anything. And this is also an audio podcast, so people are going to be quite confused until that first thing but, that you say. Oh, go the back music. and listen. I gave a look. Just imagine the look. Yeah, the music also look. stopped. So it's like, what happened to the music? Was that a Jeremy thing? Who knows? He's our musician. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that, all the music live today, guys. That Ooh. musical beat is incredible. I love that thing so much. Decisive uh, battle. I think I think the proper place to start before we get like okay so we're talking about all the rebuilds if you don't know them you got to watch them this is entirely it. like there's no way to talk about these without holding them in conversation with the original series and end of Ava so if you have not watched any of those things full spoilers we're talking about it all um Jeremy most recently went through all of this for the first time very very freshly and very very recent yes how, how are you feeling well I want, I mean I I started it with Ryan, like, I want to say, like, a couple months ago, but we only got, like, six episodes in, and then we paused uh, for a while. So the the rest of it, pretty much the entire series that isn't um, just giant robots, I, I digested in the last two weeks, and the bulk of it was in the last 48 hours. So... You consumed, like, 30 years of entertainment in, like, a snap. Yeah, it was a lot, a lot to 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 process and digest. I'm a little fuzzy on it because it all happened, um, it, it, like just all at the same time. But um, 
as we start talking about it, I'm sure I'll have things to say because I lived it. <laughs> Jeremy, quickly, what happened in episode 17? Don't do this. <laughs> no, I actually got this one. So, because episode 16 was the dramatic shift in mm -hmm. tone. So, in episode 17, um, oh, I I remember now. It's okay, I was Jeremy. It's okay. And I was eating a tub of chocolate ice cream. That's what happened during episode. Okay. Three. That's my favorite part. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's fun. Jer it is fun. It's fun. Jer Jeremy has constantly referenced the uh, stew making chocolate pudding at 3 a.m. in the morning out of control of his life throughout this process. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So I definitely like, I definitely want to talk about everything in conjunction with the show but I want to start by going through the rebuilds one by one. Oh, of course. Um, so let's, let's just jump into one, uh, which picks up total fresh start. Very much like the opening of the show. Pretty shot for shot. The first several minutes are shot for shot remake. Right. Um, just looks way better. Yes. Uh, in, in new style uh, with, with the red ocean um, end of Ava did happen. Uh, well, so interestingly, I think importantly, the red ocean within the rebuild, this one, is due to the second impact. The oceans were fine until the second impact happened in this universe. That's true. That is how they, they justify it for the universe itself. But we also know that, like, aesthetically, this is a cue of yeah. the visual of End of Ava. And because we, are we, do re we do return to that world in four yeah. Right. So it's like it, yeah, it no. all it's all weird and connected. I think the I think the biggest thing, the biggest cue isn't necessarily the 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 red ocean, uh, because in I don't mean to bounce around too much, but like at the end two, it is revealed that they are trying to put the ocean back to how it was before the second impact. Um, and the biggest cue is at the end of of one when we when he comes uh the boy. Uh, what's that kid's name? Karu. When he comes out of the coffin on the moon and there's all the coffins mm -hmm. on the moon. And that's the biggest cue of like, oh, this is actually the 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 cyclical story because this kid is always the same. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. not it's not directly clear in the 2007 first film that mm -hmm. this is what we're doing. Years ago. Um, Amazing. Ben, you also more or less chugged these rebuilds pretty recently. How, how are you feeling? Um, I'm definitely feeling a whole lot better about these rebuilds than I was when I first finished End of Evangelion and the series as a whole the first mm -hmm. time I watched it all those years ago. Um, I, I want to say that when I, I mean, there are still parts of the story I probably did that dig over my head. Like, I didn't catch the Red Ocean bit until Brandon just mentioned it. I just thought that, okay, yeah, second impact. This is just Evangelion crazy Eva shit happening. The world sucks, but here we are. Here's the story. But I will definitely say, I, I, I once again, I know we're going to these movies one by one. But once we got to the very end of uh, Thrice Upon a Time, I was just, I was, I left that film feeling very satisfied, mm. feeling very like that was an ending. That was a cathartic. I actually feel positive about this. Um, but yeah, I love the whole ride. The whole ride was amazing. I, I think before we get into like the real discussion, um, it's important to note that like these are these are for better or worse. They it, this is a remake of the show. Mm -hmm. By the time we get to four, they're doing end of end of Evangelion again, just very different. Like yeah. a lot of the stuff happens in the same way, but 
it's what happens when someone who deals with depression figures out how to handle it. And when he was younger in life, Anno could not handle it. And you, it's reflected in the end, end of Evangelion, where Shinji literally can't do anything. And that's a bummer of an ending. And the world's ended and he's choking the girl. Like, it's bad shit. And then, and then the rest of his life happened. And he never got over it. But he's able to handle it better. Because he got married. <laughs> because he got married and he found someone he loves. And love's so important to this story. And I'm so glad that he got to tell a story that is similar but different. It is not, I cured my depression. It's, I still have it, but I'm able to deal with it because I have my loved ones and it's a different story. And I just, I think it's so special that this can be a series that is quote unquote a remake while still being wholly original. Mm -hmm. uh, while still like giving everything that the show needed 25 years later. Mm -hmm. It's it's really, it's an impressive thing. Like we talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, this came up before that, but like, this is like, this is like an incredible example of how to, remake something quote unquote while still giving it uh, a fresh set of eyes i just I, I i love these movies i've been playing final fantasy 7 remake by the way ryan yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's been a time anyway <laughs> what i think is so what i think is so interesting about this first movie is that the second time i watched it in hindsight, I kind of liked it less because of how strict it is to the source material, because I really like the direction that two and onward goes. That's not to say that the movie is bad. It was just kind of my enjoyment of it was um, interesting this time around. Um, I really like how the first film, even 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 so, uh, cues you into this being somewhat different because the angels are different. Um, there are a few angels that are designed the same, but the order is different. And then there's a few angels that are completely different than the ones that we saw in the show. And I really, really like those new angel designs. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just and the thing that really stands out to me in the first film and continues on is how much I really like Ray's story. Yeah. All four films, I think Ray has an incredible story and I'm so into it. The thing the thing that is so that I think works about these these four movies so well is it's it's able to keep what everyone loves about the characters from the show, but everyone gets improved upon and everyone gets a better a better story. Every single character gets improved upon in some way. Um I would argue Oscar, there's something at the end with Oscar I don't particularly like that we'll talk about but Overall, like all of the the narrative beats that the characters go through, uh, I love. Especially Ray. Ray is finally given like actual agency. Um, what a what a it's, it is more in the later movies, but like mm -hmm. um, uh, you definitely start to see the kernels of everybody's sprouts in this movie. Like, oh, it is a it is a little bit different. Um, yeah, I think I think it's maybe simplistic to say, but it is if if you were even to put it through the lens of the loop uh, logic that the films later establish is happening these are all versions of the characters who are like one step closer to being fulfilled versions of themselves. They are all much better at communicating for themselves. And that's true in the first one. And I think it is the thing that's like the first time I watched the first one, I was very much like, this is cool. This is mostly the show again. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, apart from like very, very like a few things near the end, but um Watching it this time, I paid much more attention to the fact that, like, pretty much pretty early on, this is a different Shinji. Um, this it, it, it's very it's it's subtle, but it's very important that like this is a Shinji who like the the same scene happens where uh, Ray is changing into the plug suit in front of Shinji. It happens in the show, and in the show, Shinji is watching her um, change. He's thinking about her body, 
in the this rebuild movie, Shinji's looking ahead. He's not looking at her. He's not looking at her silhouette at all. You do see her naked body, but you see her naked body, the audience. The audience objectifies her, but Shinji does not. And that's a huge difference from the Shinji that we had in the show. Yeah. Uh, his, his concept of the sexuality of the characters around him is different. And so are their concepts of how they interact with Shinji because of it. I think the, the biggest one about one and the big reason why I like one so much more this time around is recognizing that Misato understands and has more self-awareness of herself and what her relationship with Shinji should be because this is a Misato who does the same like shtick about when Shinji comes out of the shower naked and all that stuff. Uh, but when he goes away, she says to herself, mm, did I lay that on too thick? Yeah. And she recognizes that, that there's a level of performance about who she is to Shinji and what role she's supposed to play. And she drops all that partway into the film because Shinji expresses, I am going to pilot the Ava and I'm in harm's way, but everybody at HQ, you'll be safe. And she realizes that what she needs to be is more of a maternal figure to Shinji. So she guides him down and explains that they will all die if uh, an angel gets all the way down to that level, that they all put their lives on the line and it will self-destruct and they're all in this with him. Right, because he, Masato is the one who shows Shinji Lilith in this version. Right, and in, oh and, in, goodness, and in that version, having her make that decision, take that authority on the stance, changes their relationship from this one of this awkward sexual tension that they had in the previous existence. This one becomes a nurturing relationship where she holds Shinji's hand and he holds it back and he makes the choice to get in the Ava, which is a huge difference. And Misato thanks him and says, I know you're making this choice for you to get into the Ava. Rather than, him, rather than him going behind the excuses that he does earlier in the film where he's like, I'm doing this just because, I'm doing this because of this. And and again, like that's also just a good reaction Misato has to, I'm covering a lot of things, but that Misato has to, when she recognizes that what Shinji's trying to do is force her into a different relationship that she doesn't want to have, which is when he's being all depressed and she grabs him and for a small second he smirks just a little. He smirks just a little and she sees it and she's like, uh... This is being sick. This is being gross. This is you manipulating, and I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> you know, yeah. uh, mo motherhood is has always been an important thing of the franchise, but like, it's it's hardcore in in, the, in these movies. Like the thing, like all of Evangelion is like compressed, like super compressed. Uh, it's like when you make an Avengers movie, you got to like distill the character to like who the character is. But like this still is able to go further into the depth while having less time with the characters. But that's just a really. That's just really impressive. Well, I think what we have, we already have a pre-existing knowledge of them so they can go deeper without having to like recover the exact same thing. What I think is so interesting about, about the rebuild series uh, and this film and this film really, I think this film does kind of the most because it, it's building. What's interesting about this is that it, 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 it acts like a, this is going to sound incredibly stupid. I'm going to try and make it not sound stupid. Um, it acts like, shit it acts like a reboot like it acts like something it acts like a, a a classic reboot of of the sense of like we're we're doing the same thing but it's also a sequel so yeah. what what he's able to what uh Anna is able to do in the first film is is quickly cue into the audience you should have the knowledge but you should bring the knowledge of the original show with you to this you in fact you kind of you 
You don't have to. That's a horrible thing to say. I shouldn't have said that. Um, you should bring that to you should bring that with you. If you don't have the knowledge of the show, you'll still get an experience, but it'll be a different experience than the ones that than people who have experienced the show. It's, it's like um it's oh. like if you see oh. the original oh. show. <laughs> sorry. It's it's essentially Brandon, I think what you're saying is like it's like if you have seen the original show, cool. You were gonna, you're you're gonna pick up more of the nuances here and pick up more of the subtlety. But if you haven't seen the original show, don't worry, you're still in for a good time because the first movie is essentially the first half of the first show. But not, but not just that. But it's kind of just like you you want to you want to tell the audience that like the the cyclical theory of all this being done before and all this happening again is true. So you want to quickly tell the audience that what's happening here isn't just character arc; it is multiversal character arc almost. It is it is uh it it is. It is somehow these characters have gone through a similar, if not the same arc as the original show. And that is encoded. This is super stupid. It is encoded in their DNA so that when so that they can progress further than that. And that's where we meet them in this in this film. Kind of that like genetic memory character arc almost. Mm -hmm. I was was just going to say, you know, in, in echoing that, that, you know, any changes that were made from the original series are all direct commentaries on what was in the original series. And so in a sense, like the cyclical nature of, um, <clears throat> of the narrative isn't just plot driven. It's also, you know, part of the, the greater metaphor and like it all kind of functions in concert with itself that way. So anytime that a change is made, <clears throat> it's meant to, you know, say something <laughs> about, you know, like, you know, not only because the characters are in a, in a, in a different, like, you know, state of development, but also in, 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 in reflecting on what, um, I can't, I can't even remember the series creator's name. I'm too much. Ano. Hideki Ano. What, uh, what Ano was, uh, you know, trying to say about depression when he was in his state of depression versus what he's, you know, what he's trying to say, um, after overcoming it. So it's, you know, it's, <clears throat> there's, there, there's a lot to be said on, on, on what's been changed because there's, that's where like a lot of the meat is. Yeah. And this isn't the one this it's two where his dad congratulates him right yes yeah. two uh i think one introduces a lot of these elements in a way where you know ano being very understandable of the time period where he's releasing it there would be people who would see this movie and not have seen the show yeah if you want this movie to be like an interest bridge so if you see it then you can be like, oh, I want more of that. Let me go back to the show now. Mm -hmm. um, because the later films, I think, rely more on like, they 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 intend for you to have previous show knowledge. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one, you can kind of get away without it. Yeah. It, but it, never to his detriment. No, 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 never to, yeah. Like, you 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 can get away without it. Um, it, it would, it will give you another perspective on it if you have seen it, but you don't have to see it for this one in particular. Um, yeah, you can kind of go in fully fresh to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, the okay. fact that the fact that um, that everybody knows about Lilith, that's a big diff. That's a huge difference because that was a secret. It was that that Zele and Gendo were doing. Now everyone's involved. Like, no, we're all about this baby. There's still a secret project, but like, we're all about this stuff. And I'm like, man, that's a that's a drastic change. I would <laughs> definitely say when. When uh, <clears throat> when Masato takes Shinji down to see Lith, I'm watching this. And I'm like, "What? Yeah, that didn't happen this early in the show. What? Because 
I mean, when I, as I was watching the show, like up until that point, I'm thinking, okay, cool. This is like a quick, like a recap condensed version of the very beginning, the few changes here and there. I was totally fine with it. I was still enjoying the, the film. And then once we got to that scene, I'm like, okay, now this is like the first major difference. <coughs> yeah. It's interesting because it, 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 it creates the sense of trust that um, everyone working with um, uh, nerve has with the mission, whatever the mission is that they have been told what it is. They don't know that uh, Gen- Gendo, not Gendi, yeah. Gendo. Gendo. I was for some reason to say Gendi. He is working with Sele to do the, the human instrumentality project, but Nerve doesn't quite know that. They're just saving the world from angels. Yeah, and, they're, and they oh, think, yeah. because Misato, ha- Misato brings it down, is like, if an angel gets to Lilith, it's over. And so, like, they know that they think that they are keeping Lilith protected from the angels. Like, this is the only way. This is why the angels are coming. This is the only way that we can stop the destruction of the human race is by keeping Lilith in the basement of Nerve of Nerve HQ. But in fact, it's 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 again again Gendo just being like, no, actually, I want this to happen. So you know, screw you, Gendo. Heavy, real quick, Sparks. Gendo's got heavy Palpatine energy in this franchise. Because, like, his whole thing, like, in, in episodes, like, two, three, and four, he's like, Gendo wanted this to happen all along. I'm like, damn, Palpatine, how'd you plan this far ahead? <laughs> no, like, for real, it is it is Palpatine manipulating both the Republic and the Separatists. It is, I'm manipulating everyone to do what I want. And it is it is one of those things where, like, I think especially, probably because you get more details about the, the specifics than you actually do in the show, Gendo's plan, like the amount that he forward thinks, kind of doesn't make a lot of sense if you really want to extrapolate it. Like the way that he anticipates some of the things that the kids will do and that kind of thing. I'm like, that's a stretch. Um, but I what I was gonna say is like tying that into the idea of seeing Lilith this early is also Ano kind of saying, like, the mystery doesn't matter here. Yeah. The mystery is part of the original series, but it, that's not important here. That's not what this show is going to, that's not what these versions are going to be about. These are about these characters. And he wants to go at that directly rather than playing with the idea of like, this is about Sele and the, and the big thing. Like we're not, we're not focusing on that. That's, that's yeah. there, but it's not what's important. I think that's kind of the, I think that's what, that's what Ano, what, that's why Ano wanted to make this so tied to the show is because the, if you think about the stuff that's not in these movies, you know, the Magi reveal that it's, it's, um, what's her name's mom or um Rutsuko's uh, mom mm-hmm. or um what the dead sea scrolls are like we hear about them but no one ever explains what they are it's never like a big like if you like think about the stuff that's not in this movie it is ano saying yeah but you've seen the show so you know you know what those are you but know also, what the magi is you know what the thing is you're good but also the dead sea scrolls have been a meme for like 30 years like he just talks like we see the dead sea scrolls for the first time in the fourth movie they're yeah. only ever talked about yeah and like the vatican treaties they never go into that shit that's just like fun world building or like don't don't worry too hard about it. there's a lot of there's a lot of world building in three that i just specifically want to get to that i love but we'll we'll get there oh yeah we were I, sam and i were just talking about that earlier over breakfast too we were talking about how like it's almost like counterintuitive to explain what those things are at all since they're more representational than they are actually important in a lore sense, you know, like yeah. who cares? It's like, it, it's just meant to be, you know, the the thing that you overcome. I think, uh, I think most prominently and importantly, it's not that this, it's not that this version has abandoned the idea, the, the rebuilds in general, but it's, it's pretty clear even from this one, um, 
that uh, the Avas are the moms specifically mm-hmm. like you know ava unit one is is yui mm-hmm. um that's not a gone idea but it's also again not a focus of the story it's yeah. Not, yeah it's nowhere near as important you get the sense you get the sense that it's there because she says oh it's, it smells familiar it, I mean, when he's in the when he's in the the liquid it smells familiar meaning it smells like his mom right. um so like the idea that that's there that's ano <laughs> telling you no it's still in the dna this is all in the dna of this but that's not what's important in this in this movie right now to be fair that line happens in um two but uh it is oh, right, right it is there um I, I think uh, part of that is like, again, like wanting to go back to, I think the important change of Misato and her relationship with Shinji is that in the original series, like it's, it's Shinji is in search of that mother aspect. Asuka calls it out at one point in these rebuilds that like what he needs is a mom. Um, and that's what Shinji is in search of, whether it's said directly or not in the series. And he doesn't have that. And Misato is the figure that should be that, but she can't be that because she's being this, this, whatever she thinks is necessary to get Shinji to do the thing. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways that sexualizes her to Shinji. Um, and in this version, she breaks that entire facade to become a maternal figure to Shinji. And that is who she becomes in this one. And that is who she is throughout the rest of the rebuilds. Especially when you compare it to end of Ava, where the last oh. moment that you have oh, with yeah. oh. is her kissing him and then dying and then, you know, Shinji, like, goes off and, and to it's be... Her, and it's her saying, like, we can do more of this when you get back, which is her, mm-hmm. again, like, completely buying into that idea of the only way to motivate Shinji is this. Right. And that's not that's not the and right like, way. And she totally knows she's about to die, too. Right. So she knows yeah. she's lying to him, which is, mm-hmm. like, a, just, like, a further reflection of, like, the lie of, like, you know, being, you know, sexualizing herself to him. And, like, it's... And like, you know, with the way the, the, the movie ends and stuff, it, you know, it just really drives that point home. So I think in this one, it's, it, you know, it's, it's she, her character is so much more fleshed out in a healthy way. Right. That makes it like her actually like a, a positive force Tr- in Shinji's life. Truthfully, you can make an argument just real quick, Ben, you can make an argument that Masato in this version being the person who's willing to push herself out of that role that she had used to play before mm-hmm. is the thing that changes the mm-hmm. entire trajectory of what's going to happen here, because that is the version that makes Shinji a different person when mm-hmm. he gets in the, in the Ava next. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, I was going to say, you know, that um, her being a maternal figure for Shinji and, 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 you know, what you're saying about it being, you know, like one of the like catalytic moments in Shinji's character development too. Like it really like, shows that that's one of the like major themes of the entire series is like, you know, in the original, like the, 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 the main thing that like Shinji is like doing as a result of depression, that's causing everybody pain is trying to like hoard emotional wealth from people, you know, like, give me this, give me that, let me internalize it so I can feel, you know, whole. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's, of course, you know, a really toxic way to understand relationships. And that's the commentary. But in in this, you know, with a healthy and communicative relationship between him and Masato, it's like they can actually they can actually grow from that rather than this thing where it's like, let me just give you what you want. Let me just let me just fill that void for you. It's like, no, no, let's 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 join hands and and move and grow together. And it's it's like it just says what it's trying to say about relationships and how and how they can how they can improve our lives without us like feeding on them. Mm-hmm. Right. Ben. Mm-hmm. No, I was actually going to echo or bring up the, cause Jeremy brought up the fact that just 
in the original Ava show, I loved Misato. I really liked Misato. She was one of my favorite characters up until that point in the end of Ava. I hated that point. That was my <laughs> least favorite part of the movie. I was like, son of a bitch. And the this Ava point. does nobody any favors. No, it does like, not. That, that's a sad movie on purpose. I'm glad these movies exist. Let me tell you. Well, I, I love the extras in that movie. Look at just everybody getting gunned down. Like, dude, stop killing me. No, I, I'm going to, because in, in these films, in the rebuild films, I love Misato even more. And I, I actually, one of the things I love about Misato is that she internalizes that instead of like, oh, I just need to be like a sexual object for Shinji to get him to do shit. She, you, I feel like you can tell that she goes into mom mode a lot sooner. And she wants, and she does love Shinji. She's not in love with Shinji, but she's like, I have this paternal love for this kid who's been thrown into his life. He's been tasked with, he's been given this impossible task. And I'm yeah. here to push him in the way, not to be like, oh, look at me, but it's like, hey, this is what we're fighting for. She this is why we're fighting. This is what we need to do. And this is the thing. This is the, when she takes him to Lilith, this is the thing we need to, st- we need to protect. This mm-hmm. creepy ass giant white, thing with hands coming out of the bottom so with cute. hands coming out of the bottom it's this grotesque horror eldritch image but this King is the Godzilla thing we mean. need to make safe we need to make sure this thing does not get in the hands of those angels yeah so the whole time even in the later films even though misato's character like going from three and four the character is different but at the same time i'm still intrigued i still love the show and I will bring this up later on, much later on in the in this uh, topic. But Misato goes out like an absolute uh, badass in this. No, I want to. I want to say. Um, I think. I think I'm going to a little bit rebuttal what you said there, Ben, about her, her being a different character in, in three and four. I don't agree. Um, and I'll get into more of it. But I think that what this movie does, kind of bringing it back to this movie, um, mm-hmm. is that the idea of her falling into that maternal figure role for Shinji creates a better foundation for her character arc that she stays true to up until the end. Okay. And I think that's, I think that's great. I think it's great. Yeah. A great change. You're, right. You're absolutely uh, right. That is a great change. Yeah. I, uh, I absolutely love who she becomes over time. I love, I love everything that happens in the later movies, but like, again, like that, we can't get there unless the changes are here from the beginning. Like her, her instinctually being like a mother figure, like so early on really solidifies the fact that like when she does the shit she does later on, it's like, Oh, come on, girl. I know you're better than this. I know you're better than this. Uh, and that's so juicy. And that's so spicy. Um, mm-hmm. Love it, man. Let's talk about some angels because shit dog yeah like the first angel's cool he's got he's got the, the ping 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 pongs coming out of his out of his hands you know shot for shot remake the tesseract first one. one i like the blue tesseracty multi-form motherfucker ramael <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen a character or like a creature get such a significant upgrade from being just like a diamond dude to being geometry from hell that uh, thing scared me it's really like it's so like it's human without any human form, and that's scary. And the fact that its form changes so dramatically every time it does and can change from, like, something that seems playful to something that seems <clears throat> scary, the unpredictability of it, like, that that was a creature that, like, I was actually afraid of. Yes. Without it being, like, jump scary, It was I was just kind of sitting there like, yeah, this makes me uncomfortable. It's awful yeah. and awesome. Like, it's uh, a great, Screams great. geometrically great sound design on it um 
I I think that CGI and 3D animation is going to be problematic later in these rebuilds, but here with this angel, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the I think they use the CGI in the three in the in, in the 2D space very very well in this movie, especially when it comes to the angels. Most of the angels are brought are brought. Uh, to life by CG in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form. There's like the centipede one that has the CGI legs. Um, oh, yeah. That's, that's oh, really, yeah. that I think is really cool. I think, I think it creates this like, this like, um, horrifyingly beautiful creatures. Like angels are kind of described to be like the, these, these creatures that are kind of from like a real angel was never supposed to be beautiful. And originally they were, they were talked to be like these disgusting creatures. Uh, and and not also, afraid, and also like beautiful at the same time. And so, like this is what this is what that says. Every creature has a sense of like beauty to it and grace to it, and kind of like a maj- majesty to it. But they're also deeply horrifying, right? The I think man, that's great. The way, uh, again, this is like pretty much like like besides like how good the effects look. This is the same type of battle. You got the big diamonds trying to drill. Shinji gets taken out. You got to use a sniper rifle. Holy shit, guys. Like, I was building... One second. One second. I was building... I was building Toji. Toji from from the series Evangelion. Takes a couple hours. These are the nice figures that you build. I had to stop building it because I just had to watch the movie for a bit. Because the scene where he gets hit by the beam and they have to reload the sniper rifle and the music's blaring and Ray pops up with the shield. That's some of like the most intense anime I've ever seen in my life. And this is the first movie. And I'm like, how do you make something that was already so good, so much better? Like Ano has a way of like, of, of, of timing and pacing that like every microsecond is important. And like every cut feels important. And right. like, I know Shinji's going to make it. I've watched this movie multiple times. I've seen the show multiple times, but I'm still worried. Because it just feels so impactful. And that music is so good and the screaming. And I'm like, and the, the way the camera, like when he's trying to do the lock on, the camera has to like it just right to, to shoot the red thing in the middle. That's that's Martin Scorsese's cinema, dude. Like yeah. that is so effing good. I was like, I forgot I'm building something right now. I'm just watching a movie. Cinema. Ano, ano is a truly great filmmaker. Like there's no, there are no other ways around it. You get the, um, what would clearly come up later in Shin Godzilla with the, the blast to all the missiles at once mm-hmm. from oh, Ramayo. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you can see the DNA of like his later work reflected here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ano's, Ano's great. Uh, these, these, these rebuilds in general are just wonderful to behold. I, I will bring up later, like my sticklers about CGI stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I want to touch on, no, this is not a narrative note. This is a dub note. Um, I had never watched one through three of these rebuilds with the Amazon dub um, because I had the Blu-rays. So I'd watch the G kids dub. Yeah. um, Which the G kids of thrice upon a time will come out finally in December in theaters this year. And then eventually on Blu-ray. That is the Netflix cast for those who might be wanting more clarification. That is them. A lot of the Amazon films mostly reuses the ADV cast this works in some places better than others because some of them just aren't capable of recapturing the voices. Specifically, I had not heard Toji in these ones <laughs> um, because he is the original voice actor. That dude sounds 50. Oh, uh, and, it and it doesn't work. And it threw me because it was fine in Thrice Upon a Time because he's old. Because he's 28. <laughs> in 
uh, thrice upon a time. And so I didn't realize that that was going to be a problem. And I was watching this and I'm like, oh, I cannot deal with this <laughs> voice I, for Toji. I had the same note. I wrote down the same note. I was like, oh, you are an adult man. <laughs> yeah, uh, because he is the original ADV voice actor for Toji, it is very noticeable in the first hey, two Spike films. sounds pretty good for being an old man too, though. Spike He's doing sounds, a way better job. I, Spike sounds Spike sounds good. Spike still sounds like Shinji. I was um, joking that Ray sounds like Zelda Rubenstein from Poltergeist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, but definitely, like, some people have benefited in this voice cast better than others, and Toji is one of those where I'm like, you shouldn't have cast him. <laughs> for this one sorry my god i'm a i'm a mad fan of the raspy voice so yeah. i really love the amazon netflix masato i think she's yeah so good probably the, my favorite like her and ritsuko i love them two so much together i love them so much uh, it's probably oh. yeah go ahead ben it's probably because when i when i first ever watched evangelion it was through the netflix dub so when i started watching the amazon dub and i heard masana's voice i was like i was actually at first taken very aback i was like i don't know very different it's extremely different but then it's like oh wait this is the original cast this is the original cast from the adv dub of evangelion and i did get used to it by like i want to say halfway of the film of the first film i got used to all the voices yeah, but definitely Masato's voice was the one that I had to get used to the most. Yeah, yeah, because I, I was I was more what? used to the 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 Netflix dub. Yes, I I do think that overall that Misato is probably stronger now. The ADV one lives in my memory as like the first time I watched it, but I do think a lot of the Netflix cast is pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, Misato in particular, I think that this voice actor who is the original ADV voice actor struggles in the beginning of this movie mostly because that's where she's doing a lot of the like drinking the beer and loud exclamations which is just not who the character really is once she breaks that facade later she's just not really that person anymore but that is the version that she was in the show and she's not great at recapturing that voice like you can hear her age more in that but when she's doing like a lot of the like more direct conversational stuff it's fine yeah. um, she's when still... she's aged up 14 years no, no, no. I'm talking even in this movie when yeah. she gets to the point where she takes him to Lilith and they're just having like sure. conversation stuff. I'm saying that stuff she's able to play a lot better than she is like the goofy in the apartment antics earlier in the yeah, movie. That's the part where I can hear, that's the part where I can hear her voice really stretching. Um, I, have a, I have a few notes I want to run through real quickly. Run it. Um, I think the I still think I don't know if I said this in the first time we discussed the show, but I still think that the buildings um, going, you know, collapsing into the ground and rising up is one of the is one of the greatest decisions any any uh, mecha kaiju yeah. franchise has ever created. Okay. That's that's incredible. I, I've always been just like when I first saw that in the show, I looked at it and it goes, oh, of course. Why hasn't every Godzilla movie done this? Yeah, the 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 scene where she takes him up to like the like the the top of like a wherever she goes to, and like they see the overlook of the city, mm -hmm. and like there's nothing here. Like just wait a minute, and then all the all the things come up, and like this is what you're protecting, my guy. All because Brandon people. in Big O they had domes. Oh, I Big, o. Oh, Big o. o. oh, Big O. Big O. <laughs> Big yeah, o. Tokyo Three and the Geofront is is a is an all time idea. Uh, it honestly, the fact that we haven't seen it in any kaiju movie before is kind of bananas because because everything is uh, mm -hmm. you know rips off everything these days. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of surprising. Um, yeah. I think touching on that note, like we see more of like just everyday life in Tokyo Three. There's a whole montage section that we get with Shinji when things are kind of settled and at a good good point for Shinji. 
Um, and it's more of like, this is when they're getting the blackout notice and we see like people, you know, planning their airplane flights and going through the airport and going to get groceries and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's more of a glimpse of like the common life in, in Tokyo three than we even got Ooh. in the series. Yes. Um, <clears throat> just going back from the beginning again, um, the world is definitely in worse shape than, than in the first and then in the series. There are a lot more buildings collapsed, like definitely like the second impact, like messed this world up more than, than the first one did. Yes. Yeah. The, the idea of like the, what I kind of really appreciate about this is even if you don't like, even if you don't subscribe to the idea of the cyclical nature, which I obviously do, but the idea that like the second impact killed half of the, half of the population of the human race is a big deal in the show, but the devastation kind of feels like they've kind of, kind of gotten past it. Like we're in a post post apocalyptic world in the show, but here it's like, no, that was devastating. Mm -hmm. The second impact like destroyed our ecosystem, killed half of the people of the planet. Like they even say in later movie, not to jump ahead, but like the, the second impact purified the seas. Like the idea, like all the sea, all like the sea was uninhabitable. And so that, that like completely would have destroyed. And so like all the buildings. And interestingly, there's also there's also a shot in this in the beginning when it's really just like in the beginning of this movie, when it's really just kind of like doing the shot for shot remake. There's actually a car kind of smashed hovering uh, just just like an inch off the off the ground, but vertically. Mm -hmm. I know yeah. the moment you're talking about. And also, I feel like it's reflected in really small moments. If you pay attention to like the context of it, like you pointed out a moment that, that actually struck me in the same way uh, when we were watching, I forget which one it was, but in the, it, it was during school. The teacher asked some sort of question about somebody not being there. Oh, he just never gives a shit. And he doesn't give a shit. He's like, ah, who cares? You know, stuff. And like, if you think about that in context, like schools in Japan, like, there would be no teacher that was like, ah, whatever, who cares? You know, it would be like that. So like, it's, it's so much like, there's like little things like that are, you know, like, and I think that the, the series has always had like little moments that do a lot of world building without saying very much. Mm -hmm. Like in the original series, there was this one moment that stuck with me where Shinji's taking out the trash to like this big port of where like trash goes. And it's like the only trash, you know, implying there's not many people left. There's mm -hmm. like trash day and this is the only bag yeah, yeah. in this huge port, you know? So I, I I love I love um sorry I love yeah Anno's direction and like how he's able to like capture things without saying anything and the rebuilds the rebuilds have more of I think overall a environmentally like climate change conscious narrative that exists it's not a primary narrative but it is there yeah. of like uh part of the way that he's interpreting impacts on and its devastation on the world is affected by like what has happened in the interim from the show to now especially since it's a, it, it's so much about intergenerational conflict right so and what we inherit yeah exactly yeah. i like the pose that jeremy just started like, yeah you know just intergenerational conflict <laughs> hey you guys you ever thought think about intergenerational con <laughs> conflict <laughs> Um, I want to say real quickly, just quick note that I wrote down, uh, the Ava roar is unsettling as hell. And I love it. Uh, when unit one, uh, is unleashed and, and the mouth opens, that, that roar is such an interesting, unique roar to the Ava's. It's kind of like a, it's, it's, it's kind of not human. Like is the weird way to describe it. Like, the, like it's, it, it's got a human, it's, it's got a human, <laughs> It's got a human like voice to it, but there's something unnatural. And I, and I think that, I think that's awesome. I love it. I love that sound design. Yeah. Very unnerving. 
Um, going back to my notes, uh, I think just the way that Ray and Shinji are are connecting with each other now is is different and better than it was in the show. The way that they come to like, why do you pilot the Ava and how they they bond with each other um, is just again like it's it's removed from that sexual object objectification context. Even as we have the same scene where like he collapses over her and we repeat that beat. It's not something that lingers with Shinji the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like Ano repeated that beat to say, like, to show us the way that Shinji plays in the aftermath with Rei. That that's not a relevant part of how he recognizes her. Uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting, <laughs> what that I think is a really good choice, is to remove Asuka from this from this movie uh, completely. Um, allowing Shinji and Rei to just have a movie together. Uh, to build that relationship uh, was an incredibly smart choice. Um, And I I think ultimately created a much stronger relationship between the two characters. Yeah. uh, As, as a big Asuka Stan who thinks Asuka is the true hero of the entire series. (laughs) (laughs) I I still think that's true. Uh, (laughs) Because like it allows for her, her character development um, and like her relationship to Shinji, which is always like beneath the surface to feel more impactful because she always kind of has this air of like, looks like I'm fucking late to the party again. looks like, you you know, you're off thinking about other people again, you know? And it's like, because she got there late, you know, there's that, 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 Mm-hmm. And 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 build up a strong a strong foundation for that character. I also love how the end of this movie is like women taking care of business while the boy is like settle settling things with his dad. <laughs> um, speaking on that, like uh, it's it's something I forgot until I glanced over at my notes. Um, another important beat of just again like Misato's journey to being this maternal figure for Shinji. She advocates for him against Gendo. She like Gendo wants to pull him after that first shot, and she says, "Please don't do this. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to put full faith in Shinji and let Shinji do this. Shinji will decide when he doesn't want to do this." And that's a huge shift uh, for how she engages with Gendo over Shinji as well. Uh, mm-hmm. She has she has adopted that role. She is a different version of Misato as far as like her relationship with him is concerned. Uh, <clears throat> I also really like the the beat where she hands him the phone so he can hear the other voices of people who are rooting him on and that reappears in his head to, to drive him forward. Which is yeah. like, you, it's like, that's a, it, it feels almost kind of tropey because like, that's a common shown in anime thing to have that, like the run, berry run kind of moment of anime. Um, but even that being said, it's not something you usually had with Shinji. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that makes it different. It makes it cathartic. It's kind of the first sense that this film series will be a little bit more cathartic than the, than the series. Sure. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I hope the penguins. Okay. Pen I mean, Pen better Pen be okay. Whole life, man. Pen Pen, I'm not saying we know what happens with Pen Pen. Pen Pen gets a happy ending. Yeah. I always alert if you didn't watch all of it. Pen Pen does get a happy ending this time. What's now. What's very funny to me is that Ano decided to re, to remake this film, and was like, "I'm keeping the damn penguin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping the <laughs> damn the penguin." Favorite. He honestly fits more in the rebuilds than he does in the original. He really series. does because mm-hmm. you get so much of a, a a more focal point about like about animals and how they exist right. in the world. And so Pen Pen being a uh, conduit for that story. Well, just tonally, you know, like it, like his existence in the original is like, oh, this is the one thing that doesn't make me sad. 
But then, like, he obviously has to die with how it all goes. So- oh, yeah, that penguin did not make it through the end of that series. He turned no. into Tang. He turned that into Tang. Little cross. Tang, orange soda, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, it's Tang. Any, y'all have any more notes before we talk about Caudry at the end? Mm, I don't think so. These notes. Oh. Oh, um, interestingly, they call Lilith the second angel. Just thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know who the first angel is, Brandon? You. Oh. Thanks. You're my little cherub. I'm a beautiful little chubby. You shut the hell up. I'm too emotionally compromised to take tr- this right now. Cherubal tr- winged. I'll mute you. One winged Uh So, yeah. So, this, this movie ends on the moon. We see our 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 nice young lad, Kadru, awaken from a coffin. There's, like a bunch, there's a bunch of coffins on the moon. Uh, some of them have been opened already, and he's like, "Oh, third, eight, third, third child again." I see. Same old Shinji. Same I, old Shinji. <laughs> what I really, what I really like about about that is, it almost kind of becomes. This is super project, projecting to a later to to kind of like the later arc that Kaoru has, but like he says in this film, um, "I will, I will give you happiness this time," mm-hmm. and like that, the idea of like. It almost becomes that Kaoru is Ano. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make you happy this time. Whether you like it or not, you're gonna be happy this time. It, it is oh, the yeah. thing that directly says Karu Karu at least has memory of the loops. Karu yeah. has knowledge of it. Um Karu has an idea of, I did want to point out like End of Ava uh has a line that we're kind of living in this entire like the entire rebuilds are living off the line from end of Ava where Shinji says, I guess I'll stay right here learning the obvious over and over again. And that's, that is what Shinji has been doing. And like Karu retains memory of all of these times. And he's like, God damn it, Shinji, we're going to get it. So I have, I have, I have, I have a question for, for, for everyone. Maybe, maybe y'all can, can help me out with answering. Um, so, so why, Boy, no. why, what is Karu? What is going on? with that what is he is he a boy is he a, is he a mom is he's he the first a, and he's like the first and 13th angel or whatever what does that mean yeah as much as everything else has meaning in the show i don't know man i well i think if i were to if i were to to come up with formulate a theory which i just kind of think he's this kind of amalgamous he is what the universe needs him to be in this film he's the first and the 13th angel and the in the series he's like the eighth angel or something like that um maybe, Are the like, maybe like a later angel man because like there's 12 of those and then like 13 is kind of like a baker's dozen no they're biblical angels oh yeah does it matter <laughs> okay well i mean it's you know whatever <laughs> um it's it uh i think what 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 Kaoru is is always an angel but his placement in the universe as that is different each time if okay. that makes sense yeah I just I I don't know. He's just he's a really cute boy. So you know, I just want to boy know. howdy is he? Really <laughs> <laughs> good at that piano. Oh, I cannot wait to get to three. All right. It's uh, this is this is definitely one of those shows where like definitely like could they explain more? Sure. Do I want them to? No. What I think because, is so interesting because like like real quick like if you need to explain everything about the spears everything about the gates of gulf and like the sacred rites and like like, it's just like it's one of those things where like you give me enough where i don't want to ask questions it's not like it's not like a murder mystery right like it's 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 like a david lynch thing like i'm not i'm not just something i think real quickly ben because i was trying to say something um the the thing of like 
I think what what's really important to to this to the series what 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 gives it its longevity what gives it the sense that we can have this hour long discussion on just the first film alone the idea that like the questions are important but I'm not going to answer them for you you ask them you so you look out for them because all the all the biblical allusions all the all the story all the story beats he is not interested in the answers He's world building. He's giving you questions. He's answering some, but giving you, but giving you some questions. And he's looking at it like, I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. We're in the story together. You, the answers that are important to you, you will seek out. You will find in the story. You will find in the ancillary material. It'll be something, and it creates this kind of engagement, this like positive engagement that you want to keep kind of living in this world of like, okay, and find and, and kind of like finding the answers. The answers are not important. But it's kind of like what Jordan Peele said when Us came out. It's like, I'm not going to give you all. I'll tell you. I could tell you what I think. But what's important ultimately is what you think. Brandon, that's a really uh, like developed and mature um, way of framing something that I remember uh, you saying to me like more than 10 years ago. Oh, like, I was a different person back then. I, I know, but, 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 it, <laughs> it, but it, it's, it's, it's so interesting that it's, it's like an echoed sentiment, but much more developed. Um, when uh, we were, I, I think I, we were talking about like the Bermuda triangle and you're like, yeah, I want to believe in the Bermuda triangle. Cause I want there to be questions in the world. I want, I, I don't want an answer to that. You know, that they can just oh. be, it can just be a mystery. And I always remember thinking that's a really cool way of thinking of like stuff like the Bermuda triangle. And then you said that and it was like, Oh, that's that same thing. But like, but, but even more fleshed out. <laughs> See, this is the problem with being friends with someone for more than 10 years. <laughs> it's been a long time. It has. I've actually known you longer than I've known Sparks. Ben? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I was I was going to say, going into... Because I want to say my mistake from what, from the first Ava series and Evangelion is that I wanted my questions answered. I want to know what the hell was going on. I was watching YouTube videos. I was trying to figure out what the frack I was looking at. I was trying to figure out what is this ending? What's going on? And who's Orgasm 13? But see, that's the fun. Finding, going on to YouTube and finding the, the answers to the questions that people are asking, the, finding the answers to the questions yeah. that you're, it's the, that's part of the engagement. That's part of the fun of being in this, in this film. Going into these films, I'm just like, you know, what happens, happens. I'm just going to, try and interpret what I think is going on. And I think that also helped my enjoyment of these films more is that I wasn't going into this thing because I was going into this again. All right. I know who this creator is. I know what the first show is like. The first show is going to do some bonkers, crazy shit. I'm probably not going to understand all of it or any of it, but you know what? I'm just going to be along for the ride. And I enjoyed it more because I was along for the ride. Like when they said it was like the doors of Guff, I'm like, I don't know who Guff is. I don't know what the heck. Guff. Guff. It's like, what the hell is? Isn't he the the quarterback for the Detroit Lions? What? I didn't know what was going on, but I was just like, you know what? That's the thing. It's kind of like it's like here's the thing. Just accept it or just let it go on. Who cares? Because I watched it so, um, <laughs> like in in such quick succession, um. I had this experience where like I had to just ignore a lot of that shit like altogether because it's it's just too much being thrown at you at that rate, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was forced to only focus on the things that were like thematically important 
or you know characterly important or just you know like the the bare bones of what's going on in the plot so that you understand narratively what's going on but like any of the world building stuff i'm like i probably missed something here like they probably answered what what guff is i don't care moving on and it's cool to know that they don't really because you know like if anybody else watches it the way that i experienced it um first of all do that it's really good for your mental health um and uh and i I mean that i really mean that it was very cathartic for me um but um anybody that does that is is going to have that kind of experience where like that all that extensive world building that could have been done like answering every single detailed question it doesn't matter you know like there's way too much in the story like that's going on for you to even care about that um and then like you can you can think of it and like a in like a fun kind of like oh I wonder what that is and maybe like you know do your own little deconstruction of it within the world but ultimately the story that's being told is served best by by not exploring it and and yeah to to, to piggyback off what, what Brandon was saying it's cool to have them as questions too because yeah it uh, makes you think like, it makes you ask questions about thematic stuff too a lot of the a lot of the terms in this movie and in the later films, a lot of terms, a lot of biblical terms get thrown at you, like Nebuchadnezzar, the uh, um, the key of Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, that's I think it helps and functions as just being familiar. Yeah, or just like all, all these like biblical terms get thrown at you. It's like oh, central dogma, live, blah blah blah. The the spears of like Longinus and Gaia, whatever the well, Cassius, whatever the hell. All these terms get thrown at you, but at the same time, those terms won't necessarily matter what matters is the character arcs what matters is the themes of what these characters are going through like shinji accepting like shinji going through his thing of like i don't want to pilot ava okay i'll pilot ava and then he's like oh this is what i'm fighting for it's and yeah him going through and him con- and the going through like the constant trauma of fighting and seeing his friends get hurt but then seeing his friends get back up again it's like let's do this again this is this is I know, like, you know, I'm talking about the fourth movie just briefly, but like, this is what I what I look for in like hardcore like genre fiction. Like, this is this is everything I could ask for. The biggest the biggest scale possible. Literally billions of dead Evangelians floating through space. But it, that none of that matters. None of that shit matters. It's about a boy <laughs> talking to his dad. That's what's important. Right. You can throw as many spears and keys and gates as you want. I'll eat it up because at the end of the day, they're just going to have a conversation to each other. So that makes people so mad. People hate these movies, y'all. I I can't wait to talk about these other movies because they hate them. The action's so engaging. It's like watching Gernlogan or something, but you're right. It's like the interpersonal drama is so much more engaging. (laughs) I almost, because I was watching it in such quick succession, there are, certain moments in the earlier uh rebuild movies where i was kind of starting to tune out the action a little bit because i was mm-hmm. like okay come back to the characters because i've already seen this fight in a different context it's just mm-hmm. and but with how good the action is you know it's it's kind of weird to say that almost sacrilegious because you could you could put this up against any giant robot fighting anime and the action's just as cool in this yeah. but I won't. I won't say that's true about all the rebuilds, but I will agree with you about at least one and two. Um, um, I, I want to just real quickly. Um, I love at the end of this film when Shinji saves Ray. Not really saves her, but like you know pulls her out, and Ray smiles at Shinji. Shinji, great moment. You could smile. You'd be pretty. Smile more. <laughs> Mom, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was gonna, I was gonna actually bridge off what we were talking about before you brought up that note, but it's a good note. Um, which is, uh, 
it's it's very like what Ben was saying of I I was looking for the the Lord. I wanted the answers in the original show, and like that's the kind of fan that Ano like put the middle finger up to with End of Ava, um, because he hated that kind of fan. He hated the fan that was like demanding what he felt was like the wrong things of what he was trying to convey with the show. Rebuilds just continue that pattern too, where he's like, this is so not important. But I think it's also the rebuilds are setting you up better for saying like, it's not about that and you shouldn't be looking for that. Mm-hmm. Whereas the show, like it did leave you with like the mystery aspect that we already touched on. Like there, there was mystery to it. There were, there was a reason to feel like maybe you wanted to demand answers. Sure. Also that show transformed mid production yes. because of Hideki Anno's life. So like that is a very, not, not just special, Anno's, special experience, not just Anno's life, but because we were, we were watching that video yeah. essay because of the, the sarin gas attacks right. that happened on the Tokyo subway in the middle of production as well, oh, which sorry. had to do with, um, Christian, uh, not Christian, but like uh, yeah, well, religious, you know, religious fundamentalists, cultists, fundamentalists who were uh, who were also like seeking the like, end of the world their, per, through or... their prescribed narrative, like the end of the world and that kind of thing, and that made a reassessment of what they were saying with what they were doing with the show. Aye, aye, aye. in the middle, <clears throat> and so they had to make a really like quick pivot, and so what they focused on was the the interpersonal, uh, you know, stuff and and just because of, you know, Anno's, you know, recent experiences with depression, it kind of unfolded in almost like a stream of consciousness way. Mm-hmm. So like, that's, that's pretty cool. I love, <laughs> I love throughout all of, all of the movies, uh, Shinji's tape player is always with him or, or it, he, he loses it, but it's always playing 26 and it jumps to 27, 28, 29, like with Gendo and stuff. Like, I love that that is always a motif no matter what, yes, like rewinding going forward. Yes, we were, that that, that happens in two uh, here in the rebuilds because we're in 25, 26 territory mm-hmm. with the first rebuild. In the original series, it, it does start, I think, a little bit earlier in, like, I think we're in some earlier numbers before 25 and 26. And then in End of Ava, we do move into 27, mm-hmm. which is again, like kind of a cue in of like, this is episode 27 kind of thing. And, and we do a similar thing here in the rebuilds where we move past 26, we move into 27 and, and so on. Um, and we do that because of the introduction of Mari, who comes Mari. at the beginning of the second film. And Mari tons of fans. Uh, part, no of the, more. More. part of the reason for the hatred of her character is because uh she's masked up at the beginning and her character perceives a certain way. So a lot of people on first impression when they were watching the movie thought we were seeing the introduction of Asuka. Yep. And it wasn't and got mad immediately. No, no, no. I love love Mari. (laughs) Me too. I love Mari. I actually, I'm a, I'm a big Mari stan. So (laughs) I, I I'll tell you what, I really like her. I I love her introduction. I, I, I really like her more in the other two movies. Like when, when we get more of her, I, I, I want to talk about her her action sequence in the beginning because I think that that action sequence is so damn good. I love I love the bones of an angel trying to escape this nerve facility while this kind of like prototype Ava is running after it. I think that is so visually interesting. I was so into it. I just love the idea that the bones of an angel were just like, no, I'm out of here. Get me the hell out of here. She's got a she's got a crazy ass. Completely yeah, she's got a crazy looking. ass. You're right. She's got a crazy ass. Uh, she's got a very unique looking Evangelion, unlike anything mm-hmm. we've ever seen before. Which, like, is the first indication of like things are going to be different in these, y'all. Yeah. Don't they're not just going to be humanoid looking Evas anymore. Get ready for that shit. Um, yeah. She's just 
just fun and like it, not if you i get why people don't like her especially if you're like you were like old hardcore ava fan like what is this nice pretty big boob woman doing in my show she this isn't the tone i'm looking for and i was like exactly i'd like to clarify i'd like to clarify this girl is 14 we're not sexualizing this girl okay i'm putting yeah. my foot down right now it's not happening oh jeremy that destroyed everyone's ears but that's okay um, you're right <laughs> also put a compressor oh, on it. they're all like 28 in the end so whatever. <laughs> brian's dying <laughs> technically so anime is killing me Technically, if we're jumping forward, Mari is uh, much oh, older. Mari's like six. Everyone else, yeah. Mari's actually like the oldest out of all of them. But we'll deal I mean, with that later. I mean, I want to know what kind of skincare routine she has. I mean, damn. But well, yeah, that's what I, what's interesting. I, I don't want to touch too much on Mari because I think because I think the stuff later on in the films are uh, kind of stuff I want to touch on are are kind of the reason for this. But I think Mari, it kind of kind of the issue that. I, I wish we had I wish we had more Amari. Like I wish we we did kind of go a little bit further into it because in the, her first appearance she said there's a there's the double it's weird using kids like this and then she says it's weird using adults like this but I'll do it like so she's using Nerve or Sele or whoever she's she's pretending to work for and we never really get a lot more of that and I think I think it's because the third movie changed so so dramatically I think that because we know that the third movie is going to be different than the, than what it became. Yeah, once past two, um, yeah, the, the 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 makings of three and four were considerably longer than the first two. Yeah, and and like the 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 story is is so different. Like this is the one that has the because they all have you know the next time on. This is the one that has the next time on that was not relevant at all. That that third film does not reflect what that next time on was. Whether or not that so, could have been intentional so or that, not. So that's not true because you brought it up now. It's not true that it's not relevant. Everything in that next time on happened you just don't see it no i know true so it's still relevant because it's all the information that's true i know i wasn't speaking i wasn't speaking story storyline wise i was speaking more towards the the sense of it wasn't actually it didn't actually end up becoming the next time on it was such it was supposed to be a different movie right so so like but yes because ano basically comes to a decision that the third film should pick up with Shinji. Like we shouldn't do a story that doesn't have Shinji, which is what yeah. that was going to be was a story without Shinji. And he decides that that's not what to, what they should do. So everything happens that happens in that next time on preview. It's just, it's all alluded to and talked <laughs> about as fact of what has occurred. I mean, um, there are slight, there are slight differences because we see like the four children were supposed to meet Gendo in that one. And the fourth children, the, the third child wasn't even going to be in that movie after a while. So. There are differences, but yeah, the, the, the kind of like the, 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 the crux of it, is canon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. I really want, love you I really love Mari, that though. If you want more of Mari, read the manga. I'll just yeah. read the porn. No, oh, I won't. God. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. I'll mute you. Uh I really I actually really I actually this is my favorite movie, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a toss-up between this one and four, if I'm, if I'm honest, because I really like what they're doing for. But this one was this one I, I think edges it out as my favorite. I think the more I think about it, I think four because I okay I just recently saw four a few days ago and I, as I recently saw two and three because uh, going into three two is definitely my favorite but I still really enjoy three for what it is and I would say that four and two kind of like are neck and neck it's kind of fe- it feels how I, I mean I mean I might give a definite answer but I definitely love two two was a very two was definitely one of those was when I was watching two I was like 
this is diff- already we're going in a different way. I mean, cool. We have we have the king of the Sundare Asuka in the mix now. We have all the stuff going on, and they're still fighting the angels. We get some great action scenes with Unit Two, but then things start start to change. They keep changing, and one of the big changes I noticed was when they bring in the new Ava unit, and it's not Toji piloting it; it's Asuka, and I love it. I I really I really like that. We talked about Toji. This this is also where I put or in the notes. I really don't like to- Toji's voice, um, but I really I do really like his story arc. I think what they I think the change to Toji is a good is a good one. He doesn't really have a lot of character development in these in these first two movies. He's not really something that someone that we would feel we would have the kind of like the, the genetic coding arc of, of being upset that he's still in that Ava, but giving it to Asuka creates a more, a much more personal uh, fight and a much more personal experience for Shinji to kind of go crazy afterwards to be like, Oh, you did, you know, the, I, that yeah. kind of rampage he has, he has. I think I, the chief difference that I think it work, makes two work so well is that Toji and Ken, Kensuke and also Asuka and Ray, uh, they are, in their relation to Shinji changed from these are people I hang out with because I go to school with them. These are people I hang out with because I work with them to these are my friends. Mm -hmm. We are all friends. We all are connecting with each other. We are all bonding with each other. That's a big, big difference. Yeah. They took time to actually like show scenes of downtime, which are really important. Like the, when they're hanging out and eating the the popsicles kind of in the, in the, you know, like auto yards and whatnot, it was really good. Them going to the aquarium was really good. Like you can can look at that and, and see it as like, you know, like filler in a way, but it's so integral to the character development because without that, you know, well, that's, well, that's what the original series had. And that's really reflective of what depression is like. Like you're cut off from connection and experiences and relationships. And so like, if, if Ano's trying to say something about overcoming depression with, with this, uh, with these rebuilds, it's pretty clear in the way that he's like characterized the relationships. Well, what's interesting about what you about what you say about like the being depression, you know, depression is like you closing yourself off from people is that's kind of what AT fields represented in the first in, in, in the first series, like the idea that Gendo is saying to the I'm we're going to live in a world where AT fields don't exist. And that's kind of what what they're ta- what is representative of depression. It's that wall, that AT field that you put up that nobody can ever touch you because you're mm-hmm. you've put up this barrier. And, symbolic, and he's the one who's the one talking about those bears. <laughs> right. And so like in, in, in this series, we start to kind of see in this film how Shinji is not putting up his AT field symbolically anymore. He is letting it down. He is not he is able to let people in. Um, and that creates a really incredible payoff going forward and forward, which I'll which we'll get to. Right. And all yeah. this is again like fostered from Misato opens that door. And Shinji changes and Shinji's different with everyone in this film because that door is open. He has one healthy nurturing relationship for a foundation and all of his relationships change because of it. You know, before we go forward and talk about the rebuild, something I'm a little unclear of, and maybe uh, there isn't an answer to this one too, but you know, I I get so many questions. Um, How aware is Shinji of this like cyclical it doesn't Groundhog Day thing it, that he's doing. It doesn't appear that he's aware until we get to Thrice Upon a Time when, he's, standing, when he's standing on the shore with Karu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, we've done this before. And it, I don't think Shinji's aware until that moment when okay. he's inside of it. Okay, because I was wondering if like he was going through these worlds over and over again 
and making small adjustments and changes to see if he could finally get like the perfect so, one. So I think it follows a lot of like, uh, there is an amount of whether it's intentional or not Hinduism reincarnation concept mm -hmm. here okay. where mm -hmm. it is, you are going back and you know that you want to improve on something, but you are not necessarily going back with the foreknowledge of what it is you're trying to improve on. Okay. So you like make those adjustments to yourself in a way to like set yourself up for going back in, but you will not retain the knowledge of what you changed. And I guess if you're coming at it from the perspective that everybody is doing that, and it's not just Shinji, right? Then when when somebody like Masato makes uh, a change in, in the way that they interact with characters around them, like you know, you know, yes. opening up to Shinji and stuff, it's them also trying to improve on themselves. And that's why everybody is like an improved version of themselves. Okay, I get it now. And well, I, I think what's, I understand I now. I think what's kind I mean, of interesting. I can't see, I've got a light bulb over my head. I think what's kind of interesting is the idea that like, you know, when Shinji is like the whole point of the third impact was to create uh, in the show was to 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 do the human instrumentality project and everyone's becomes goop and everyone's in everyone's mind and there is no at there are no at fields there are no bodies there's just the one consciousness and no one is alone ever again that sounds awesome i think what you what you have because shinji's re revelations if i remember correctly and it's been two years since i've seen the show is that the idea of like actually it's it's not bad individuality is not is not the is not the problem and so like to have the have this kind of like revelation that if he is the person who reset the world to become the rebuild series to become the, the next the next the next cycle then he could have made a conscious or an unconscious choice due to that lesson that the 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 coming world will have less or no at fields between people people will be less will be will be less uh, willing to close themselves off uh, going forward in this next world yeah yeah you I mean, can't that's, that that's what happens in four he's like well i want a world without avas so right. yeah. goodbye so that's that um yeah. i think two is the best movie it's not my favorite but i think it's if you were to give someone like one piece of evangelion just one thing this is what evangelion best represents i think two is the best movie. i think it's the best movie. that's what i was thinking too uh like the the character stuff is is i think the some of the best especially with like ray and oscar and, and shinji um the action at the end i think is astounding uh and especially with with shinji's choice of like this this little dude finally has agency and he's like i'm i'm gonna be the robot man and everyone's like be the robot man and then he ends the world that's man that sucks so bad that sucks so bad. he finally got his wish and he ruined the world i was saying to sparks that that ending when shinji's first like clawing his way through the through the you know that to get to Ray, that at first I was like, like borderline kind of cringing. I was like, this is kind of, this is this, I don't know how I feel about that. This is kind of stupid, but it kept going. And like, it's his it, shonen moment. It, Cause yeah, cause it's very shonen. It's extremely shonen. And like, in a way, Ava never was before. Right. And that was always the thing that stuck with me about it is it's like, oh, wow, it's 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 magical boy without the shonen aspect. That's crazy. And so when they did that, it, it almost started feeling like jumping the shark until it kept going and really it lasts so long and and you can you can the, the struggle is so palpable that by the time he actually reaches ray i was like getting like choked up i was like oh my god this is uh get to her you, can, you know like it was so it was so profound um you have, you have kaoru like he's just like something's wrong y'all <laughs> something those are two spears they're not the same i don't know man something's weird they're the same spears and well, that's, in, that's in that's three, in three. 
Oh, that's three. three. Sorry, that's right. That's yeah, we're right. talking. We're talking when he's uh in the Ava and he's trying to get to Ray to, and it accidentally triggers the near third. And, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. was the sound design that was getting me because it was the it's the song which is you know kind of a sappy song, and then the only other audio you hear is a very dry re- like recording, like a dry room recording of Shinji grunting, mm-hmm. and. I think it was the dryness of the recording that was getting to me because I think usually in this situation, any audio editor would put some reverb on there. Uh-huh. You know, it, it would sound it would sound more dramatic with some reverb. Having it be really dry, I could hear the recording booth. It was like, uh, 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 you know, and it just I mean, there's more reverb in this room than what was going on. And it was it was just kind of like uncomfortable. But I started to realize that was like the point. Yeah. Was like you're supposed to feel uncomfortable. You're supposed to be like, like like intimately in that moment with Shinji and reverb would have, would have made it seem too larger than life. And that would have actually been the jump in the shark shonen moment. If it was, it was like that for sure. There's, there's um, sound design. Like we talked about it, like in all the movies, but like they definitely heighten sounds that shouldn't be as loud. Like whenever the angels are like beast moding or reforming, you hear the (laughs) of their bones and stuff. And like, Mm -hmm. that's, that's way louder than it probably should be, but they're doing that on purpose to like, It's gross to hear that shit. It's really gross. What I, what I think is really great about Otto's approach to the rebuild series is that he very much took it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. When it came to like sound design and aesthetic, like he was just like, no, everything looks, everything looks the same. Everything sounds the same. It's just the story. Right. You got uh, it. Right real quick, since we're talking sound design, um, I'm sure Brandon caught it. The Ghidorah sound effect. When 100% he's called on comms. Um, yes. It's just a little like it's Ghidorah's like, sound that he makes uh, oh. like, uh, it's, it's what goes off on the comms and i was like that is unmistakably Ghidorah. <laughs> just 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 on sneaking away from the, the the sound recording room like i'm gonna i'm gonna put this fully in my movie now <laughs> he's just like uh he's pitching shin godzilla and they're just like and now here's the sound design room it's like cool what are you doing nothing don't worry about it goodbye you i'll see you in that bag <laughs> nothing <laughs> see you when i do shin godzilla um i think uh i wanted to touch on um i think the rebuilds in general especially in this film we have a better sense of international uh just existence um we get like the hyper focus on asuka coming from euro force one uh that that she is part of the euro air force um the u.s uh having a unit that an ava unit they are working on that completely just fails in the middle of the film um that this uh vatican treaty the whole thing exists because it's like a a international thing where only one nation a nation can only have three avas at a time um and all of that is just far more present on the lore of the world than it was in the show sure i really like that too i wrote that in my notes i was really appreciative that we got to see that also that we got we that sale is doing something on the moon probably turning adam into an ava so that was kind of cool. And Just and like Gendo that. doesn't actually know what it is because this is a this is a kind of like if you want to get into the deep into the lore stuff, this is the first part where we learn that like Gendo doesn't know everything because Gendo says there are parts of the Dead Sea Scrolls he doesn't know. Yeah. And that whatever they're doing probably has to do with that. And so there's just things he doesn't know. Um, the final rights. Uh like where to find Yui. Um mm-hmm. uh, uh we gotta talk about the aquarium. The aquarium's great. Have you it's checked wonderful. Scene. Uh, the whole aquarium sequence, I think, is is fantastic. Um, yeah. Kaji can be a, a shitty person, I think, in this uh, in these rebuilds. It's post his death handled a little considerably. Better. He's still shitty. 
He's considerably less shitty than in the movies. Yeah, because oh, yeah. he has more time to be shitty here. Still, um, <laughs> it does make him look a little better. Uh, no, it's true. I, like Jeremy and I were having this conversation where, like, there's this idea I think more present in the rebuilds that Kaji is a person who has a moral high ground. He was always trying to do a right thing for the world at large, but still was like himself. And, and not a great person with his romantic entanglements and that kind of thing. But like st- his primary objective of, of helping the world was always a good in him. To me, he like represents like an idealist who has gone through so much shit that they've just come out really jaded. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, because like in his interpersonal uh, uh, relationships, especially in the original series, right. He's such a, like, he's such a misogynist and just like a, just, just like an all around kind of like creepy dude. But like, then like what he does with his life and how he sacrifices himself is almost counterintuitive to the, the sort of selfish way in which he acts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it, to me just feels like they are alluding to the fact that when he was younger, when, when, when he hadn't gone through so much in his life, that he was probably a much more like moralistic individual. And in fact, they were having that conversation this is one of the in one of the rebuilds he was having a dinner with masato and he was talking about how um you know they've gone through so much shit to become adults mm-hmm. you know and it was supposed to be something that you're supposed to reflect on about about you know shinji and rei and asuka you know as as teenagers on this you know coming of age story becoming adults and whatnot and piloting adult bodies and the fear of becoming adults and the fear of becoming adults and all that all that, all that good shit um but i think there's a second illusion in that conversation you know, that's speaking to his character about how he was a more idealistic person, but you know, now he's gone through some shit and now he's a shitty adult like everybody else. And importantly, he's always in both versions of the story. He's always working as a double agent. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is his, his redemption. Right. But the redemption is really only there for you to like connect. I think those, those higher themes. So, because it makes you ask questions about him because otherwise up until that point, I the whole time I was just like, oh, I hate this guy. I just I don't want anything to do with him. And yeah. then in, in his last like episode or two, in his last moments, it's like, what? There's more to him all of a sudden. Now he's dead, and I don't get any answers. Like watermelons. So it makes you ask questions. And there's those questions again. I like. Yeah, questions. I uh, I I really like. He's a big old scumbag, but like I like I like the character. Uh, no, I, what's, I really his name? Like uh, what's his name? I already forgot it. Kaji. Kaji. Yeah. Uh, um, his God, like. In the original show, he's the one who gives uh, Gendo little, little the little baby Adam the little Adam. suitcase. In this, he gives him the key of Nebuchadnezzar. So, yeah. like, he is very much involved in doing the bad stuff, but he still wants to help his homies. And I'm like, that just makes him even more complex because he sacrifices his life at the end for it. I'm like, man, what's what is your deal, my guy? I think there's a, I think there's a sense in the in this in this version that he's not fully aware what Gendo wants to do with the key of Nebuchadnezzar. He yeah. was hired to ta- he was hired to get, and he's happy to do it because he's mm-hmm. he's he's that kind of person. But he doesn't quite know why why Gendo wants it. But he yeah. does he does like have some idea of what that Gendo wants human instrumentality. He gets yeah. that because he before he's gone, he's already established Ville. That will come up later, and like he's set that up, he's gotten them the ship to be able to do it. Um, he starts the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's Andor. Um, <laughs> Kaji Andor. Uh, actually, I guess he'd be more like Stellan Skarsgård. Um, he's he's there to uh, get that ball rolling because he sees the warning signs in this version more so than he did in the show. He mm-hmm. sees the warning signs of what Gendo's actually after. Um, and I do think the key of Nebuchadnezzar is the key 
to why he knows that. Anyway, um, I did want to touch on when Kaji's at the aquarium. I think that the art style, we we get a, very much the same story we've had before, but like I, I just think the art style is real good on it, where he tells Shinji about what happened to Misato during Second Impact. And the art style on that is really good. That's where we get like the red line art. Mm -hmm. uh, that looks really, really gorgeous. And it's, it is, again, like visuals we saw on the show, um, but I think it's just done really well. And this is where Shinji recognizes like even deepening further his relationship with Misato. Misato told him in the first film, we are the same with our relationship with our dads. We have bad relationships. We don't, you know, we don't get along with them. We can't con converse with them. We Or like she couldn't. And Shinji didn't internalize that then. He internalizes it now. Mm -hmm. Is it in two or, or, or later on when, when he talks about how like the fish, the, the, the ocean smells bad? Is that that's two. That's right that's here. Okay, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the same conversation. That's Kaji and him up on the roof of the aquarium. And he's saying that's, that's life rotting. Uh, yeah, that's it's because about, it right? means that there's life and life is decaying, but life is here. I love that. Um, rather than like the empty void that is the red ocean. Love it. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really, it's re it's a really cool execution. It's a really good excuse for putting all the kids together. Um, have you been there? I've been to a aquarium. But Ryan's been to a aquarium, but have you been I there? did. No, not to that aquarium. Oh, I saw the there. exact same jellyfish. Yeah. Um, man, like, so Ray, Ray and Asuka, they're both, they're both, they both got some feelings. Um, they're both, man, I love it so much that they're both trying to impress Shinji, uh, by, by cooking. Uh, they have, we have the same elevator scene. Uh, it's not, it's not five minutes long. Uh, uh oh my God. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what's, what you're talking about. what's kind of, what's kind of interesting about, about their relationship with Shinji is that I, as far as I interpreted Ray's relationship is kind of that of a mother. He wants yeah. to protect him. Uh, she wants to protect him. Uh, whereas she Ray really is... know why she likes him either, which is kind of... like Right. I think that's probably the genetic coding of, of where Ray comes from. Like the idea like Ray, I don't think has romantic feelings for Shinji. She just doesn't know why she has these, why she has any feelings for him. And she Mom, wants yeah. to protect him. It's why, it's why she says, I'm going to make sure that you'll never going to, you'll never be able to, you'll never get into an Ava again. Yeah. She, and, also, she, she also has transcribed away the feelings that again, like they do the same thing. This happens in the show where Shinji saved her the same way Gendo did. He came yeah. the plug the same way Gendo did. And it made her like kind of scrub Gendo out and see Shinji, but Shinji treats her better than Gendo does mm -hmm. and yeah. treats her more like a person. And that, that creates a difference in how she sees him. I think you're right about everything you're saying, but that's also an important textual point of where her shift in relationship with him comes from. And I think what, what Asuka wants to do it is also process her own feelings for Shinji, but it's more of like a crush. Yeah, she, she, even, crush. she even says it in a later film. I think I had a crush on you back then. And it was like, always the intention of the show that Asuka was not dealing with the fact that she was romantically attracted to Shinji. Yeah. And I, 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 I like, I really liked seeing the two of them juxtapose in such a, in such, in such a way that it made you think about the differences that both of them were doing while showing that they're in fact, they're, they're somewhat doing the same thing, but, they're hoping for a different result. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and because we brought up the elevator scene, I just want to touch on like, I, what I think is so good about that is like, you get this reaction where it, there's a lot of important things that happen in that elevator scene, which is that Ray tells Asuka, like an Ava does not define, you're not defined by the Ava. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can exist beyond it, which is not the concept that they have in the original series. And then uh, when Asuka says, you're just a doll, and goes to slap her originally that just happens ray just lets that happen and that's who how she perceives herself ray stops her this time and she's like no i'm not a doll and they recognize that both of them have been cutting their fingers for their 
their mm-hmm. uh, care for Shinji. Yeah. Whatever the motives behind that, they both have different angles for that, but that's what it is. What you got on your thumb there, buddy? A little mic thing. Yeah. Oh, I've got this. <laughs> Mine's a little bigger. Mine's kind of better, but, you know, that's fine. That's a guitar thing. That's what she uh, said. <laughs> I, think, I think that that moment is executed really well where they have the grab of the arm and they recognize those same cuts on each other because they're both trying to learn to cook. Absolutely. Um, because Shinji takes care of them and they want yeah. to care of Shinji too. I think the I think one of the best things about the aquarium sequence or the the uh, uh, pen pen sanctuary the sanctuary sequence pen pen's pretty great. But when <laughs> when he's when he yeah, says pen, um, the penguins in the pen pen when he's like happily giving everybody food that he made, he's like here you go, here you go, and he's and he's kind of like he's. It's really weird to see Shinji happy. Like yeah. I'll just put it that way. Like it's really weird to see that to see him happy. And in this film, he is happy quite a lot. One and of the ways that I feel like Shinji's um, happiness in relationship is portrayed that is so different from the original series is that Shinji starts placing less and less expectations on the relationships and just lets them like naturally exist. Like that's what happens with Ray, you know, like they just, and that's why as an audience, we're able to sort of pick up on the, the really subtle undercurrent of it. Like, Oh, Ray's kind of like his mother. And they're not like flirting because Shinji has sort of let go of the expectations of, you know, like seeing her as a sexual being. And, you know, the same thing happens with Asuka. And that's why there's that undercurrent in their relationship. Cause Asuka kind of wants him to come to her. But yes. he's mm-hmm. not doing that because he's like, I don't yeah. have expectations about this. So like every relationship, you just see Shinji just be like, you know what? I'm just going to be me and you be you. And that's what I learned in the series. So hopefully that works for you. You know, <laughs> one of the scene, one of the things I actually really like about Asuka and um, Shinji's relationship in the rebuilds is the scene where Asuka goes to Shinji and they just talk to each other. Like Shinji has his headphones, she goes on, and of course Shinji's yeah. like, "Wait, there's a girl in my room. Oh my god, what do I do?" And she's like, "Don't turn around. I just want to talk." Very- and they talk about because she because you can tell that she's because she's talking to a little hand puppet and she's talking about how lonely she is. Yes, very very astute Ben because in the show the way that this is is translated the same moment happens as Asuka goes into the room but Asuka goes in and just collapses next to Shinji facing him and falls asleep. But knows knows to an extent what she's uh, presenting to Shinji, and Shinji, being the character he is in that version, uh, goes in very closely to kiss her, and then mm-hmm. decides not to because mm-hmm. she calls out for her mom. Ah, that's right. This I remember that. version has them not face each other. It's not. It's again completely not removing sexual. that, completely removing that sense of sexual objectification that that Shinji had before, and now it's a relationship where they're talking about like, why do you want to pilot the Ava, and like giving real answers, and Asuka is opening up with Shinji and Shinji says like, I don't really know. And she's like, that's not a real answer. And so Shinji gives a real answer, which is like, I want my dad to praise me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Asuka feels that. And she, you know, she'll call him an idiot, but like, that's still something that she's connecting to him over. It's yeah. a huge, it's a, I'm, that, I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. It's a huge, huge moment. In fact, her calling him an idiot in that moment is the first time that it's actually felt endearing mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. just like, oh, well, fuck you then. It, it's like, all yeah. right, I understand well, that. I think it's stupid, but I get it. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know, to be honest with you, because we watched it a while ago and I did not keep track of the line. I don't even know necessarily she calls him an idiot. I think she calls him naive. You're a naive brat. 
Well, it's at that point that she says, "I'm going to start. I'm going to call you sh- idiot shindig." Idiot shindig from now on. Yeah. yeah, that's how that scene ends. But yeah, that's, that's the part that feels endearing. Yeah, because when she first meets him, she doesn't even call. Him, she doesn't even acknowledge him by his first name. And it was. It's not until this scene when they're talking about why they're calling the Evas and and Shinji is on cloud nine for a hot second because his dad said, "Hey, I heard what happened. Good, Good job." job. Old, <laughs> of course, that just puts Shinji is like, "Yay, recognition, validation." And when he's talking to Asuka, Asuka, I also feel for Asuka because in these rebuild films, she's completely alone. She has no mention of her family. She doesn't even have a family. And her and Kagi don't have much of a relationship in these. Yeah. Well, thank God. Oh, thank, thank God. Yes. I'm so glad we oh. lost the Asuka desperate for <sighs> Kaji's attention. I Mark. was, That's I honestly, honestly, I love that they, that Asuka and Kaji don't really interact as much in this, in these rebuilds. Cause I was, if there was for me a very cringe moment in the original show, that was one of them. Well, cause it's the same, it's the same Misato Shinji relationship that's happening, but now it's Kaji and Asuka. And it's also one of the things that made Kaji grosser. Like Kaji's still gross in this, but it's significantly less because he's not playing around with Asuka. Yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, the only reason like they, they're like together in the show is like, he's like her liaison to nerve or something. And, yes. Like, mm-hmm. That's a relationship that doesn't need to exist in this. So right. yeah. what I think is, what I think is, is kind of interesting when we talk about a lot of these scenes with Asuka and, um and shinji and ray and shinji and all that um is that i wouldn't say shinji is a healthier person or a health sorry he is a healthy person i wouldn't say he's a healthy person um he's still got a lot of problems he's still got he's he's still got a lot of character what tuberculosis (laughs) he's still got a lot of character development to go through uh in these films but he is in especially in this film on his way to being a well-adjusted person and then it's the near third impact that screws everything up for him Mm -hmm. Sort sort of. Uh, you're. I, I agree with you for the most part. Um, part of like part of it is that Shinji still lacks decisive action. Yeah, That's yeah. still something that he can't do because again, it's like while, while he is having a healthier relationship, he has to be pulled to like confiding something to Asuka. He has to be pulled to going to her rather than him taking initiative and going himself. Because we also learned same way, Shinji also had a crush on Asuka at the time, but he wouldn't do anything about it, which is, it is what Asuka was waiting for. And like, you know, she she also wanted and demanded that of him. But Mm -hmm. Shinji didn't ever do it. And this is the thing where like, it comes up later. It's an important definition of Asuka and Shinji's relationship where she says like, do you know why I wanted to punch you in the face? And he says, it's because I couldn't make a decision. When you turn into the angel in this film at the end, I didn't help you, but I didn't kill you. And he just lets the demi plug take over, which is Shinji's inaction at absolute maximum. And Mm -hmm. that's why she's so upset because he just so constantly and this is a, a more a shinji who was in the show but it is still true here a shinji who just refused to do anything and that's why it's honestly better that that it's um asuka in that in that uh eva and not uh toji, toji. yeah because yeah. it says yeah. more about the relationship yeah um i, I want to go i want to talk about that fight because that fight uh, it didn't brought me to tears but it definitely pulled up my heartstrings because we get to the point where Gendo tells Shinji good job. And it's like, oh, this is the turning point. Their relationship's finally going to improve. They're going to talk. And then the second Gendo says, kill her. Yeah. Do it. It's the, it's the Palpatine. <laughs> Do it. And and Shinji can't because it's like Asuka's still in there. And he's like, that is an, that is an angel. You got to kill her. You got to destroy it. And it's like, no, I can still save Asuka. I can still do this. But he still doesn't do it. Right. And then the eight. And then um, what was that? Was that unit three? 
Was that Unit 3? Unit 3, I believe, yeah. yeah. Unit 3. Unit 3 is the cursed one. Yeah, um, and then when Unit 3 takes the plug out and bites it, I'm like, yeah. Oh no. Very, very, very brutal. Um, Yeah, because we've seen Shinji do it before. We know what he does to pull a plug out. He does it at the end of the first rebuild to save Rey. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't take that action. He he stays frozen in his fear. Um, and that's part of the problem. Jumping back to the action beat with the angel before that, um, this is the one where they all have to team up to mm-hmm. catch it mm-hmm. uh, with the AT fields. Um, the way that they use Tokyo 3's buildings to give Shinji the boost. Uh, oh my God. Aside oh. jumping across the buildings. Sick yes. As, sick as shit. They, yes. turn the, they turn a track and he's like, it's like a NASCAR track where he's running almost at a 45 degree angle. It's like, wee. Yeah, one, of my fav- one of my favorites. Oh, on a big screen so bad. One of my favorite things in all of sci-fi is when is when people just yell nonsense at the at 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 the screen and then things happen and, and like like that. It's one of my one of my favorite things ever. And so like the idea of like oh he's not gonna make it lift up the da, 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 it's like doing so all that like the and the action sequence goes along and people are barking orders at everything and and oh it is an incredible action sequence. I was on I was legitimately on the edge of my seat yeah. and I've seen this before. Nobody nobody does. Um, man, like, I don't even know how to, like, boring procedural, like, we gotta read things off a list to make things happen more exciting than Hikayano. Like, do the thing, punch the thing, reverse the drives. Like, in all of Evangelion, Shin Godzilla, that dude makes me care about people punching buttons. Yeah. Hardcore. It's it's really fun. And then again, yeah, running on the sides of the like, man, good, impressive shit. And, like, I think this has, this also has some of the, some of the, probably some of the best mech action because of that sequence being so, so good. But like, they need to get to like, you also have like a lot of character moments in that. Like when Shinji gets the, Shinji gets to the, to the angel, she's, he's holding the angel and he yells out, Asuka, I need help. Yeah. And like, and so like her, like to so get Asuka, like he's yelling, he's yelling for her and Ray. And, and to kind of have like, that, that's the moment that Shinji kind of takes this like decisive action of like, this is, uh, I now that I am here, I'm in charge. You need to get here so that we can destroy this. I think that's a really great character moment for him. It is. Um, an important note we, we got to spend some time talking about from this one is one of the most major, major moments, I think, in a big change for the rebuilds, which is uh, Ray con- trying to convince Gendo to do a dinner with Shinji. <laughs> which which is the moment where like he's like no i don't really want to do that and he sees yui and it makes him falter and say yes now that's a through line all the way now this is pretty complex because like do you guys think he was actually ever going to do this dinner now i say that Mm. because he gets in the car yeah however gendo earlier in the film says we need to expedite unit one's awakening and then orders unit three to come over and puts Asuka in it. And mm-hmm. so when, when the shit hits the fan with Unit 3, which is what makes him drive the car away, he knew that was going to happen. So I argue that mm-hmm. I think on some level Gendo did not well, ever intend to do the dinner. Well, but he did. He planned the, the testing on, perp- on the same day on purpose. Yes. So like I 100% think Gendo had no plans of going and like he's like, oh, well, we got to do a test. Sorry. Fact, how would Gendo know that, that the Ava would turn into an angel? Because that was his plan. But I was going to say that you he know, specifically he specifically says earlier we need to expedite Unit One's awakening, and then orders Unit Three over and puts Unit Two away. 
So he knew it was going to become an angel. How does he know that? I don't freaking know. But he does know because he's getting what he wants. He's mm-hmm. getting the Human Instrumentality Project. He's getting the Awakening of Unit 1. Um, the, yeah, that, that, you know, the conclusion of his arc is recognizing that his, like, path back to Yui was through Genji. Right? Yeah. Like, he, he's like, oh, there you were this whole time, right? Right yeah. there. Whoops. And I think that that moment... Um, when he sees Yui in Ray is just like, you know, planting specifically, seeds. specifically Yui, Yui saying, please take care of Shinji, which he has exactly never that. done. Exactly. That is that she says, please take care of Shinji. It's like a seed that you're supposed to remember so that when that arc comes to its completion, it's like him going, ah, oh, shit, that was right in front of me. Like I yep. literally yep. Yep. thinking about that, but he, of course I, and, and I think you're right. I don't think he, he was ever intending to do the dinner. But you were supposed to see that in him because it's a conflict for him, right? It's so shitty because he's like, Ray, let's have some dinner. And he's eating dinner. And he's like, I don't have time for dinner with my son. Yes, I don't have time for dinner so with my son. Yeah. Like, mother effer, dude. Not, not only that, Gendo has like this grand steak and Ray just has pills. Uh-huh. I'm like, steak pills. what? I love this. Well, we find, out, we find out why. Yeah, we find out why that, that could be the case in a later film. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that it's this giant table and like a designated room. And so it, it's a whole show of things to have dinner for him to be like, I don't have time. Yeah. It's not you know just what? like dinner at the computer, you know, it's like it's a a room for dinner. <laughs> dinner time, I, but not for anyone else. I'm, I'm we sorry, had to go to the room we've never shown before and sit across 20 feet across from each other with these beautiful plates just to say I don't have time for dinner. You know what? That even though the context of the scenes are different, when Gendo and um, Ray are having dinner at that super long table and they're sitting on opposite ends, it kind of reminds me of the first Batman movie where Batman, and Vicky, Va- or Bruce Wayne and Vicky Vale are having dinner and they're on opposite ends of an even longer table and they're like, hey, "You know, what? f this. Let's just go have chill with Alfred. <laughs> Let's just actually <laughs> talk instead of having this." pop and circumstance bs but with gendo and ray because ray is like hey let's have this thing with shinji let's go and he's like nah fine i don't wanna dot 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 but i have a way i because i actually sparks i like how you talked about that because i didn't think about that i thought it was something that was like oh it's an unfortunate circumstance and then you see the car quickly turn around by shinji because it's like because to me, I inter- when I saw that scene, I interpreted it as like it was a oh shit, we gotta do this now moment. Yeah. Where instead it's like, because now that I think about it, it's like, you know what? Gendo is that much of an asshole. He probably could have planned this whole thing ahead that rat bastard. Absolutely. His, his whole thing is being manipulative of situations and others to an extent that like feels unrealistic, honestly, when you examine it deep in context. But I I I heard people give the argument of like, well, he got in the car. So maybe maybe that was going to be his outreach, and I'm like, I don't think he really thought he was ever going to make it in that car. Well, see, I I think that like, I don't disagree. Um, like I just want to I blanket that like I'm not. This isn't me disagreeing. I think that what this is, what what could be construed from that is that he wasn't he was going to do this, but he wasn't, but he was never going to reach out to to him. They'd have that dinner. He he'd sit across from him. He would never talk to him, and then he'd go home. Like, I think that I don't think he ever intended for it to be like that outreach outreach that Ray wanted it to be. I think he for whether or regardless of reading, uh, he never intended to open up to Shinji. No, God, no. And it wouldn't just and it wouldn't just be a dinner between 
Shinji and Gendo. It would be the six other people are there. So I don't think Gendo would want to be there regardless because he'd have to talk to not just his son, but a bunch of other people he doesn't want to talk to. Right. So true. So true. Like in Ray's mind, it's like, well, it's supposed to make it easier. And it's supposed to be, it's kind of nice because it's supposed to be the surprise for Shinji. So Shinji doesn't even know that his dad didn't show up Uh because he doesn't even know that it was supposed to happen, Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of a nice thing uh in in the hindsight but like you know asuka gets informed and it's like Shh, keep it secret and like uh everyone wanting to do this um because everybody cares about shinji and everybody wants something nice for shinji uh, why yeah, but just but just kendo because everybody likes him um, <laughs> and he's a more likable person in these movies than he was in the shows she is um, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know why, but one of the scenes that stands out to me is when when uh, not Asuka is when Masada comes home and she's talking to Asuka and Asuka's busy doing her thing and Masada goes, "Oh, she." And of course, Asuka tries to play it off. I don't know why. I just like that scene because yeah. even though because even though Misato and Asuka don't have the, as close of a relationship as Misato and Shinji, you still get that like I don't want to say giggling teenager moment, but it's this nice like little this nice little moment where um, Misato recognizes like, oh, you're doing this for Shinji because you might have a thing for him. And while Asuka might deny it to high heaven at the time, it's still obvious because she saw the cuts on Ray's fingers and she has the cuts as well. So yes. Yes. I just think it's a, a, it's a cute little scene and it's nice. I like it. I agree. Um, I have written in my notes. I want to real quickly. I've talked a little bit about it in the first film. I really like the the new angels. I really like the the new order of the angels. I think some of the, I think the new angel designs are great. The seventh angel is the coolest thing in the world. Which was I love that again? thing. Here, Which I'll, was sh- I'll show I'll show you a picture because it's I cannot describe it, but it's it's this it's this yeah. wire work thing. Oh yeah, I'm lo- hanging above my bed. I love that thing so much. I love how it how it had the fake core. It's like, oh my god, that wasn't the core. Flips over and the the, the, the real core is. Revealed. Oh my god, that thing is so cool. I the think, moon is a gunman. I think I think where specifically in the first two rebuilds, but but in general for the rebuilds, where CGI three D animation has benefited the most is in these more abstract designs of the angels and things they're able to do with them and make them look truly unnerving and bizarre and different. Um, I think they have benefited a lot from that. There are issues I have with how they use 3D and CG animation in the next two films, but here with these angels, I think it looks really good. And yeah. I, I want we talked a little bit about the sound design already, but I just want to say the bone sound design on the bones of the third angel that, that Mari was chasing in the beginning yeah. of this film so unner- unnerving i love that sound design so damn much yeah. it does that's pretty damn good um, because you hear it like <laughs> love it oh, i had I something i was gonna talk about the other oh the angel that probably is gonna give me nightmares is the giant tentacular eyeball with wings you guys know which oh, yeah. one i'm talking about yeah. oh yeah the one that came Ugh. from the, came from space. That's the one they catch yeah mm-hmm. um, i hated it um the end of the film Yes. When Mari uh, is in Unit Two and she goes beast mode, I love, I love that so much. I love how that's animated. I love how that's, I love how that's done. I, I really like the voice acting in that in that sequence. Mari was such an interesting character, um, and Ray's death to prevent Shinji to from getting into an angel. Her whole thing. I don't want you. I will make it so that you will never get into an angel again. And then just that angel just eats her. Yeah. So. You know what? Screw it. This is explicit. So fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mar- R- Mari activating cheat code berserk mode. 
yeah, uh, like that's just something you can just do. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible. Like I think the show, the show, the show, the movie looks best when like this type of shit's happening. When mm-hmm. it's when it's uh, like when it's Oscar beast mode or or Marion beast mode. Like the colors are extreme. The the cockpit yeah. is in Technicolor mode. The man when angels do front flips, like back flips frontwards. Like when they're like they're like like that's like that's not how people are supposed to move. It's super unnerving. Uh, I love it. It is so. I love. We've been watching a lot of anime movies that use uh, 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 3D CG recently, and like and like for better or worse, like it, it could look better. I think specifically because we're dealing with like mech designs, it's a lot easier to make mechs look good in 3D than people. Uh, so specifically in two, uh, I think the 3D stuff looks incredible. I love it. I love it. I have almost no complaints. Um, and it's also like what, like almost like a ten-year-old movie at this point. Like it looks, still looks good. Jesus. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. Quick side note: I love Mari's entrance, like where she go when she meets Shinji for the first time. Of yeah. course you would. Of she, course you would. Well, she just flies in on a parachute. It's just and Shinji's all like, the crotch to face, Ben. Really? <laughs> Not like that. Not like that. <laughs> No, as she literally, she just comes in on a parachute, tells Shinji not to talk about it, and Shinji just stand there with his dumb fat look. Was like, what the hell was that? I, I do really like the mystery of who Mari is in the beginning. It's just kind of like mm-hmm. this, this this girl just kind of just kind of shows up into the into the story to do something. Uh, and, and again, we we referenced it earlier, but she is the one in this version of the story. She's the one that changes the loop. Yeah. Uh, the loop would have continued and it's set it's essentially set within the fine the the fine work of the film that because mari enters when she does uh the loop changes and we move to 27 which happened in the end of ava last time so now we're like really changing the story man uh, so big big climax is happening shinji's got to save ray Misato's yelling, do it, save her, save her for yourself, do it, do yeah. be the pilot. And he does it, and he goes to save Ray. And then he he triggers the third impact. Unfortunately. Uh, all <laughs> according to all according to plan. Finally, <laughs> the gates of God. Um and uh, and it's the pact I, with Lilith is 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 uh revealed or whatever. Yeah. It's in it's, a lot um, of ways, it's a bigger climax than the beginning of end of Ava, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, especially because, like, at this point, (laughs) this one knows what I mean. At this point, like the (laughs) the the Evangelion, this film, it's kind of early to do the third impact. As far as like the audience, if the audience is like, okay, if this is a one to one for the show, this is early. This is we're doing the third impact. Okay, so we're done. Right, that's the third impact. That's the end of the story, and that's what I really love about this movie, where it's just like, yes, the third impact is here, and and the story is done. Nope. It's like credits roll, and then it's like spear. It gives you a straight up. It's Avengers: Infinity War. Like third impact Mm. happens. Shinji's probably dead. Happy ending. Like ten. We got how long do we have to wait for the next one? I really love the the fact of like the 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 final battle and having having Shinji in that cage and having Mari be the one to get him out of the cage uh, and bring him to an Ava. Um, I think it's all animated so well. It's all structured very well. It's all. Uh, choreographed incredibly um we didn't really talk a lot about i i i i kind of lament that we didn't really talk about shinji's uh, rampage after he almost kills asuka um uh when he when he when he goes to destroy nerve hq for a minute oh he's stomping uh, on the geo yeah. like a like a little toddler 
Yeah. yeah, I completely forgot to mention that. I think that's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of goes to show, like, it kind of, like, to bring it back to what we're talking about already, where it's, like, it shows that, like, when Shinji grows a backbone, things are bad. Like, this is, the, things can go very badly when Shinji actually gets decisive. He's decisive. He's, like, someone needs to pay for making me almost kill Asuka. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't really realize that some of it is on his, his indecisiveness. And so in here, when he's like, I need to save Ray. Ray is my friend. I'm going to save her because she's going to die right now. And I can do this. And so he has that shonen moment. But in doing so, in growing that backbone and being that decisive, he triggers the third impact. Mm-hmm. And again, like all the homies are rooting for him. But like his mom is like, Masada's like, you can do it, my boy. I love you. Get it. And then like she inadvertently causes the downfall of humanity. And like, right. That's it's it's just really really rough. That's the thing. That's the thing about like Misato. Uh, that's really interesting when she's egging him on and she's like, "Do it, Shinji. Do it for yourself." Because he she does not know that Ava One was designed to create the third the third impact. She doesn't know that. Right. Um, <laughs> and that that, that kind of that, that leads into her arc in the future. Get um, Misato. But the 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 but then the third impact happens. Everything's going to shit. And then the credits roll, and you're like, that's it, right? And then Karu comes in with the spear of... He has Longinus, right? Or Cassius? Uh, Cassius, I believe. I think Cassius. it's Cassius. And, and impales Shinji's Ava. Yeah, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he impales him with hope. Stopping, <laughs> the thir- stopping the third impact. Interestingly, stopping the third impact, which will get kind of retconned in the next movie? Near third impact. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, but there's a, if that is the case, then there is a second near third impact that happens because Lilith and unit eight are have both spears in them. Mm. And unit eight was the one that Kaoru was piloting at the end of two. Yeah, because we see we see like in the, the glimpse down there that Karu was taking it down and all kinds of shit happened in that 14 years. Who knows? I thought unit eight was Mark was uh, Mari's Ava. Oh, you're right. So it's unit six. It's unit six. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, Mark six. Um, yeah, the, the the interesting thing about about what we learn later, and because we're kind of like moving off of this movie, I don't mind talking about what we learn later about the the near third impact is that uh, it didn't end. It couldn't ha- have ended when uh, Karu impaled Shinji. It had to have gone on longer because Lilith was off of her cross. There was a Ava, and both spears uh, were in those Avas and 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 Lilith. It's- and then obviously we know about what happened with um. With a, a co, 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 Koji? Kaji. Kaji. We know that that didn't happen in those five seconds that the near third impact was happening. So it had to have happened longer. It's it's right. like it's like the near the third impact was more was so close to happening that it didn't happen. And it's like the world is kind of almost stuck in like this weird limbo where like shit's flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a it's a weird it's a weird future world. Well, better plant some rice. Now we got to get there. I love this movie dearly. Um, this I, I fell in love with this one. I think I'm good. Should we move on to three? Yeah, I just I really like that Caro comes down and he's like, God damn it, Shinji, we're gonna make this one stick. <laughs> You're gonna be happy, damn it. We're gonna we're gonna get it, Shinji. We're gonna get it. All right. Evangelion 3.33 or 3.0 or whatever. This will be the one that we kiss. 3.0. 3.0. Yeah. So if you're if people are watching the three like 1.1, 2.2, those are the DVD Blu-rays. The movies yes. that were actually released are the movies that 1.0. are actually yeah. Yeah. 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. Yeah. Yeah. Um cool. So this one um uh is nothing like the next time on, and I think it's all the better for it. I yeah, um I 
I mean, I, I unfortunately I, go ahead. I unfortunately knew about the time jump, um, just because of just I'm on the internet and I love Ava and just like you know the movie, the third movie has been out already. So, but I didn't that didn't ruin anything for me because I didn't know what the context for anything and like I didn't know about the curse of the Avas or anything like that. So like, uh, this I love time jumps. We're currently watching House of the Dragon, which is literally a time jump every episode. Uh, so I'm a big fan if done right. Um, I think three is my personal favorite simply because I love the state of the world and where the characters are. I think four, again, is like a beautiful finale and like a full circle thing, but like three is like the crazy sci-fi movie I never thought Ava would turn into. Yeah. Um, and I and I, I love it. I love the the character swaps of where people are. Um, uh, I like where she's at. Um, I like that everyone hates them. Like I, I find it to be such an, a fascinating movie to be like, before everything gets happy, this is like shit's bad. But like, you know. it's also the shortest. It's also the short. Which yeah, it's, yeah. I was I was surprised when I watched this one. I was like, really? this is only an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. Sparks, you were gonna say you were trying to say something before. I, I was just gonna say like I, I do really like three. I it's very hard for me to perceive these in separate contexts. To be honest, they feel too much of a piece of reliance uh, upon each other. Regardless of like putting the show and end of Ava aside. Like, it's hard for me to take these as, like, individual films rather than um, a limited series. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's especially hard for me to do that. <laughs> well, you you decided to watch 30 Years of Entertainment in, like, a week, so. Decided! I've lost control of my life! <laughs> so, I want to quick, quickly, uh, the, we'll start at the beginning. I think the orbiting action sequence rules. I think that I think when they're trying to save get, get Unit One from and Shinji from whatever cross thing that's in orbit and and Asuka and Mari are 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 trying to get are trying to get to it that thing is awesome double teaming it oh yeah mm-hmm. um yeah lot lots of here's where a lot of the, the, the CG's coming in a lot of four eye crony four eye crony yeah, yeah. I, I they're they're I such they're so fun together I don't think the CGI is as bad in this orbiting sequence and then no. a lot a lot of the sequences that are going to come up from here that are the action sequences, especially ones that have a lot of units. My, my main critique, like critique against them is we completely lose the weight of Ava's and angels. It's, it's all gone. Everything becomes very weightless mm-hmm. uh, in this a- animation style, especially once we get into uh, like crowds of things going on. Well, they are in space. There's no gravity. Yeah. There's just nothing. There's nothing. Once you get past this orbiting one, there's nothing action sequence wise i would think of as uh as iconic as some of the action stuff i will disagree with the beginning of four beginning of four the eiffel Eiffel tower with the eiffel tower you can i i i don't i don't agree i find that's another one where i find like that weightless that weightless feeling it just i saw that i don't think it always works (laughs) was the which was the action sequence in the beginning of four the one oh, yeah. that I tweeted that you love. Oh yeah, like Mari doing the wheel. Yeah. Oh baby, don't, that, that don't we'll misunderstand. Like don't misunderstand. Like I like the concept of the sequences, just the execution of some of the CGI stuff, especially in like large crowds. I'm just oh, like, oh no, yeah, I will. I will never click. I will 100% agree with someone saying I don't. I don't think it looks particularly great or the actions. I I will agree with you. It just doesn't bother me whatsoever. Yeah. Um. Sorry. I've, I was trying to decide from my notes. I wrote, I wrote, I write so many lines of dialogue of some of this lore stuff where I'm just kind of like, like national treasuring this, like, Oh my God, did I, did I figure it out? (laughs) Like the Illuminati is real. 
we didn't touch on it at all with the first two films and I, and I meant to, but I kept forgetting to, but um, it, it becomes more prominent here. So we'll just bring it up. Misato and Ritsuko's relationship is far superior in the rebuilds. Yeah. Um, as very clearly evidenced in three, but I think it's there in, in one and two, honestly, that it's already going in that direction to be much. Oh better. yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. I would agree with that completely. I love them. Um, I also really like Asuka and Mari. I think they're both great um, together specifically. I think it was, a, it was genius to pair them together. Oscar's uh, got an eye patch now, and eye patches automatically make people cooler. Honestly, I agree. I, I agree. Was, so I Oscar's eye patch was spoiled for me. I mean, these films have been out for a while because I would see gifts, I would see people tweet about Evangelion, and they, they would use Oscar the eye patch. I'm like, how did she get an eye patch? Because she never had one in the original show. And we get to this part, I'm like, oh, so she lost her eye when the um when the angel bit her plug okay that yeah. makes did sense did she though did she? That's, that's what i thought for an entire movie for that's sure. yeah that's what i thought for the entire movie as well but oh man that opening sequence of asuka first of all i was like good they didn't kill asuka because i would have been upset if they did kill asuka right then and there um and <laughs> that'd be wild that would be wild and then when they're going after unit one and you see and i love this is one of the reasons why I love Mari is that even though Asuka's constantly calling her a four-eyed crony, she's just like, sure thing, princess. Just like she's always so chipper. And I don't even in the face of absolute death and destruction, she's like, I'm just gonna go in this having fun. Screw makes, all y'all. What makes Mari so much so much fun as a character that I really that I really like it when she's on screen. And as much as I wish that there was more to do with her, actually a character development or something, but like the fact that I, the reason why I love her so much is because of how much enjoyment she gets out of out of fighting angels out of being an ava pilot she she kind of gets the kind of enjoyment a uh, farther enjoyment than what like oscar needs to be an ava pilot it's 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 something that she feels she needs to be and she is good she's cocky about it but there's a level of fun that that mari brings to being one that even when she's losing she's like oh this is a jam and then she's like constantly like like ready to like She's never going to lose, even if even if it looks like she is. Mari is is the protagonist from a different anime. Yeah, <laughs> she is from an anime where where it's not as sad and it's more action packed, and she can be the big you know the the big boob anime protagonist that every that every anime fan loves. That should be transported into Neon Genesis Evangelion to to to. She's the Doctor Manhattan of the DC universe. She's going to bring a new perspective on life to this whole world uh, through her positivity and and love. Uh, and I think that's just she. She is she is the she is kind of like despite not being the most prominent character, she is kind of the key for this show and, and these, for these rebuilds in a weird way. Jeremy, what were you about to say? What? Never mind. Okay. No, I was, just saying, I was just saying Ryan was a good way of putting it. That's exactly oh, how it is. Thank you. This is from another person from another anime. <laughs> Jeremy, you okay, buddy? And now she's here. So yeah, so uh, so Asuka and and uh, uh, Mari uh, now working for some other organization we don't know yet. Um, organization thirteen. Organization thirteen. Thank you. We're combining all the franchises today. Um, they get a container. It's got the unit that had Shinji in it, and they 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 got Shinji, and Shinji's like, "Ah, oh, good morning, everyone. What's up? Everyone looks so different. What's up?" What I what I really love about 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 that is that they they weren't sure they were gonna find Shinji. They they knew where Unit One was and they knew what they needed for Unit One, but they were like not entirely sure that they would find Shinji when they opened mm -hmm. that cockpit. Right. Um, and I really like the kind of like they're distrustful of it being him of, of him. Is this really Shinji? Is this like or is this something else? And they're and they're they're like, well, if it is, we got to kill him anyway. So <laughs> I 
they I even put love... a oh. good sorry because even when, when they bring shinji in and you see his feet and they like kind of tagged him they wrote stuff on his With feet you put ikari shinji and it's a question mark i'm like is actually because because we live in a world where you know th- there are the ray clones we'll yeah. talk about later that there are also the asuka clones mm-hmm. um so it, it could shinji himself have been another copy created by gendo to do something to them like they need to know yeah. um and i i think that's really well well rendered into the story this uh, is also the movie where asuka starts calling every starts calling humans lilin mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm because uh, I think I like knowing everything we do from both three and four, Asuka in that fourteen-year time period has learned that um, she can no longer identify herself as human mm-hmm. uh, because she is different. She she doesn't age. She <laughs> is also like Ray. Um, but uh, even beyond that, there is this concept of the the children are are just built different. Um, they just are. I really I really like um, looking a little bit at, at, at this where 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 Asuka says um, where, where she says the curse of the the curse of the Avas. And that's kind of that's kind of the kind of lore that I really like in this in this where it just throws it out there and it leaves the audience to ask the question, what is the curse of the Avas? You you go looking. Well, it does kind of provide an answer towards towards later in the fourth movie, but it's not really something that like is heavily dived into. And that's kind of that goes back to what we talked about with the first film, which is the beauty of these films. And what I think I find so engaging about them is the questions like what mm-hmm. all the questions that I that I ask that enhances my enjoyment of the films uh, and the character arcs and the themes and all that. I, I really, I really enjoy it the pacing of, of this first part of the movie, because it's like half an hour. It's literally half an hour before Shinji finds out what happened, like why everyone hates him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a whole action sequence, him getting yelled at him, getting tossed into a brig. And someone finally is like, Hey homie, this is your fault. This is all your fault. Even then, <laughs> even then they don't really explain it to him. Not, not really. fully. No, no. All they say is like, you can't get in an Ava again. Nobody says the world is the way it is because you did that. Like nobody says that here. That doesn't happen on the ship. Yeah. Uh, they they get confrontational with him. They tell him like you can't pilot an Ava again. They tell him that Ray Ayanami doesn't exist anymore, which he's like, but I saved her. I'm certain of I it. Saved her. So he's so fixated on that. He has no idea what the world is like now. He has no yeah. idea that like what he did caused the world to get worse. He has no concept of it here. He doesn't know until Karu shows him later. Yeah, um, he's he is so happy that Asuka's okay and then she just goes, punches the glass so hard it cracks. Um, Holding um, resentment for 14 years, I thought mm-hmm. I would be able to handle yes. it and I can't. Oh, and then, both and her. Then, of course, and then like when we, we see Misato and, and Shinji meets Misato, he's like, oh, Misato, my mother figure, what's going on? She's like, do nothing. She's in Gendo mode. So cold. Just so cold to Shinji. It's like, oh, what I happened? love it. It's so sad. But it's, but it's really understandable. Because it's it's coming from this place of not only that for Misato, it's not only coming from a place of the world is like this because of you. The world is like this because of me encouraging you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and that's very understandable that Misato no longer knows how to approach Shinji. No longer knows how to be that because she thought she was doing the right thing. She thought she was being that good mother figure. She thought she was supporting and encouraging Shinji. Nope. And it led Shinji to ruin. In many ways, Shinji lost 14 years of his life because of Misato's actions, and that's what she's internalized. And 
yes, she should have given Shinji context when he asked for it. Yeah. Explained to him what happened because he wouldn't have left the ship. But because she didn't, he leaves. Uh, and because he just cannot accept that Ray wasn't saved. And he believes that Ray still exists, which is how Gendo's able to trick him. Speaking of Ray. Yeah. Do you know what I love? You know what I love very, very much before we get into more of the kind of the meat of the episode? What I love very, very much are uh, flying battleships, just Mm -hmm. battleships, normal battleships that you'd see on the ocean, but in the air. I Uh, love that shit. I was Uh, like heavily inspired by battleship Yamato. Uh, Big, Arnold's a big fan of that. that I, I love the, the, the wonder, uh, uh, takeoff sequence. I love the action sequence. Quite honestly, and this is going to come up a lot for in both in the next films. Anytime there's an action sequence with the Wunder, mwah, cinema baby. It's I just a really, it. it's a really, really cool idea of like using using the body of angels and avas to construct your own uh, flying ship, and then using all the other battleships as shields that are puppeteered in the air. Just mm-hmm. Wild concepts, wild concepts happening that you just they don't they don't tell you everything either. You just got to accept it. And you're like, hell yeah, cool. And I really like, like ship, whatever. This, this is also kind of the thing of like this is also kind of it's like talking a little bit about the crew of the of the Wunder. Like the idea like that this franchise would be more cathartic than people who watch the show. Two people who watch the show specifically because there are characters that became kind of fan favorite characters, Toji and some of the some of the uh, crew members and 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 Nerve that don't die. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 get they they get to live in this version of the world and they get to kind of be part of that fight and I really like the new crew members we kind of get the idea we kind of we kind of we get who they are very very specifically you know the girl like I don't trust I don't trust this why are we doing this and then there's the guy who's like I trusted Kaji more than I trusted Kaji with my life and I will trust he says I can trust her I'm gonna trust her right he and has this line go ahead go ahead. I was going to say he has this, he has this line: "When you die, you die, and that's it. You youngsters shouldn't shouldn't be so fussy." Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I love that line. Uh, yeah, we we get our nerve boys, our nerve headquarter boys are back, and they're old. And we also get Maya, who was also a technician in Nerve. She's mm-hmm. back, and she's old. We, all, we saw all their heads explode in End of Ava, and they're alive! Yay! And that's yeah, the thing. Like, that's the thing that like I really liked about the rebuild series is that it is that it, it creates you in order for for you to care about those characters, you have to take what you know from the show, what you've enjoyed, what you've enjoyed from them from the show. So in order to and and watching it this way, you're like, oh, thank goodness, I didn't want to see their heads explode again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to see them turn into Tang anymore. Maya still has her implied uh, affection for Ritsuko that still exists. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Ritsuko, man, I cannot tell you how much I love Masato and Ritsuko's new look. They both look so cool. God, the, the short hair Ritsuko look is so fire. I love it. Can't can't get enough of it. Yeah, they were great. Um, I really, I really, when 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 Ray comes with the vessel of the atoms to say to to take Shinji. Uh, and and oh, before that, uh, this is kind of what I was circling. Uh, Toji's little sister working for Ville. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say one of my favorite parts about the about films three and four is the fact that a character that was a huge driving point for another character finally gets in the spotlight, and that being Toji's little sister. Yeah, because in uh, in the original show, this the reason why Toji goes after Shinji, punches him, is because his sister got hurt in that Ava fight. Well, and the same and, in the beginning of the no, same in the first movie, yeah, it's same, like the same, same thing. 
And then they become close friends, but we never see the sister. And one of, one of the reasons why I love that one of the biggest changes in these films from the anime is that you see Toji with his sister leave the hospital. Toji never gets into an Ava, and then Asuka takes his place. And I that's one of the things why I love I why I love the rebuild so much. And now when this girl starts talking, I'm like, what's going? It's like who is this girl? And she mentions her name. I was like, finally, yeah. And I, I was talking a little bit about how much I like the um, the the takeoff sequence with the with the with the wonder. I wrote it down because I wanted to remember. It's just like the one of the things I love so much, you know, barking orders and and doing and pushing buttons and and seeing how that how that and it's so well it's so well done with the wonder and like doing like the okay then we're gonna turn we're gonna turn on our axis and we're gonna flip around and we're gonna oh my goodness I I just. I was just so grateful. And like, like Ryan said, Ryan said in the beginning, like this is, this kind of takes the sci-fi direction that I didn't think Evangelion would do. And I was so here for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A big, big fan of, of, of futuristic uh, po- apocalypses, the robots, big fans all around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Ray robot, Ray kidnaps Shinji back, brings on the Papa bear looking real cool with his Cyclops shades on. Um, like, <laughs> hey Shinji, what's up, my boy? You're gonna be a pilot, and we're gonna we're gonna do another impact. How you feeling? You want to meet your mama? <laughs> Say we're gonna, we're gonna do the... all right, Shinji. You're gonna pilot the Ava. <laughs> we're gonna do this again, but this time the right way, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, I got your I got this guy Kadru. He's gonna help you out. Uh, dual dual plug link. Um, hang out, be friends. God, this is why I love this 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 movie, guys. It's, it's Kadru and and Shinji. Like, of course. That's, like that's the, what there is to love in this movie for sure. The, the piano stuff between these guys, it's not just like a great moment between the characters. It's some of the most beautifully animated thing I've, I've ever seen in my life. And it's just people playing pianos. Cool. Like it's, it's Mr. Piano, man. I'm sure you appreciate it, but like, holy shit, it's incredible. Cool. A little detail about that when they have the sheet music overlaid, it's actually what they're playing. That's incredible. Ooh. I love that. I was, I was, I was watching. I was like, oh shit, that's, that's literally it. Cause like <laughs> I, I wrote, I wrote this down. Usually don't see that. I wrote this down in my notes specifically because you brought up the piano sequence. I said, boy, they animated the shit out of this piano sequence. Like that, it's some of the, there are mech fights that look worse in this franchise than this (laughs) piano sequence. Oh yeah. Uh, They, they really just like went all out in this, in this piano sequence and i just and then i kept writing that i wrote as as like their 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 relationship goes goes forward and everything i wrote so gay just fuck already yeah <laughs> i mean realistically their piano sequences are them banging i know like for but for the, ava that's them that's them getting it on hardcore there's the there's the scene there's the scene at the end when they're talking when when like when like Haru is like okay but actually we're not gonna do what what quick endo wants to do we'll get the spears and we'll fix this we'll fix the world you and me we're gonna do that together i'm i'm going to do that for you because that's what's going to make you happy and there's the bit like shinji goes in for a kiss and i'm like dude go for it this is sparks this is where shinji finally learns what happened it's karu who shows him yeah. the end of the world he takes him yeah. down the steps and you see the big moon with the, with yeah. the, the red the red crosses it's like, right sorry bro this and he me. says and he says like you know do you really want to know He's like, yeah, I really need to know. And Carl's like, okay, I will go explain it all to you. I was watching the show and texting Sam, and I started taking pictures. I was like, look, it's it's happening. Oh. <laughs> it's happening. It's gay. The, the, the thing, the thing, the thing that I, uh, I was watching this, I was just like, Carl was giving Shinji doomy eyes that I haven't seen since Nala gave Simba. 
<laughs> like those all, are some doomy eyes. All praise to our bisexual king Shinji. <laughs> it can no longer be denied. No, and, it can't. They, and I they, love that. they run like stallions. <laughs> like I, I love that. Like Kaoru in like in 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 the show appears more like an antagonist, despite right. like him he has loving like a Shinji. sense of betrayal to him. And this yeah, there's yeah. none of that. Even though he still is the one who stops, he 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 lets uh, Shinji kill him in the show. Uh, like it's double in this one. Like he's like he is like I am here for you. I am only here for you. I don't give a shit about anything else. And he still saves the day at the end of the day. I'm like, man, Kaoru got like again. Every character gets a massive upgrade in these movies. Yeah. So so much so because when I was watching this film and we we're getting so much more Kaoru, I I that's well obviously it's a film. We have more time. We have more real estate to work with instead of like an episode or two in the original show. And we're getting more of Karo. You definitely get more of how he's attracted to Shinji. And he wants to help Shinji. And even like the scene that broke my heart was when they're in the dummy plugs and Karo goes, something's not right. Something's not mm -hmm. right. And the big traumatic thing happens for Shinji. I'm like, I would probably go into a traumatic spiral state too because he... Karu has he has this relationship with Karu right off the bat that they just instantly click. It's not like with Asuka, it's not like with Ray. As much as Shinji wants to connect with those two, he instantly connects with Karu, and it's like and it shows. It's it natural. shows that they it's it's a natural. Well, I think thing. that's because I think that's because what ha what Karu does immediately the moment that they're in the same room together, Karu is attentive. And he's into him like he is. He comes to Shinji as a friend, first and foremost, and no one else in his life has done that. Uh, well, yeah. not immediately and not directly. Yeah. Like like Misato did eventually. Yeah. Ray did eventually. Uh, <laughs> Toji did eventually. Asuka right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, no, immediately. I know, I know. Kaju I'm agreeing with your point. I'm saying that he, that, that that it is immediate and uh, that is what separates it. And this is what Karu did. In the original series too, is Karu was so direct with his immediate affection for Shinji that that's why Shinji latches on so quickly, especially because he's in such a terrible spiral at that point in the show. Here, uh, not as terrible, not yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> keyword I being think, yet. I think before we get into like kind of the end of where, where Karu goes, like I I think that like one of the things that all four of these films do very well, and specifically two, three, and four is taking the time to slow down the pacing. It, look, this film is the shortest of them, but you honestly wouldn't know because of its slow, slower pace than the, yeah. the, mm -hmm. the, than some of them. And like, that's, and that's not a bad thing. It doesn't slow the pace to, it doesn't slow the pace to its detriment. It slows it down so that we get what is essentially a romance blossom between yeah. these two characters. We allow that we allow ourselves to stay in that moment for as long as the, as this film will let us. And I think that really helped um in in regards to like like ben ben, ben mentioned like uh, the the film has more real estate than the series that's not necessarily true a series would have more real estate because of the amount of episodes that it would have collectively speaking a show has more real estate than a movie but the show what what this movie would allow to do to have more consecutive real estate than a show would because a show would have to be structured in a very specific way. Whereas the movie wouldn't have to be structured in that same way. The the moment can go on for a far longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, one other thing about this movie that's actually scared me and was when, uh, cause it freaked me out. Cause I was like, come on, Shinji, just 
because I was rooting for Shinji. I wanted Shinji to have something, to have some happiness. I was definitely on board with Karu being like, I'm going to make this kid happy. He's going to have happiness finally. Things are not going to suck. And when he's putting on his shirt, it's like, oh, this feels a little big. He sees Toji's name. And I instantly thought, God damn it. Mm-hmm. Not again. Before you. Yeah, those son of the bitches, they got me. <laughs> <laughs> really, all it was was the the old guy. What's his name? Um, Fiuski. Fiuski just raided the raided a few lockers. Yeah, he's just like, oh, we need clothes for this kid. Uh, hey, close enough. Here's a question. Here's a question. Who works at Nerve? Who's building all this shit? It's just Fiuski and Gendo. It, there's like, well, now it's already it's all self sufficient at this point. Yeah. At this point, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially uh, in four, with the amount of shit they're building, like they got to have like some like god god uh, quarry somewhere building the shit for them. I want to I want to highlight um, when they're playing the piano together. Uh, Karu asks Shinji what he wants. He says, "I want to be better at the piano," and he's like, "That's not real. What do you want?" He said, "Well, I want to play the piano and have it sound good when I play it." He's like, "Okay, well that takes practice. Do the repetition over and over again until it sounds in a way mm-hmm. that you think is good." And that's just the cycle. <laughs> yeah, do it until you get it right. I, I cannot. The, the piano sequences were the most, were some of the most engaging uh, things I've ever, I've ever seen. Uh, certainly in these films. I have I, to say about that <laughs> being yes. you know, a piano player, um, and how it relates to um, the the sort of story that they're trying to tell on a metaphorical level of you know, overcoming depression and, and, and navigating relationships and becoming an adult and all, all, you know, all these really heavy, uh, themes. And I love that they tied it to the piano, uh, because that's a metaphor that I feel I understand really, really well. Cause I spend all my time playing piano. Um, and one of the things that I tell all my students when they're, you know, uh, to, to sort of prepare them for practicing is I'll see a lot of students get frustrating, be frustrated because they'll try and play something and they can't. And it's this sort of disconnect that when you're confronted with something that you have to do, you are used to on a subconscious level, being able to just send the signal from your brain to your body and to do the thing. Um, We don't remember spending time as babies learning to walk. We don't remember the time spent learning language, right? We just can access that. So when we learn an instrument, we're, essentially asking ourselves to start at square one like an infant to learn a a language skill. So people get really frustrated, especially children, when they're trying to learn an instrument. And so the thing I have to teach them to help them overcome all that frustration is that um, there is no such thing as failure when you're practicing. You just do it again. It's a process of elimination where every failure that you make makes the picture clearer. So when you play something over and over again, you're going to make a bunch of mistakes and it's going to, it's going to sound like garbage. I tell them, you know, embrace it. It's going to sound bad, but you have to keep doing it. And, you know, in how it relates to that cycle, it's like, okay, Shinji's doing this over and over again, learning these lessons and failing over and over again until he gets it right. Right. And that's, it's, it's just so perfectly, um, uh, stated through through the use of piano that way it's like a it's such a brilliant metaphor i mean ano must play i imagine <laughs> he's got to play something i don't know that's it's something that that definitely hit me i actually want to go back because i, I wasn't even paying attention i was so transfixed by 
the scene itself and also by the fact that they got the sheet music right, which is so rare. But I wanted to see if they animated um, the fingers on the piano according to the keys that were uh, corresponding to the, the sheet music playing on on the screen because that would be just an extra step. <laughs> be I, love cool. I love that. Uh, real quick, just like the animation for all these movies, whether whether it's like the 2D or 3D, uh, like it, the, all of these movies look incredible. Like, like for real, like some of like the most detailed, like when people are wearing clothes, those clothes are always ruffling. If they're wearing like, like little bandanas or, or like the little, the little things are fluffing in the air. Uh, specifically, like when we're close up on people's eyes, their eyes are always moving, specific, Ray specifically. There's so many close up of Ray's eyes. Uh, they're like nearing end of Ava where I'm like this, like her eye, like the details in her eyes are shaking. Like it's, it, it's, these are such beautiful movies. Even when it gets to the stuff that's not as, it doesn't look as good. I still, I still find it like I just love looking at all these movies. I agree. Uh, you mentioned Ray. I once again really like Ray's arc in this, but it's a different Ray. I like, I like this Ray a lot. Um, Miss Lookalike. Miss Lookalike. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy how uh, Shinji kind of initially can't understand that it's not the same Ray um, because he's never been let on in on that. Right. We we uh, she had uh, he doesn't he doesn't have that that uh, insight that he did in the show that Ray that Ray was a bunch of clones. So like this Ray being different doesn't quite compute with him until it kind of starts to. And then he starts to be like, OK, well, maybe I can maybe I can pull out the Ray I know. And by giving him by giving her this is things like Ray that. living in like a cardboard box doesn't read books. Ray, right. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That's a, what a bummer. <laughs> well, in a way, it kind of goes back to that whole theme of in order for Shinji to get along with this new Ray, he has to just accept the relationship at face value and not mm -hmm. put expectations on it. That's like one of the last lessons he learns in that, in that vein is he had put all this work into this relationship with Ray and then 14 years passes. It's a different person now. And it's the last time he has to confront having expectations in a relationship because even after you get to know somebody, you still can't have expectations in a relationship. You still have yeah. to treat it moment to moment. That's that's a good note on it. I think it's also Shinji's refusal to accept his failure, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, yeah, and, and, and like so. and like also the fact that like everything that happened to the world, at least I saved Ray. No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so like all of that 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 is that is having to that is is his over arcing lesson for this one is having to accept I failed at something. Right. Um, and in the, you know, going from this into the next one will be, I have to accept losing somebody. Um, and what, what, uh, what's, what's really great real quickly, real quickly, Ryan, is that kind of a, just kind of bouncing off of that sparks is the idea that like, because Ray's arc was so good in the first two, the audience is also kind of heartbroken that this isn't the same Ray. Like we're, we're, we're cued into that idea that we, we, because we have the show knowledge, but the idea of like, Oh no, I've lost that Ray. Right, because for the first time as an audience, we're going, Oh my god, they're developing Ray. She's getting she's getting a story. She's not just gonna be a puppet, and then like you have to lose that. You go through that with Shinji essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Ray, you were saying. Um, I was going to <laughs> say it definitely wasn't super important, so I'll get back to it. Okay. Uh the Futsuki. Yeah, thank you, Fusuke. Yeah, the the, the Fusuke uh, Shinji scene where yes, he finds about his mom and Ray and everything, and he freaks out. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, "I'm just gonna 
Uh, you seem like you're kind of finding some stability after some things right now. Let me just like really ruin that for you. Let me ruin your life just real quick. Zaki, I really, you know, your Ava. Yeah, it was your mom the entire time. Have fun with that knowledge. What I, what I kind of think, what I kind of think is so interesting about like the, the, uh, the Ava, uh, the, the mom dying, having built the basically like you know, working on the Ava project and building and, 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 and building all that and then disappearing within the, within the Ava, um, is that, um, it kind of creates like more, more, uh, uh, backstory for, for, um, for Gendo. Like he was already, they were already working for nerve to prevent this, to prevent the third impact before he even got into the idea that like, actually maybe the third impact would be a good thing because I get to see you again. Um, and so, so I think that creates a little thing. Also, horrifying imagery with just the ray heads behind him yeah yeah horrifying we get that image a few times in this film and in thrice upon a time but yeah that is absolutely terrifying and i feel so bad because shinji's trying to talk to fuski and fuski's like i'm just gonna ruin your entire perspective on everything have fun with that and and then finally car and then karu comes in and he's like yo i know this sucks but we can get through this. It's like, it's, I mean, it's, even more, it's, it's even more prominent than that because to Shinji, what has happened is that everything is, is a lie. Misato doesn't uh, trust me. Nobody wants me. My dad has tricked me. All of this is wrong. There's no point in getting in the Ava. I can't believe in anything or anybody. And Karu's like, you can believe in me. And he's like, no, I can't, can't believe in you. And that's when Karu's like, all right, cool. So I'm going to take this collar, <laughs> put it on me. And I need you to understand that I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make you happy and we can fix this because there's no sin we can't atone for. So Carl has a lot of good lines in this movie. Yeah, and, and Carl's like, listen, Shinji, we're going to rebuild the world, baby. I'm doing this for you. We are going to set things oh, right. God, okay. Nothing good will ever come from replaying a traumatic refrain. That's what he says to Shinji when Shinji's just sitting in there. He's like, he, he's like, nothing good comes from piling it Ava. And he's like, yeah, nothing good's going to come from you sitting here doing this either. Like, yeah. you know, sorry, Shinji, you got to get up and do it. And the thing is, mm-hmm. the thing is, Karu, Karu believed that together they could re, they could they could rebuild the world the way it was. Karu believed that if that if Shinji helped him get into the thirteenth Ava, that they would, uh, that they would be able to do this. Right. And he, I believe one hundred percent that Karu did not have any malicious malicious goal. No. Uh, he he kind of looked at it like going like, you and me can do anything together. Look at the beautiful music we made. We can rebuild the world the same way. And Gendo is the one and, and Gendo tricked Karu. Yes. Um and and I think that 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 creates a really tragic story for Karu in that way. It the whole the whole thing is tragic because it is Karu thinking like I think this is the time Shinji. I think we've got it this time. You're here with me. You're listening to me. You believe in me. We've shared this stuff with each other. I think we're we've got we've got it this time, Shinji. Like we can go do this together. And then they get there, and he's like, "No, nah, something's wrong. Something's wrong." And Shinji can't let go. Even with Karu saying, "Like Shinji, don't do this," he can't let go of like, "This is the way I fix it. This is the way I fix my failure." Yeah, yeah. He's so obsessed with that that he cannot drop it. He can't. He, he can't. Fears. He can't turn back. Like it took him this this hard and this, to get this far. Right. And he's at the point where he can he thinks he can fix it. There's no way he's going to turn back, even if people are now telling him not to. Right. Uh, like he's got to go through with it because it's like, well, then what has all this been for if I'm not going to do the thing, right? Right. But you cannot, you cannot redo. You cannot redo. Um, 
I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> you can only do, Jeremy. I I really like the the whole thing of like, and like this is the sense. This is also the kind of the first sense that we we look at the third impact, the near third impact, as having been a lot bigger than we than we were cued into believe because Lilith has moved and the 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 unit is there. But like the spears being there and and Karu going like, why are they in that configuration? Mm-hmm. This isn't right. We need to turn back. Um, and he kind of has this moment where he where he realizes that like, oh, this is it. Gendo won. Yeah, right. Because they're they're they are identical despair Longinus spears rather than the both the spear of Longinus and Cassius. Yeah, yeah, that's the yes. trick. And so like and so we don't know which one we're supposed to take, which one we're supposed to do. And so like he has so he has this moment where where he's looking at that going. And that's why he I think that's why he also kind of looks at Shinji when he knows that the that the collar is going to explode. He looks at him like. I'm sorry. I know what I got to do now. I really thought we could do this. Yeah. And then um, he gets he gets attacked by 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 the, the lady homies. They're coming to stop him. Mari right. and Asuka. Uh, <laughs> Shinji. And Shinji. That goes real hardest to, to 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 get the things done. And importantly, at this point, Shinji says she's not even the real Ray Ayanami. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Ray, the the Miss Miss uh, lookalike, okay. hears that. That's rough. Which she's which like, I'm not Ray. Page. Yeah. Which because importantly, first? importantly, based off that, she makes the decision later to eject herself out of the unit and allow them to destroy the core of the vessel of atoms. Yeah. So Shinji. Oh yeah, so there so Shinji and and um and uh Kadru are in a dual plug, Ava. Very cool. Um is this the one where the where the arms extend out? Yeah. And yep. Man, uh, man, when they're like in their spots, you don't know their arms, and then they become grievous arms. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> unit, <laughs> unit 13. Uh what's unit really 13, cool, yeah. What I thought was interesting, um, what I think was some of the some of the kind of like the lore interesting that I really that I really like, you know, those questions going back to those questions that this that this movie keeps wanting me to ask. Like Sile is implied the people in Sile are implied to just be those slabs like there's nobody behind there's nobody like com- communicating with them because when they turn off the thing you see like brain like you see yeah. the last thing that is like a brain disappearing and that's a new idea that's yeah, a new idea. yeah, yeah. In, the, in the show we saw one of the voices as a person who yeah. gets uh in in the end of Ava he gets mm-hmm. turned into the LCL as well yeah. um so that's that's a new idea for this which is neat it, and like it, just, it gives them a more reason to want to do human instrumentality because they're just brains in a jar. Yeah, it isn't even like Sile didn't want human instrumentality like Gendo did in the show. Like Sile, not in the same way. Like Sile, like Sile was uh, when Gendo took it over. Like Sile was like, "How dare you betray? How dare you betray me?" But in this, they're uh, they're kind of like aligned before Gendo is like, "Okay, well you're gone now, and now I'm going to take over." Well, they yeah. they they explicitly say it in four, but like. Gendo, yeah, Gendo's instrumentality is different than Zayla's. He wants it to challenge God. They want it so humans can stop suffering. Right. Yeah, his is ulterior, this right. power mode. Right. It's the, it's the, I wrote, I, I kind of wrote that down where it's like the, um, Sile's plan was to replace the angels and take their seat upon, and take their seat in front of God. Gendo's plan was to overthrow God. Yes. The really simplistic and consistent one between the show, even the rebuilds, is that Sile wanted all humans to be merged to, to one existence. Gendo does not want that. Gendo does not like other people. He doesn't want to be merged them. He just wants Yui. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all he gives a shit about. But really? what he doesn't understand is that Yui is not in the unity of what they're doing. Nope. He's in a rope. She's in a robot. Um, let's see. Uh, 
Oh, this is this is the first time we see, we hear Yuhei's name. This film. Oh, Yui? we haven't we hadn't heard it in the first two films. We'd yeah, seen her, you, but we hadn't thought, heard the name. Does Fuski say her name in two, or or am I wrong? Either way, you're right. Mm-hmm. We do hear her name a lot more. In, I clocked in, I clocked it because Fuski says it in in three. Yeah, okay. I was really I was really yeah. curious what happened. Also, what also shows Shinji a picture, and in that picture, we also see Mari uh, mm-hmm. standing next to Yui. Um, yep, yep. So Shinji doesn't really clock that at all. I mean, I didn't clock it at all until later on. I mean, in the fourth film, when we saw during the the Gendo scene, the I pencil clock, flashbacks. Yeah, the yeah. pencil flashbacks. I didn't clock. I'm like, wait a minute, and then yeah, it all makes sense. The Avas. Curse of the Avas. Uh, I was, was going to say something about about something. Damn well, it. the fourth impact's about to happen. Uh, before um, before Karu's head explodes, I yeah. just want he what he says is. It's not your fault, Shinji. You need to find a place to rest that you can call your own. The ties that bind you will show you the way. Please don't be sad. We'll meet again. Of course they will. So, Karu, Karu kind of hoping that Shinji can figure it out this time, but he's also prepared for like, we might do this loop again. I'll see you mm-hmm. in 10 years with a reboot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I don't, I want you to find that happiness, but I guess I failed to give it to you. Yeah. Uh, maybe next time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Karu, his, his head exploding. It's like it's not just it's not just head explosion. Like they they turn it into like a piece of art where it's like, damn, Shinji just watched his boyfriend's head explode. And I really I really love how that's animated because like you get to you, you see like like Shinji reaches out because he forgets that there's a wall between the two of them, and he's like trying to re- he's like trying to break through that wall. And I really love how it's animated. How you can see the 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 background essentially, but you also see him flattened up against it. Like he, he desperately is trying to reach for Kaoru, knowing what's going to happen. It's right. Tragic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kara's death looks really peaceful too. It does, just like a little pop. I want. I would like my head to explode that way. He's got. He's got such a nice, warm smile. But it's <laughs> okay. But it's okay, really calm down now. It's really traumatizing for Shinji to see it oh, happen yeah. this way, In and uh, because of the because of just how bloody and messy and oh, awful yeah. it is. Um, and Shinji can't deal. No, it's the worst thing that could happen to him. Yeah. Okay, I think I'm good. Should we move on to four? Uh, importantly, Mari is the person who comes down and ejects Shinji. Man up, mm-hmm. save the princess, learn a thing or two about life while you're at it. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. Shinji would have been sucked in, uh, but she pulls him out. And they are able to avert the impact uh, because of what Karu does. Thank and you, the Karu. fourth impact, the fourth impact summons the black moon from the earth. Right. Yeah. Um, really just awesome imagery of just this giant thing uh, and we don't even know what the black moon is, but it doesn't really matter. This is a part of the fourth impact and, and beautiful. We have yeah. seen black all, moon all I know is end of Eva. It just is more like a moon, but but um, Lilith Ray pulls it up out of the earth. Right. Yeah, it was really weird when Green's Clear or Revival came out and started playing the Bad Moon Rising out of nowhere. Yeah. All right, fourth uh, movie. No, I have one more note. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, Asuka, uh, importantly, Asuka was going to walk away from Shinji because she's so frustrated with what he's doing, who he is and, and how he's being just curled up in the field position. Um, but she stops and turns back and pulls him out. Um, mm-hmm. That's her choosing to change how she's going to handle this moment. Uh, and rather then than abandoning Shinji. It's just um, the three of them walking, walking in the desert. Yeah. Yep. Road trip. Road trip. Beep. And then we get a, we get a bad moon rising starts playing as they start. <laughs> and then we get a next time, <laughs> next time on Ava, definitely all that stuff's happening. <laughs> nine, nine years later um i think it you know for the most part it was 
It was at least all it right. is. All it is is Mari and uh, Asuka's Ava units fighting a bunch of other things. That's Isn't all. it like the two merged Ava things? No, They're, it's just it's just them fighting a bunch of like a crowd of things, and that's it. Mm. I could have sworn there's a shot where there's like the pink and red merged Ava, like the Superman Batman robot. There was there was there that mm. was in like the next time on Ava, and yeah. we never and which one for this one. For the yeah, third one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they're just they're just making shit up <laughs> because they were. Like, we did not no. see a combined robot. That's all I'm saying. No, that would have no, been yeah. really cool. I remember Brandon texted me because he texted me asked, making sure I watched the third Ava film, and I was like, "Yeah, dude, that talk about a departure." He was like, "I know." It's like the second one's like, "Hey, next time on Ava, you watch Ava." Nope. Well, what I, what I specifically said was um uh was when. I really like how the second film, how the, how the second film is like, here's what the next movie is about. And the third film is like, yeah, fuck that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Number four, three Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01 thrice upon a time. 1.0. Oh, sorry. The, 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 I guess the, um, 1.0 Amazon, is, Amazon prime says 3.0 plus 1.01, but I Amazon mean, prime. Amazon Prime also has has the films listed as 1.11, 2.22, 3.33. That is yeah, yeah, yeah. that is the official title is 3.0 plus 1.0 for a small amount of time. Anyway, you be able to talk about these films. I can't even call them by name. It's too many numbers. Uh so the first thing I want to say about this one is I have to use um, the restroom. Yeah, go ahead. Um there are certain shots uh that really reminded me of Studio Ghibli. Okay, I was getting that vibe too, actually, weirdly enough. All the stuff because, in the town. Because, Jeremy, Hidekiano is friends with people at Studio Ghibli. People from Studio Ghibli helped work on this movie for these exact sequences to make it feel more like a Ghibli village scene. So that's why they were playing. That's why I feel right? so magical. It's Not that so he couldn't magical. do that on his own, but like some of the some of the people came over like, hey, this looks great. Let me let me let me give you some zest to how to give you that 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 rich Ghibli feel. Like, oh, it's a real magical village. Like I definitely felt that. I definitely felt that once I learned that. Yeah. It's been interesting um, watching these while I parallel playing the beginning of Final Fantasy VII Remake mm. because of all the, the stuff you do around the town and the slums and all that. It's like... The side quests. Yeah. yeah the side quests. It just felt very, you know, like... In, in Actually, 100%, Jeremy, because I, I, I haven't beaten it, but I have played Final Fantasy VII Remake recently. And it is a lot of like, we are doing flower stuff and helping some kids and doing like, damn, this does feel like 3.0, 1.0. Like, yeah, you're right. You need to find the cat. Help me find my cat. Right. And to, to me, it also, in a way, sort of feels, I mean, I don't know how, what the what the development of the, the series was like, but, because uh, I don't know who was involved, but Cloud's character development in the remake is more fleshed out it feels more like it's trying to say something about the original game, kind of in this, not quite to the same degree, but in the same way that they did with Shinji. FF7 Rebuild. FF7 Rebuild. one Remake-a-thon advent I mean, Escaplone. I mean, if they're gonna keep call, if they're gonna keep calling the, the consecutive Final Fantasy remake games because it's like Final Fantasy VII remake, Final Fantasy VII rebuild, if they or re, rebirth, Reunion. and then the third one is gonna or ooh, probably reunion is the better one. That's probably gonna be the final game. Um, yeah, they definitely like FF Seven and, and the rebuild of Ava movies are very similar and like same thing but different, which is really mm-hmm. nice. I do hope we see more of this type of thing because I think it's really inventive. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah man. you're saying they're gonna do to Chrono Trigger because I, I support it. 
that is the rumor that that is the next thing being worked on. I don't know if it's going to be like an FF7 remake, but they are remaking that to look at all hot, hot shit. Oh, um, God, yeah, I hope that people, becomes true. I hope quick, that is before, true. Before we talk about the whole, like, whole, people read online, this movie is incredibly divisive. Three and four specifically are incredibly divisive <laughs> because I think people want Ava to be something and then it turns into something else. Um, and I get it. I've def- I watched a couple video essays specifically on people who don't like the thing, but it also reminds me a lot of Last Jedi discussion. So I think that's where a lot of it's like, oh, we don't like the thing being different. To, to be honest with you, uh, I was talking with Jeremy about this. I think the thing that it most reminds me of, and that I think it speaks in a tone of, at least for creators' desire to return to a work and how they want to leave their characters, is Matrix Resurrections. Yes. Which is, if you totally miss the point of actually what was going on in the original Matrix trilogy, then you don't like Matrix Resurrections because you were there for something different. And mm-hmm. it feels much the same here. If you weren't paying attention to what Anna was actually wanting to do with the Ava series, uh, and the characters and what he was trying to build with the rebuilds even at the beginning of the, the first two we've talked about, then you're not here for this story. I don't know if I've ever, specifically before uh, uh, the last movie, I don't know if I've ever watched such a personal piece of big blockbuster art in my life. Because this is specific, especially the end of this movie, is straight up just Anna talking to the audience, showing them where he used to live. Like, just talking about the show and like the name and like, I don't think I've ever watched something so personal that's this like that's like it's it's like the, it's like the Avengers had like like an auteur behind it. You know what I mean? Like it, it's such a beautiful piece of work that it's allowed to be so big but also so small, like I talked about earlier. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's I think it is hard to parse, and there's a lot here. Um, and it's and it because it is a personal work, a lot of people just aren't don't want that. Yeah. yeah I I personally love this movie. I think it's a fantastic finale. I love everything. I love how all the character we get so many great character beats and we get so many great character moments. Um, I absolutely adore this film. Like like I was saying earlier, two and four are they depending on what my mood is. I they might change because as of right now, four is my favorite of the films. Mm-hmm. To me, four is my absolute favorite. Don't get me wrong; I love the other three. The other three are still great films. But as a whole, for if four is like that's that nice little the, the cherry on top that makes everything cohesive and it makes everything worth it's, it. It's so meaty. There's a lot of oh, a yeah. lot like the first half of the movie is like pure character, and then the last mm-hmm. half is like so much action, but also character stuff. Yeah. Like it, like we're we're talking about uh, Sparks was talking about the action, or someone was talking about the action in the, in the the opening action scene where they go to Paris and you see the entire city is red, and you see all this destruction, and then. I love how Mari comes in and she's piling her Ava, but she's like driving it. I love how she's using yeah, it. Like that. <laughs> she's like, I gotta say, I gotta say, I, I, I specifically, I specifically, Ryan, you posted that gif. I'm not joking that that shot, that specific gif is my favorite shot in the entire franchise. I adore just the backing up as the thing <laughs> smashes into you, just the casualness of that. I'm, I am so in love with that shot. Yeah, I would, I would watch that on loop. It's again talking about like unique Ava design. XLR. <laughs> oh, that is a cut. That thank you, Jeremy, for that cut. I love that show. Back, she's, she's definitely Tokyo drifting in air. Um, it, it is a unique Ava design where it's like, yeah, you're using a steering wheel and you gotta like you gotta turn to make your moves. Um, and again, it doesn't like it's only in just the beginning action scene, so like they just throw it away. But like it's it's just incredibly unique. Uh, and we are getting to the point now, Sparks, where a lot of this movie is 3D animation, whole lot of it. Um, and I will 
while loving it, I will agree it while I totally love the way it looks, I do wish I do wish it looked a little better in some aspects just because like uh, like the, the specific 3D animation they're using definitely at the end, it does feel incredibly big but also weightless. Yeah. It's, um, it's it's the it's the weightless factor for me. Like yeah. I like the designs of things. The designs yeah. are not the problem. The problem is like when these things come together, it feels much more like just banging the action figures together rather than like the thoughtfulness that was put into even the interactions earlier in the rebuilds, let alone the interactions in End of Ava and the Evangelion series, which has these super iconic like every move is thought about, every interaction of a thing is thought about, and here. Uh, at a certain point, we're just crashing into a bunch of these things, mm -hmm. and it's just it's it's irrelevant of if it's one or if it's twelve. There, it all has the same impact. It has no extra meat to it, um, and that's where I'm like, those those sequences just kind of glaze over a little for me. They're 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 just not meaningful. I definitely think upon like if I rewatch this movie a bunch, I definitely think it'll be more of an more of an issue because like it's definitely it doesn't. It doesn't look as as solid as like one or two or even three because they're relying so much more on it. But they're also like they are trying to do we're, show, we're showing a million Avas on screen at the same time. They're all like dead bodies. But like it does feel just like it doesn't feel like like it's there. It just feels like, oh, it's like an afterthought almost. And like, I get the idea. And like, you know, that's it's one thing when you're like showing the crowd. Right. And yeah. the crowd is just there. It's another thing when the Ava units that our, our characters are piloting are are confronting with them and that those just feel like those feel no different than Shinji and Gendo crashing into the buildings that aren't real at the end. Like yes. they feel just as weightless as that. that, and that that's the problem is that yes. the, the, these interactions of the Ava units encountering these other Avas shouldn't feel that uh, lofty in yeah. there in the weight behind them. In the, in the Gendo fight, I'll allow that one. Cause that's like doing something, oh, sure. that. but yes, it shouldn't feel that way for the actual movie, not the fake movie they're making. Yeah. Yeah. But those things feel like, as far as the weight of hitting those things, they feel absolutely indistinguishable from each other. And it's entirely appropriate in the Shinji Gendo stuff. I love the stuff they do there. Yeah. That's different. But the stuff that we're talking about where, um, you know, specifically it's it's Mari and Asuka coming down to get to the 13th unit and they're crashing through Ava after Ava that have the halos. And I'm like, I like the design of them. I like the idea that these are the Avas made out of the skulls we were stepping on at the end of three. That all works for me. It's just the fact that like I hit one, I hit 12. It makes no difference. The weight is the same. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, um, a warrior worth a thousand. <laughs> I, I forgot to mention I really quickly I just want to want to go back to three real quickly just be like I think the mouth inside of the earth was a sick design I I love that yeah mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay um like Ben this is my sec this is probably my second favorite but a close second um I've given my mood it could be it could be quickly be, become my first I really like the length of this movie which is weird to say it's two and a half hours and I think they use it very wisely with character development yes. and there's a lot of character work in this that i'm i am just always here for i love the village i wish we spent more time in the village yeah. i thought the village scene was excellent i love the opening action sequence i really like the concept of these of like the coreization of the world can be redone with these pillars and that's like how it's protecting these these pockets of, of civilians one of the things that i really like about 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 that is it creates a kind of world builds in, in a way that uh, Ano hasn't really done before. Like, okay, 
the the world as you uh, the world as as we know it ended in the near third impact there's people alive okay well what are those people doing and then before we get to see it and i really i really like that i'm really glad we did that yes you cannot imagine the sigh of relief i had when toji showed up on screen actually yeah. sounding age appropriate yeah, yeah sounding <laughs> true very true yeah but when he shows up and i was just like oh thank god and not only him but you also get kensuke the reveal that the class rep and toji are married and have kids and just class rep the class rep thing is so funny to me because that is that is textbook definition like you need to bring them what you know from the show because Mm -hmm. that class rep had a line in this in these movies and barely anything else and and to have the payoff of like of like the class rep and toji being married is purely just for the show fans Mm -hmm. it's 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 very cute and i like that like they don't say her name. It's like, yeah, remember the class rep who doesn't yeah. have a name? And I'm like, That's, you guys are cute. Ikari. <laughs> Ikari, yeah, yeah. yeah I really, I'm, I really, really like the stuff. And then, like, we also get, like, great stuff with Asuka. Like, she's like, this isn't a place I'm living in. This is a place I'm protecting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 how uh, we get the, we get the, and the, it's in these scenes that we get the reveal that, that the children are called Mock Lillen, mm-hmm. um, which I, really like that idea that concept that is some that is one of those morsels that i'm just like uh give me i need to go to youtube i need to go to the wiki i need to go places to, to consume more about this kind of lore that's the kind of thing i love what is a mock lil and is these kids so so shinji is back to avon end of evangelion mode not talking not eating just the most depressed can't do anything um ray is doing all all the character development in the world Learning how to how to be friends with people, learning how to change her clothes, learning how to work, how to sweat, learning that babies are not shrunken human beings. That's oh, so and I love good. What, what does it mean to say goodbye? Oh, it means it's something we say in hopes that we'll see each other again. Good night. Yeah. What does it mean to be? I love all the abstract uh, explanations that uh, Hikari gives to. Uh, to Ray to these questions uh, that that are so like you know what what Jerry was talking about a little earlier like these things that are like we don't think about just saying good night good 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 morning we we don't think about what that really means and to have to explain it is difficult but the the way that they explain it is such a beautiful kind of poetic way um, that when it, when she leaves the note uh, it really hits absolutely right. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, um yeah. I. I I'm not a fan of of like amnesia tropes because generally they're done very tropey and bad. But like the way that it's done here, it's not done as like a mystery. It's like this is the person who doesn't know how to be a human being, and right, yeah. it's it just an entire group of people who are out to help her. And there's no antagonism. There's no negativity. It's like no one's like you don't know how to do this. You don't know how to do this. It's like oh, let me teach you. Here's no problem. I love to help you. Everyone's so so welcoming because I understand like the situation. Like. For this Ray, she is such a different world of what she is when she was living at Nerve in, in the third film. Because the third film, since she's trying to bring her books, she's trying he's trying to connect with her because he thinks, oh my god, I did save her. And then the realization he hits is like, no, I didn't. And like this flashback, she gets like, oh, so these are books. Like I love when she goes to the library and this and she drops one of the potatoes. The little girl comes up, it's like, oh, I'm giving this back to you because you dropped it. And she's like, oh, thank you. You want to read? She hands her a little picture book and she's like, okay. I yeah, I, I really, um, and then when she sees the kitten, like the, the cat had given birth to the kitten and the she dog? smiles. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh right. yeah. What might be my favorite line in the entire franchise is this is a tiny human. 
why did you shrink her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Um, yeah, Ray, Ray's whole story in the village is so is so endearing. Um, you also have this kind of thing with Asuka that you kind of get these like weird flashbacks with what happened with Kaji in the show. Like he, she has a relationship with Ken, with Kensky, uh, and Kensky's kind of like clearly just like done with her. Like she's he's just like oh this is Asuka she's naked whatever here's a towel. Yeah, like yeah. he like he does love he does like her he does care for her uh, but he it's not like a it, it's not like a it's not like a creepy way. It's not, it's it kind of an, it's kind of, it's kind of an endearing way of like, Oh, that's just Oscar. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that line that they walk. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a older brother, little sister sort of thing. I don't know if that's yeah, yeah. The, the appropriate, and I don't know if that's the appropriate term, but yeah, like when Shinji walks in, Oscar she's, she's like, I'm naked. You're not flustered. Cause that's when you know, Shinji is messed up. And then, yeah. and then here comes Kensuke and he just like, here's a towel. This drop is how just doesn't, uh, doesn't look, doesn't go. Ooh, just goes, Walking what, <laughs> walk. what I kind of like about about Oscar also in this is you know when she starts freaking out about like you should you should eat this before before you can't anymore before it's not before you, your body doesn't desire it anymore because that's what happened to her and that kind of goes back to why why um Ray was uh, you know ate so little at that dinner you know only ate those pills like because she her body didn't need it her body didn't need that food same with Asuka Asuka doesn't Asuka's only living on water her body doesn't need food anymore eventually eventually according to Asuka it will happen to Shinji as well yeah and Ray doesn't I mean she quickly realizes once her little meter goes off they're like oh I'm not supposed to be here actually I can't live outside I can't her. live outside of, of LCL I can't live outside oh, yeah. of what? so uh, why because she's a clone what? I don't know. It's because it's it's those like tank things. Those tank things like reju- rejuvenated her body. And well, she it's, te- it. it's implied that in like all the previous iterations, like that Ray still needed to go to the tank bath every once in a while. Still needed to be serviced by nerve to keep operating. Right. And this one, close. she's she's completely removed from it, so mm-hmm. that's not going to work. Um, her warranty expired. I I think <laughs> I think. Um, Nope, it's gone. Oh, I'm really glad that uh, Pen Pen and Toji and all of them finally have happy endings. Pen Pen's got a whole. Regardless of what happens, they have happy endings. I really, I, I love, I love when we get to see because, like, I, I for like three movies, I was like, ah, I bet Pen Pen's dead, Uh, and then like in this one, the whole, the whole family of Emperor Penguins, I'm like, good for you, buddy. We see Pen Pen. We see Pen Pen in like two or three for sure. Yeah, we just don't see Pen Pen in three. From two, I know. Two to four, we don't see him. Oh, but yeah. but I, because of knowing that this third impact was happening, I'm like, oh, the third impact probably got Pen Pen, poor guy, mm-hmm. and having him have a have a again that goes back to the catharsis that this that these movies are giving to fans of the show, the the, the things that like you know things that uh, uh uh it's kind of it's kind of fan service in a way, but it, it's it's in a way that kind of heightens the experience. Yeah, it's not the sexy than, fan service, right? Rather than rather than. Than detracting from the experience it's um go ahead ben no i was gonna say going move going on brandon's point is that this is the type of fan service and the type of ending it's a definitive ending it's like we have we know what happens to toji we know what happens to almost all the characters actually all, we do know what happens to all the characters and we know and it's like it's the ending i don't want to say it's the ending we wanted but it's i feel like it's the ending we deserve where, yeah, it's the ending we deserve. You're absolutely right because this is the like characters deserve. Yeah, it's like we finally get something. A def- to me, it's like I always really enjoy it when we have a for sure definitive 
end. Like, this is it. I can walk away from this knowing that either things ended happily for characters or things didn't, or things ended horribly for characters. At least I know this is definitive because with End of Evangelion bringing that sucker up, I'm just like, what the frack is going on here? I'm, st- I'm, leaving, I'm leaving that with more questions than I have answers. And even though, like, because this is Hidekiano, it's like, okay, we have, it's like, there's there's gonna be things in here that I'm not gonna understand. There's gonna be things here that I'm not gonna have answers for. There are things I'm gonna have probably walk out here with even more questions. And after I was done watching this film, I actually took a deep sigh of relief. It's like that was a great ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll and we'll get into talking about the specifics. Oh, yeah. Of the ending, yeah. We'll, we'll get to we'll get into of, more. But speaking right. of just the uh, these minor characters, like it's just nice that we know that they have their here's your slice. Uh, slice of life as you you brought up Jeremy we got mm-hmm. slice of life somehow still in this um I really like the again we're talking about like the climate change ecological narrative there's like this sense of optimism that like the world the world is pretty ravaged but they're able to change pockets and uh they don't know how much time they have they're like you know we're, we're not really sure how long we'll get to keep this up but uh we're gonna live to our fullest to the last moment of it yeah uh basically like they're just waiting for Gendo to make a move and like they're just waiting, like the wonder is just waiting to pick up Oscar. Like, we don't know what Gendo's doing. We have to wait for him to make a move so we can challenge him. Otherwise, well, like well, the wonder the wonder is in France and getting yep. the, re- the repair stuff ready so that they mm-hmm. can go in and, and make their attack. They have to go pick up Asuka on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're doing repairs. Meanwhile, village life is like, you know, whatever happens, happens kind of out of our control. Yeah, I yeah. really like the concept of the wanderers. Um, uh-huh. where the these Ava's essentially these clones of unit one that used to be people maybe like they, they definitely were people but they keep getting up mm-hmm. and that that hasn't happened before something changed and they're getting up now and they're walking around when there's no more room in hell the dead will walk yeah. the earth and i think that that is so that is such a messed up imagery i love it I love I love seeing the the sound effect of like getting up and like like slumped over and just like zombie walking away and like it zooms out and you see like a bunch of them in the kind of the field outside of the of the um of the village because they can't get into the village uh, because they can't walk in the court uh, the core area. Yeah, I um, think it's all go- that's all very cool. So we we touch on like the the Shinji not not feeding himself kind of thing. Um, he gets brought food and he eventually does give in and, and eats it. And uh, even though sex women, he's crying as he does it. And uh, I, I, I do think that that's a very good representation of like the, uh, what Shinji is, seems to be expressing is the, I'm such a failure. I couldn't even kill myself with starvation. I feel yeah, yeah, he's, he's defeated. Yeah. By, 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 by not being strong enough to not eat the food. So right. eating it is a, is a defeat. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. That's re- that's really real. Uh, which and it feels and it feels like a more potent, sincere. I don't want to say authentic, but um, we'll just stick with the first two. Uh, a view of this kind of like deep depression than what we were getting in like End of Ava, mm-hmm. where he's just kind of you know just d- despondent. This is a this is a there. There's an active act of um, pushing away, and the, in this case, it's pushing away food. That he is doing rather than just sitting doing nothing. He is actively choosing this absence. Um, yeah. And I think, and I think Asuka, it's rough to watch her like cram, try and cram the food in his face, but it's coming from a place of like, I just, 
Asuka doesn't have, the, doesn't have the tools or the means to like pull Shinji out of this, but cares. She's not soft enough to be the person that she needs, but like she will still help him however she knows how to, and that's right. shoving food in his mouth. Right, right. She she just doesn't have that in capability. She doesn't have the tool set. She's not there to fix Shinji, and she's 15 years beyond this. She also makes a interesting note. Uh, we brought it up earlier, though, the like mock Lillen. Um, they have uh, ineffective emotions. Like they are, they are not essentially. They are not able to. Uh, move past teenager emotions mm -hmm. regardless of how much they age which also annoys her mm -hmm, she mm -hmm. just can't she can't emotionally grow yeah it, it, not to the full extent of what she should be able to she, she even says like i'm an adult now but like clearly yeah. she's not <laughs> well but she but she like she is like i've grown past like there are things where like you can feel her growth but she like she still can't let go of emotions towards shinji that are bound to when she was a teenager and around yeah. him, she can't let go of those things. And, and no matter what, even though she can recognize, like, I don't have a crush on you anymore. And I've grown up in this way and that way. And I, I take full responsibility for my actions and I'm doing these things for myself and for protecting these people. She's still bound to those emotions to an extent. And like, is un, is not allowed to leave them, which is a note of Ano metatextually talking about these characters who are trapped in their uh the fans depictions of them yep, from yep, the yep. series they are locked into being these people that's the yeah, another, another way you could read that is that that's just a, a more honest interpretation of growing into adulthood anyway is that sense that when you're an adult or when you're a teenager and you're and you're projecting yourself into the future it's like it's like you feel like you're climbing along, aging and aging, and at some point you'll reach this plateau where everything just kind of like evens out and, and and it's like, oh, now I'm me. But yeah. like it never really comes. Like you're just – you're always climbing. You're always growing. Yeah. And so, you know, here I am at 32 still like commenting on the fact all the time. It's like, man, I still feel like like I'm 18. You know, I still have like, like so, so many of those same mindsets and some of those same, you know, emotions and feelings and perspectives. I've grown. I have a lot more – a lot more perspective and maturity, but like that's still in me. It's still a part of me. Like the, the point in re at, at where I reached like some sort of like emotional sentience, you know, going through like puberty and whatnot. It's like that, 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 that stayed fixated as a part of me. And so like that, that, that feels like it could also be, you know, commentary on that. Cause that's a, a lot of it is, you know, coming of age story. So. Right. Yeah, I think what's I think what's interesting also about that is that it almost kind of feels like it's um, not a defect. It's a it's a feature mm -hmm. uh, because Oscar uh, 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 Oscar uh, all of a sudden forgets uh, all of a sudden like says to 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 raise like UI and Omni series always had a attachment to the third boy like that's built into their DNA. They're built into their coding to have that attachment um, almost kind of feeling like uh, Asuka at least thinks, which it could or could not be at least thinks that she is programmed uh, to not move beyond her teenage emotions. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I love, we talked about like the pacing of it. Like I love that. Like almost like the first like hour of this is like, just is like, I mean, besides the opening action scene, it's like, it's like 45 minutes straight of just living life. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's incredible. It's, it's so, and again, I get why people are mad that this is like a slow movie or whatever. But like, hey, you got an hour of uh, nonsense happening in the next hour. So you guys can that. I could do it a whole series in that town. For real, yeah, yeah. Um, I would, dude. I would, I would 100 watch 
Like just if you want to do another show and just just the the slice of life episodes, I would watch that. Um, Seriously, I I absolutely love that. Again, there's no antagonism towards Shinji, even Asuka, who is like antagonistic. She's still trying to help him. Kensuke is out to help him. Ray's out to help him. Everyone's out to help him, and they're not going. You need to do better, Shinji. They're like, we get it, and we're here for you. Do what you need to do. Here's some food. Let's go fishing. If you can't catch a fish, try again tomorrow. It is always trying to further mm-hmm. him as a person instead of instead of making him feel bad. Right. Uh, and I think that just like that is so nice and welcome. And it and it like turns it turns Shinji almost into like Neo at the end of this movie, where he's like, I got it, guys. We're good. We're all cool. I I, I want to say that like that's also kind of. Ex- example, uh, uh, an example of Ano's own journey with this with depression, um, recognizing how other people handle it. Because he, um, when you have depression, a lot of the times, not only do you close yourself off, but you kind of do it because there are people telling you to get over it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're just sad. Get over it. And so, like, a, there's a lot of the show, which is just people telling Shinji, you know, get get over it you know, be better. Why are you like this? Whereas in the movie, it, 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 it's a much more adult way of looking at depression, a lot more mature way, mature is the word I was looking for, a much more mature way of looking at depression from an outsider's perspective, not necessarily from, from the inside, because you have uh, everybody in Shinji's life accepting that this is what he needs to go through, accepting that he will work through this and only just acknowledging that we will be here when you do. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, it, it's doing it better than End of Ava, where it is what you're saying, like with the the forcing and trying to shove Shinji out of his what he's creating there. And this version is much more, uh, hey, we're trying to, but we are trying to encourage you to do something uh, yeah. because you can't, you also can't just sit here and do nothing. Like it, the worst thing that's ever happened to you happened. And yeah. now you have to do, you have to move forward from that. And that's a lot of what Asuka is doing specifically, but it is on everyone. Like while they are being supportive, while they are being there and present, they are also saying you have to take responsibility for yourself. You have to take responsibility for your actions. You have to move out of this and recognize where your responsibility is to others as well. And that's where it comes to when Ray goes to Shinji and, uh, Shinji says, like, why is everybody, like, I'm the worst. Why is everybody being so kind to me? And Ray's just like, because we like you. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's it. Like, we, we like and you. And that devastates him. Right. It devastates yeah. him because, because, like, he, he has to come to terms with the fact that everybody cares about him. Everybody wants what's best for him. But they also, because they are, you know, recognizing the space he's in are like, we we are ready to support you, but you have to take that step. You have to be the person to do it. If you leave yourself trapped in this place, nothing will change. Absolutely. Uh, nothing can get better. Nothing can can grow. And some people will suffer in the absence of what you're doing. You can have you can have as much support as you want, but you still have to be the one to pull yourself up. Yeah, which is why he makes the decision. That, which is why it's important that he makes the decision. I'm going to go with you. Right. He doesn't know he can get into an Ava. He doesn't even knows knows that he wants to. He's like, I should be. I should go with you. Now, is this before or after Ray's head explodes in front of him? So, 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 yeah, when he decides to go is after, after Ray's head explodes, because what it starts with is like the slow, the slow progression of him, like, okay, I'm going to come to the house. Okay. I'm going to start cooking again. I'm going to help you fish. I'm going to practice fishing, practice repetition over and over. Um, He's going to practice fishing and that's, and that's what he's doing when, when the moment with Ray happens and it's a far more less traumatizing death, but importantly, like what happens there is that, 
Ray does die in front of him. Miss Lookalike dies in front of him, and Shinji learns how to move forward with loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Shinji's not not allowing himself to be trapped by it anymore. I really love Ray's goodbye, Miss Lookalike's goodbye. How it keeps you know it keeps getting closer as she's walking backwards a couple steps, says yeah. something. Walks backwards a couple steps, says something. I think that's all beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. and her suit changes back into her Unit Zero suit before she. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a it's a it's, really good death scene, and it's, it's kind of it's kind of the first death scene that's not framed as some, as trying to be traumatic, right? Mm-hmm. It's the first it's the first death scene where where Ano is signaling to the audience that this one's okay, Shinji will be okay. That's not what I mean. No, no, but I, I think it's also worth you know not not glossing over the fact that you know it's not only just a good emotional beat for shinji but it's also an important emotional beat for her too because you know she's kind of accepted like her place in the universe yeah for the first time right and you know that's why she in some ways it feels like why she never really gives herself a name right exactly and and yeah in fact giving giving her a name would have made that death a lot a lot worse um because you know like it's 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 really tricky when you make a character's death an important beat for another character, because mm-hmm. it sort of invalidates any you know anything that the other character could have, unless it's you know good writing, and it's good writing, so uh, it yeah. doesn't do that, <laughs> right? Because it's not really it's not really losing Ray that makes him go. Mm-hmm. What makes him go is the consideration of uh, what happens earlier in the film where he and Asuka go and pay respects with Kensuke to Kensuke's father's grave. And Kensuke says, you know, your dad's still out there. You should probably have a conversation with him before he's not around anymore. Mm-hmm. And Asuka's like that with Gendo, like of right. all people. And he's like, still, it's still a dad and son thing. You should still yeah. go do it. And that's the thing that's lingering on Shinji when he makes the decision to go back, he is going back to have a conversation with his father. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not going back because of what happened to uh, Miss, Miss Lookalike. Right. So right. the wonder picks up Asuka. Shinji's like, I guess I'll go with. We need to talk about uh, Koji, uh, Kaji's case. Yes. I, I also was like, we need to touch on him before we move on. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Well, I, I really so so real quickly leading up to that area is where I really like seeing the coreization of the world. I think it's horrifying. There's the bit where like they see just like the the hands in the ground, um, just reaching up from the ground is some truly horrifying imagery. Um, Kaj, Koji Kaji Koji Kaji Kaji. I don't know why this is so difficult for me. His the reveal of his kid is very interesting to me. Um, the idea that like. He doesn't know who his parents are, or he knows his who knows who his dad is, but he doesn't know who his mom is. Yeah, he and, knows he knows his dad was Kaji because that that name is left with him, and he knows he passed away. His his name is Ryoji Kaji. Yeah, and so like his his, his he doesn't know who his mom is, and it, and it helps, and it kind of informs Misato's um, arc throughout these two films of like I was I was a mother figure to Shinji. He destroyed the world. He almost yeah. destroyed the world. I can't do this again. It's and not so even, she. Sorry, go ahead. Finish she believes. Thought. She believes it will be safer for this kid to be away from her and not know that 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 is who her uh, his mother is. What what um, Kensuke says to Shinji is that what it is is that she 
never got over the fact that she felt she should have protected you from the burden that you faced when you when you went in there and, and accidentally caused third impact. And she blames herself for not protecting you. Yeah. And she doesn't believe because of that that she could protect her son. And that's that's like the driving force of I and can't that, I can't do this. And that goes back to that goes back to when she couldn't pull a trigger. Right. She's not she she can't pull the trigger because she still blames herself. She thinks that this is her fault, not his fault. He's right. Then he's 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 incidental in this. I'm the one who did this. So he can't. So she can't pull the trigger because who she because she knows because she feels he's blameless. Right. They're her boys. Yeah, she's yeah, she she can fake it all she wants. But like secretly inside, she knows this is partially her fault, Um, which is, again, like the great like the great talk they have later on. I really, I really think I, I really like the the and we also um, learned that Kaji sacrificed himself to stop Third Impact um, off screen, which is an interesting choice to make, which I I really actually like. That goes back to that kind of goes back to like that 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 like trailer at the end of the second film. You know, not all of that can be can be considered canon in a sense because like when when would that have happened? Uh, it would have had to have happened after uh, after uh, uh, Karu stopped stopped Shinji, which we believed was the stop of Third Impact, but I guess it wasn't. I I really uh, kind of like the tragicness of uh, Koji's uh, sacrifice and have that be like she like Misato not only lost Shinji but then lost Kaji uh, to something that she believed was her fault. Yeah, absolutely. And it is it is it's an interesting choice to do it like again like off screen. And then, like in a sequel movie, like a movie later, of like mm-hmm. this is what actually helped stop the end of the world. Like Shinji was there, but like Kaji actually, he was the one who really stopped it. I'm like, well, because I because I believe like again, like if everything that we saw, like Karu descending and Mach Six and all that, did happen, Third Impact did get get triggered again, mm-hmm. uh, and that's when Lilith comes off the cross and everything. Because we don't, that's not what happens before Karu stops Shinji. Yeah, uh, and and all of that happens. Uh, and and that's when Kaji gets Villa started and gets them out of there, and he ends whatever was about to start there um, and gets the Mach Six up there with the spears. Yeah, what a, what a nice guy. Uh, and and uh, Nerve is on is on the is on the go. Nerve is ready to go with their Black Moon, Antarctica, to the site of the second impact. Yeah, I really like the inclusion. That's, that's kind of the last thing I want to say about Ryoji. Kaji is I really liked it I really liked the inclusion there um yeah. that 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 picture helps Misato's sacrifice later which we'll talk about it's yeah. it's 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 really smart and like Ken Kensuke knew what he was doing yeah and he's like hey I'm gonna go introduce you to someone for no reason at all don't think about it too hard okay <laughs> and then he's like wait a minute Misato son wait what like he knew what he was doing he's a smart well yeah because he tells i think importantly what he was trying to do is i think he understood that on some level shinji felt like misato had abandoned him yeah and he's explaining like misato feels like she failed you yeah and that's that's an important change and and one of the things that shinji's more prepared to face her again uh knowing that and having that knowledge and -hmm. knowing her son absolutely so so the wonder picks up asuka picks up Shinji. Shinji's like, I'm gonna go help. I'm gonna help save the day. And they yep. head off to Antarctica, or does a bunch of nonsense happen for the next 30 minutes? We, we, I get, we get the conversation from the crew about uh, why they wear their, their blue bandanas. It's because they want to return the, the, the world to looking that color. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really cool. 
And how uh, it started as a um, it started as a form of rebellion within Nerve. Yes, I really like the analogy that the pink hair girl, whose name I don't know whatsoever, um, <laughs> makes about uh, uh, Shinji can't can't be any better. Like I I don't agree with it, but I do think it's a good analogy of um, the piss being turned into water. Like it'll never be it'll never be pure. You can't. It'll be real water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I I also really like her inclusion of like. Her entire family was was killed during the third impact, during the near third impact, the N3B, the N3I or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and she uh, so she firmly blames Shinji for this. And a few people do. You get that impression that there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of mixed feelings, like whether Shinji intended it or not. Shinji is the culprit of why they lost a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So um, um, so we so we got the wonder heading to Antarctica. The wonder was a ship that was stolen from from Nerv, Nerv, and it turns out they got their own ships too and they're coming out coming out of, of the one white, of, white ocean. one of my one of my favorite things is is the is the ship to ship battles i'm i'm so i've said it before i'm so into the ship to ship battles i it's not even funny um the the when the first ship shows up uh, out of the out of the out of the weird at field that is covering uh, Antarctica. That whole that whole thing is so cool. Every single time a new ship is revealed, I'm like, oh my god! And I love that. Like the second ship shows up. Oh, they got a second ship. The third. It's their third ship. They actually finished it. And it's like, yeah, sure it did. That sucks for you guys, I guess. No, oh, man. Like, What's really funny is just like it's really funny is like just before, but the but the but the blueprints uh, indicated a fourth ship was uh, was in development. Slam through the the fourth ship slams through the thing. I'm like, yeah, okay, baby, you do this. <laughs> So like, whoop, it. found it. There it is. Yeah, cool, cool, cool designs. Uh, and like, that, that's the thing. Like, I, re- I, I completely understand what you're saying, Sparks, about like the the weightlessness of the CGI when it's just like slamming into just just particle effects, essentially. Um, but like, I was really into it when I'm really into it when you when we're watch when when the Wunder is going through the the kind of corridor going because what was it? They weren't blessed, but they have like some sort of thing that can get. It can get into the to the Antarctica, but when they're going through that the corridor and all the all the infinite Avas are flying through, and then the ship the the kind of two ships are are there, and then she uses that to like spin the ship around. I was like, all of it. I hate that shit up. I was so I was so into that. Yeah, they're the like, idea. we need a miracle. But so I was like, sure, let's get one. Who's saying sparks? I you know I I would be beating a point. I don't need to. Um, it's it's purely in the like the the the. The collateral of you know you covered it particle effects. Jeremy, do you have any any thoughts on where we're at right at this point? You okay. I like the part with the robots. Great. Okay. A plus. Um, Guys, yeah, I think I, the show might be kind of deep. <laughs> a little bit. I think the, it has some depth. A little bit. The 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 reveal that um, Gendo has merged with the the key of Nebuchadnezzar. Um. That's the, oh. that's the line. That's the line where it's the the, the, the key of Nebuchadnezzar. And you've given up your more immortality or whatever, and I'm just your like humanity. Your humanity. Your humanity. I'm just like, we're not going to learn anything about the Nebuchadnezzar. Cool, cool, cool. We're just keep it going, Otto. I and like, it. I I love the look of it. His like, his like gaping face. Oh. When he picks up his brains and yes. puts it back, it's so good. I don't need this mortal flesh. Uh, I, I also love it because it is spiritually like the the reversal. Ritsuko shoots Gendo this time. You know, you get yeah. that moment, uh, yes. unlike Gendo shooting her. Um, 
Of course, it doesn't kill him, but like it still happens spiritually. Like, yeah, Ritsuko, yay. Yeah, no, the way that it plays out for her character is great because she's like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, I'm not. I'm not about this pop. Every every I think I I don't know if any character like everybody has their improvements, but like boy Ritsuko is just like significantly a better person than she was in the original version. Well, she's a better person, but also I we do lose a lot of the stuff with her mom, which gives her a lot of great character stuff. But uh, she also doesn't have any gross Gendo shit in this movie, which is good. it's it's not even just that she's not she she was never. There's only one instance in the rebuilds where she was ever like hiding stuff from uh misato and she didn't feel good about it mm -hmm. and it was the it was the part where she knew that they were trying to push ray and shinji together and she said here take these cards uh so that he gives it to ray and she didn't even like that and so like their their friendship is stronger because she's not hiding shit from her yeah she's not on gendo's side a little bit yeah, yeah. no yeah yeah uh, and that's a huge, that's just a huge A plus because like, she's actually like, she's not double speaking with Misato all the time. Mm -hmm. She's being real with her, um, especially in three and four, obviously. Uh, real quick, cause we're getting into like the Gendo confrontation and battle stuff. Just the, again, revisiting the scene of uh, uh, before Asuka and Mari take off when Asuka is uh, going in and saying like her last moments to Shinji. And she's like, I guess, it, you know, it's the end. So I'll say I had a crush on you, but I've grown past that now. Um, and she's like, do you know, do you know why I, I wanted to punch you? And he's like, yeah, it was my indecision. It was my inability to act. And I just think that's a really great moment. That's also where Mari, Mari, you know, gets in close with Shinji again. She's like, Ooh, you've grown up. Um, she loves smell. But more, but more importantly is the, the Asuka and Shinji stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I like, I really think Mari's voice actor for some yeah. reason. I really like how she, when, uh, she says like, Eiffel, she's Eiffel, or Ville Puppy. Uh, like she has, she has just uh, interesting decisions to just go into a weird accent every now and then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Oscar and uh, Mari's relationship uh, is so fascinating to me. I do wish it was more overt, um, but I like the kind of like uh, devotion that Mari has to Oscar, and Oscar clearly likes mari on some level um mm -hmm. but is kind of, but is also so detached from human emotions at this point uh that she just doesn't let anything she has her own at field right she's she's like she won't let people get close to her yeah so uh, mari mari does a dragon ball z fusion and like combines with a bunch of different avas yeah she's eaten pieces of them yeah and taking them in yeah um so good. uh asuka lets the angel out is this the part where where all hell breaks loose and she secretly got an yeah, angel in her eyeball? Trying, she's yeah. trying to stop the thirteenth unit from becoming the the angel. That's that's before Gendo gets shot um, because he hasn't reappeared on the scene yet. And Asuka lets that angel out, and um, it turns out that that's exactly what Gendo wanted, and he's able to do what he wants. And he pulls her out to make her part of the double entry plug for the unit. And then, um, by the way, <laughs> by the way. I love because I thought she actually did lose her eye, but then I forgot what there are parts where she's fighting in her Ava. You see a blue tint behind the eye patch. I'm like, well, so what's going on with her eye? She takes the eye patch off. Her eye is still there, but she then pulls that limiter plug so, out of her own and, eye. I was like, and, that's hardcore. An eyeball is there, but the but an angel, the ninth angel, was inside of it. And so they put mm -hmm. the same containment thing that they used to clear and purify the ground for them to have the village. Uh, was in her eyeball to keep the angel at bay and so she's letting the ninth angel out that's what i thought i thought that was a really cool payoff too when she was when her ava was taken over by an angel yeah. like that that actually uh, uh that actually had a negative side effect to the point where she 
herself could become an angel if it, if she let it take her take her completely over. Unit yeah. Unit Two evolves into a pseudo evolved Ava Angel hybrid like Shinji's unit in Even Young. It looks super awesome. It's I really mean, beautiful. Like, the animation is so insane. Like it, this is. It's, it, it, it's so they're doing like 2d animation they're doing 3d animation there's also like one point where it's like weird like like G, like weird like uh like vector graphics are happening and it looks like weird shit like there's so many different types of animation happening at once in the in this like last hour of the movie it's like it's just impressive they're doing so much shit it's they so cool. even if again like it doesn't look like the best like they are they are doing so much in different styles of animation combining them all and i'm like that's man no wonder this movie took so long to make and she gets grabbed by what she calls her original, so the original yeah. Shikanami. And it's and it's I, I watched this with with the subtitles. It says original Asuka, and like now that, that's just that's just her from the show. That's just her. Like, hey, good job, you did great. Yeah, I mean, it could be read like that, or it could be read like she. It's like what she was cloned from, uh, because we know that they're through through the her her kind of like. Uh, her goodbye sequences. We know there's hundreds of of Oscar uh, Shikinamis. I'm not um, crazy. I'm not crazy about that to be honest. It doesn't yeah. like it doesn't ruin anything. But like I, she didn't need to be like Ray. Like I, I also wonder if that's not real and that that's something that she thinks, and that's why we see it in the the ending narration. But it's not something that is actually tangible. We do get Gendo saying the Shikinami series like the Ayanami series. Yeah, Gendo does confirm it. So like I again it doesn't it's not a ruiner, but like I I don't think it adds anything to be honest. It's an interesting change. It's an interesting change because I I don't I don't think it adds or subtracts anything for me. Um I I do find it kind of interesting. There is the read. Like I don't, I don't want to take away any anybody's read of this. There is the read that it could be the the Oscar from the show kind of coming back there. It could be the read that it's the it's it's the soul of the original um uh, uh, Shikinami. Um, there, I kind of feel like they could both be valid, but like, no, it's it, oh, no, notably, if it was the original from the original series, it would be Soryu. Yes, she has a different thing name. We didn't touch on, but Soryu and Shikinami, her last name is different in the reboot. She has a different name. You're right. That's correct. You're, you're correct. Um, so like the idea that like it could be read either either way, um, and so kind of having this idea that that the Shikinami that the Shikinami was uh was also cloned. Uh, Asuka was also cloned creates like maybe the creates kind of this like overtone of like maybe all the children the predestined children the mock little maybe they were all in some form clones and what does that mean for Shinji what does that mean for uh, uh Karu who we know is an angel Shinji probably wasn't a clone but like he still could suffer the same curse of the Ava's the kind of curse of the mock little so it kind of creates like more kind of more of those questions that you can chew on uh, the, uh, to engage with the film come from? what we don't know. I mean, like, she just she just has the name Shikinami in the rebuilds, oh. but in the original, she didn't. I got an idea. Yeah. Uh, what if it's what if it's her mom's maiden name in the same way that Ayanami was? This has been my assumption. You mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. All that, right. that Soryu was from her dad because of, like, right. the, the jaded relationship with her mom, and then mm-hmm. Shikinami would have been her mom's name. Right. That's true, and it might be something that's more explored in the manga. That's a good point. Good, good point, Jeremy. Yeah. But again, like just the, those kind of questions that that allows you to engage with the series in a, in, a, in a more in a really engaging way. Right. It's one of those things like we were saying earlier, where it's like the, 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 the lore and the world building is inconsequential to what's being said. But they provide really interesting questions that you can keep asking and returning to and coming up with your own interpretation of the story on. Yeah. 
So, uh, so yeah, Asuka turns into an angel. It was all according to plans. Finally time. The gates of Guff are open. Um, they got the four, they got, uh, uh, all the ships they need. All, all the ships have Adam on them. So the four Adams are opening up the fourth impact. The, everything's going to hell. And the, uh, the, they turn, they turn the black moon into two new spears. The spear of hope and the spear of, what was the other one? Despair? Despair? No, those are not the new, those are not new spears. Who are the new spears? The, uh, The black moon creates two new spears, uh, because he needed, he wanted the spears to rewrite the world. No, no. She, so um, Gendo has the Spear of Longinus. Um, yes. Shinji creates the Spear of Hope, and then the Black Moon has created a third spear. No, that's not right, because the because the, the two spears inside of Lilith are the spears that, that are being held by Unit 13 that open right. that. So and then the Black Moon creates two new spears. But what are the names of those two new spears? Those what am I? What am I? What am I? I don't know. It's not. Remember. It's not two new spears. It's one spear. Yeah. No, it's two spears. No, it's one spear no, that one. that tangles around together and has two points on each end. I'm pre- they say two spears in in in, in the movie. There's a, so there's only three spears total. There's only three spears total. Yeah. Cassius and Gaius. Gaius yeah. is the one that the Wonder creates. Longinus and Cassius are the two that are in Lilith. Yep. Let me uh, keep going. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check my my work on this one. Um. So where's where's my note on this one? Oh yeah um the whole bit with uh misato taking responsibility for shinji stepping yes. up being her mom to her boy uh real quick sakura uh, pink hair like we're yes. gonna we're gonna kill you also ikari also has got a gun so he's got two guns pointed at him right now um ikari's like i'm sorry mr shinji i can't let you do this i'm gonna shoot you now it's gonna not hurt anymore i promise <laughs> shoots Masato. Yeah. Yeah. God, what a world. Well, Masato takes the bullet for Shinji. Yeah. Right. She's a yeah, because she's taking she's saying, I believe in Shinji and I take full responsibility. And she's she's like, I'm going to embrace you now, Shinji. And Shinji's like, Great, I cool, because I really love you, Mom. Um, mm-hmm. and I saw your son and he's great. And they have that hug because that's her boy. And then mm-hmm. he he gets in the classic plug suit, goes down uh with Mari. And then uh, he's able to, Mari's able to travel the anti-universe because yeah. of all the pieces of the vessels of Adam she's eating. Good Lord. And she, then she rips off a, a dude's arm and attaches it to her arm. And, so then Shin, and then Shinji with full faith is like, yo, Ayanami, open a portal to unit one. And uh, Ray is inside there with her long hair and everything where he she's been left since he tried to save her. 14 years She's ago. like, I'm sorry, I wanted to handle this so you wouldn't have to. He's like, it's cool, Ray, I got it. He's in his again at the end of the Matrix in his Neo, like I have become one with myself. Let's yeah. let's save the world, baby. I'm ready. Yeah. Ray, I got this. Give me control. I love I'm, you, I'm ready to do this. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go confront my daddy. My daddy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take a little break from this and just say yes. I going back to like how much I love Ray's arc. Uh, the idea that she was still there. I've tried to make it so that you wouldn't pilot a Neva anymore. Beautiful. Uh, and and Shinji's, they're like, how is it possible that Shinji can pilot a Neva? His synchronization rate was zero. Sorry, it was infinite. Standing, I almost, if I almost gave a standing O, because like, wait, it's not zero. What's the closest thing to zero? Infinite. So that's oh. the, that's the moment when Shinji uh, pulls away from Unit Thirteen, and he's able to reform the Spear of Cassius, which mm-hmm. is the spear he's using to fight Gendo. Gendo is using the Spear of Longinus, which is. Hope and despair; those are the two things that they're fighting with each other. Against. I believe it's pronounced Longinus. That's why potato, I potato, potato. My brain every day. My god, that. 
yeah, and that's when we also get like the the action sequences that are, um, you know, Gendo uh, Ano doesn't have to do this, but he he animated it as if they were fighting on a film set. And I love that. I think that's, well, first, that's incredible. First, they're fighting. They're fighting like in space, and then they're they're diving deep into the quantum realm like Ant Man. They're just diving deeper and deeper. Galaxies are going past them, and then. And then they realize they're so far into the anti-universe, they cannot perceive what is in front of them. So they have to they have to imagine a realm that makes sense to them. And that turns into a set, Masato's room, uh class. The, at first, at first, just the beginning of Ava. He because he takes him back into his memories. He says, like, we're yeah. back in your memories. What are you gonna do, Shiji? He's like, I'm gonna fight you. And oh, so, so we get the unit one coming up just like it did in the show, again, repeating the shots. And then uh there's a unit 13 and they start fighting, and you see the buildings cast sight, and you're like, wait a minute, and then it turns out it's a set. And yes, Brilliant. then we go through the iconic locations of the original series. Brilliant. I love it. So I love it so so much and it's like two they're identical looking units basically fighting each other dad versus son i love it and i love that like the the, this fight keeps getting crazier and crazier and gendo's like this isn't this isn't gonna lead anywhere why are we this isn't gonna work bro we gotta talk this out you're right yeah so we go into gendo's interiority with his moment in the train uh his 25 26 god and this is this is all stuff that like if you watch the show you can pick up on like he, you know he's doing this for for Yui and all that stuff but like actually getting seeing it like the whole, his whole life story like you know uh, the hedgehog dilemma like he he is so much like Shinji and they don't even realize it it's so it's so beautiful that like again this big cosmic battle is just it ends up just a dad and a son talking to each so, other so so I, I I do have like like things I want to cover here I think this is where you get to the point where the rebuilds are untenable to an extent without the show knowledge. I don't think Gendo's stuff here with Shinji works without the show for context, because I don't think you get enough Gendo in the rebuilds to justify it. Um, I think it only works with the full context history of things. It is paying off entirely on Gendo having been the thing that we never, we never dealt with really in any context before now. Um, And that's where this was all needing to head towards for Shinji. And I think like, I I, re- I like the like the black and white stuff and Gendo's speech and everything. I do find it. I think it walks the line of being a little bit too reductive to say like Shinji and Gendo are the same um, yeah. and their depression levels are the same. And it's like no Shinji isolated himself out of fear of connection. Gendo isolated himself because he legitimately did not like people and yeah. he only liked Yui. And what he really like the specific difference is like Gendo utilized what he didn't like about people in order to manipulate them, and Shinji could have become that maybe but he yeah. never did um where he turns around when he's leaving him when he's replaying the memory of when when gendo is leaving shinji at the train station and then he turns around uh nearly broke my heart yeah uh, that it, was that was i really like the, the 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 scenes together i think sparks is right though that you really need the the context of the show their relationship yeah. on the show to help it um yeah. but i i think it's it's some it's honestly some really beautiful dialogue. I felt it is. Um, we kind of get what I love about the train scene is that we, I'm not saying Gendo's redeemable, but we get into a sense as to why he was like this, as to why he, why he's doing this whole thing, because he was alone. He was essentially, he did the same thing to Shinji that his own parents did to him. But then he was like, he was okay with it. He's like, he grew up wanting to be alone until he found the one person that he didn't want to be without. And then when she was lost to him, he essentially decided to go, 
all I care about is her. Screw my son. Exactly screw everyone right. else. Exactly I'm. And he couldn't see that she was with him in his in their son the whole time. Yeah. So he was yeah. blinded. I. It's really one of those things that it's a very. I want to say it's like a tragic Shakespearean character in sort of, some sort of way because he was so blinded by his own loss and anger that he was willing to throw everything else away, including his own flesh and blood, to get to the one person, but the never realized until the very end of it that the person he wanted to be was was right next to him the whole time. I think I think importantly, something about it that that I feel like it does drive home, but I, I want to make sure sticks is that Gendo was always shitty. Like <laughs> this wasn't yeah. this wasn't he became shitty because he lost you. Gendo was always manipulative. He was always destructive. He always utilized his emotions and his belief in preferring loneliness and preferring isolation from other people to his own ends. And he always would have done that. And like, there's not necessarily a version of the story where like he would have been a better father to Shinji if Yui was around. Like he just might not have isolated Shinji necessarily mm-hmm. as much. Right. Uh, but like the only person he ever states he cared about was Yui. Yeah, um, there, there's a world where like, let's just say like, this is a regular world. Shinji is a son of Gendo. Gendo does not give a shit about <laughs> Shinji while he's married to his wife. He's got a kid. It's his wife who is, is the savior of the universe. And like his kid is there. I guess. There's a sense of like, there's a sense within the flashbacks where we, where we hear Gendo saying it's Shinji if it's a boy, Ray if it's a girl. The inflection that the inflection that he gives in 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 that is that of uh of someone who cares about the birth of their child. Um I'm not saying I'm not I'm not defending Gendo at all and I'm not saying that he would have been a good father, but I do think he wanted to try for Yue. And I do yeah. think that if, like he was he was willing to to be a father for for Yue. Maybe. I mean like he we can extrapolate that forever, but I, I think like a key thing is that Gendo was always a person who used other people around him. Mm-hmm. He always didn't really care for other people. That, that was always true. And they, that, that always would have spilled over in a toxic way on somebody. Doesn't. Um, God, Jeremy. Uh, I was going to say in a way that, um, that sort of encapsulates the lesson that Shinji learns in the original series, right? Is that, using relationships selfishly like, yes and 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 it's like that's even though like situationally their depression is different the way that they they deal with their depression is is similar but not shinji in the rebuild no well, because that's that's, in, that's going back to like our beginning of the discussion where we talk about in the first one where misato grabs shinji and he smirks because he got her uh-huh. to give him the attention he wanted by right. acting like a brat and she's like oh god i know i'm not feeding that right. i'm not hey. doing this and that's that's gendo gendo right. did that right well, is it in 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 the show doesn't gendo take her last name because she has more like her last name has more like in, like affinity or something. Doesn't he take her last name? Yeah, yes, he does. So like he was even shittier in the show. <laughs> he was so shitty. So real quickly, real quickly, Ben uh, just yeah. just, just texted us. He has to yeah. bail. Unfortunately, we are now, yeah. we did not record this with enough time for him to get to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, got, I haven't I haven't eaten yet. I need to get ready to get to work because I have to Go leave soon. Him. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts on on everything. Everything. Evangelion. Final thoughts. Like I said. Like I said a little bit earlier, this was, to me, this was a great ending. 
to me, this was the ending that even this is the ending that even gave me that, or this was the ending that I wanted the original show to give me with the end of Evangelion. This was, I, I loved this ending. I absolutely like, cause this was a happy, I would, this was a happy ending. Shinji did something and he's living his life. He's not nothing. Everything does not suck for him. He was able to fix it. He was able to do what he wanted and he was and everything, every person had a cathartic ending. And really, I'm so, I'm grateful for these rebuilds. I love how these rebuilds, they take what you remember and they, they still change it. And then halfway, it's like, all right, we're going to go in a completely different direction. We know um, we have something completely new to show you all. And I love it. I, I absolutely endure it. And I... I'm glad I saw the original show so for more context, so I got picked up on the more subtle clues. But definitely, I enjoyed the rebuilds a whole lot more than I did the original show. Ben, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll see you for the 300th. <laughs> see you for the 300, guys. Have a good day at work. Have a good day at work, sir. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 All right. Um, now that we, now that that poser is gone, we can talk about the real stuff. Evangelion Imaginary, real quick. Yeah, Evangelion Friendship is Magic. Uh, Black Lilith. Black Lilith. All that stuff. All that stuff is is the most meta. Like of like the last like 20, 30 minutes of this is like so meta. It's like it's it's insane. It's truly insane. I love it so much. Um, I don't even know. Like I love. Okay, let's just go like where we were talking about. Like Gendo, Gendo having to talk with the sun. Uh, great. I love the stuff on the train, you know, 26, 27 stuff. I love that we're getting the black and white. I love all that shit. I'm glad we're, we are doing end of Evangelion again, but it's really happy this time. And yeah. it's almost like at the end of an 80s movie, John went to college. Susie opened a, a, everybody gets their little moment of happiness. Um, and I just, I, if, and if end of Evangelion didn't exist, I don't know. I, I don't know how I'd feel, but like the fact that we have the, ultra sad ending and then we get, we unlocked the super good ending it makes me appreciate literally everything because again it's 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 two different stories telling the same story uh and i just you know in the world of of fiction and fandom and genre stuff like i i love it so much because it's so it's so deep too and i'm like it's trying to like say something and like i love it I just, I, i'm so glad we got to do this what's yeah. so interesting what's so interesting about about all that all those kind of happy endings that you were talking about ryan um is that like the we don't see what happened to Asuka. Not really. We don't see what happened after she was saved. We know that Shinji saved her in some way. Um, and then afterwards, she's not in the... We don't see her in the new world. Um, yes, she's there. She's there. Where? Where? Everybody's she's there. She's on the platform next yeah. to... She's sitting on a bench facing away with Karu and Ray. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I missed that. Cool. Yep. They're all, they're all, all the homies are back. Oh, fuck me then. <laughs> but, I, but I will say, like, I think, like, it, it gives you this implication, and this is something, like, you can you can really, really pick apart of whether or not that's Asuka as we know her, or if Asuka went and was with Kensuke at the village. Because mm-hmm. that, that is, like, implied also to be the path that she took. It's also, like, kind of interesting, because when they're on the train platform, you know, like, it's... It doesn't seem like the same world. You no, know? it's not. It's not. It's I wanna, okay, I want to talk about that at the very end because okay. it's the very yeah, yeah. last thing. Okay. Um, 
but uh, I want to touch on like uh, I'm really glad that Gendo has to leave the train in the their imaginary mind uh, in in defeat in sadness turned yeah. away because he is like the the tool that has caused all this pain in these loops over and over and over again for Shinji and he realizes oh my god I all all this time I was making this wish over and over again and it was just right here it was with Shinji and I screwed up. And has to exit and and exit in his sadness, and I think that's just really really rewarding um, for Shinji to come out on top in that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, yeah. That he he kind of gets to touch on our our characters. I really like what he does with Asuka's sequence, where he pulls Asuka through uh, their past, and he pulls her all the way to the end of Ava. Very specifically, like him remembering being there on that beach with her at the end of Evangelion, and that's where he tells her, like, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I think I had a crush on you too. Uh, I just want you to be to be happy. If you noticed, doesn't fit in that plug seat anymore. Yeah, she's just like grown. just she's like grown. just like End of Evangelion. Yeah, he's a full grown ass woman. Yeah, everyone gets to age. Um, this is over. Um, I like the uh, the reveal that his mother, his he's ready to sacrifice himself with the spear of Ga- of Gaius, and his mother pulls him pulls him out, pushes him away. Right. Uh, importantly, that's a repeat shot from End of Evangelion where Ray sent him away. Now it's Yui. Um, and that is the shot that where he says the line I, I brought up earlier, where I guess I'll just stay here learning the obvious over and over again. Now it's him finally free of that cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's him seeing his mom in that and that she was she was always there for him. And we do get that moment of like Unit 13 coming behind. And so he sees his father as well uh, in that embrace as they end everything together. There's, um, there's a flashback. It's a super interesting that that Kaji and Kaoru are like homies, and they like helped run yes Willie for years. Yes, I think I think that that tells you that tells you how Kaji was able to do everything he did is because Karu was also trying to set things up for the correct version, like he working against Gendo to get Shinji to this point. Yeah, I, I thought it was just really interesting again to like have these flashbacks of a character who like isn't really in these movies very much, uh, uh, Kaji, um, and just ending up making him more of like more of a hero. Uh, cool cool idea uh misato makes gaius the spear the third spear out of the wunder hell yeah Uh, risiko she's like i'll figure it out sure yeah which is really (laughs) great and you get misato sacrifice for her boys Uh, i think that's an an incredible sacrifice oh my god she like she takes she takes her glasses off she takes her hair or like her hat off and she she turns back into old school masato and she's like i'm back baby let's die and i'm like yeah uh gendo even says to shinji this is a note i wrote down that i just looked at shit i really like that gendo gendo acknowledges that to shinji he's like oh you can accept the loss of others this is this is new for you Mm -hmm. um you've learned you've learned to do something i can't Mm -hmm. uh uh which i think is really good um Asuka says, I want a place where I can belong, which is the thing she's been wanting this whole time, which is what she felt like she couldn't do for the village because she had to protect it kind of thing. Um, we also get an interesting flashback talking about interesting flashbacks where who knows how canon this is or not, or how much this is in her mind, but she sees Shinji as a boy mm-hmm. yeah. with his parents. Oh, and yeah. it creates it could be something that creates this complex for what she perceives is the happy family she has, where she's always saying like, you know, you're riding the coattails of your father. You only have this because of da, 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 da. you're not a real pilot. All of this fed by her image of what his family life is like, not the reality of it. It's funny you mentioned that because I, I was thinking that part of what drives that sort of, um, that like jealousy and, and mean spiritedness towards Shinji is like, 
Like, bitch, you have two moms, okay? You have, you've got, you got Masato, you got Ray, you got all these people in your life that want to be your fucking mom. My mom killed herself, right. okay? You right. know, like, yeah, yeah, little jelly, little jelly, little peanut butter and jelly, right? <laughs> uh, um, Shinji has a nice heart to heart with Ray. Talks about why why the show is called what it's called thirty years later. Real Neon cool. Genesis. Love it. Rebirth of the world. I love that because I've never mentioned why it's called this ever. And then it's like, oh, it's the birth of a new world through the Ava. It's like, oh, god damn you, you're so good. You get a clip show of everything. Hell yeah, very, love very it. quickly on um, on like a, a projector in the background. I love yeah. it. Love it so much. I'm 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 glad that they that you know that that Shinji has this moment of like, I'm gonna rebuild the world. But without a without Avas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no more Avas. Yeah, and that 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 triggers the world to be. And I love the. I, see. I love the end when Mari comes out of the water. He's like, "Hey, I made it to the new world. Cool." <laughs> yeah, I really like the breakdown of the storyboards again, like acknowledging twenty five and twenty six and what what they were doing there, and and that 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 spirit feels like it lives on here as well. Yeah. Um, Ryan, you mentioned very early up top that you had a problem with Asuka at the end, and I wanted to. Oh no, it's it's just the clone it's the clone stuff. Oh the clone stuff. That's no, that's what it is. No, okay, I love that though. I just, I don't think that necessarily added a lot to her or the story. Like no, if, I you agree. Re- if you remove that one minute that she does that, like the movie's the exact same for me. So like mm. yeah, I, I'd agree. Um so uh yeah, Mar and Shiji knows Mari's gonna come for him. Uh earlier with Futsky, uh Mari had a moment where we learned her real name, Mary Iscariot. Uh, which is Judas (laughs) which is Judas and it's Judas to the fan base because Mari is uh, Judas for the betrayer to the fans who wanted Shinji to end up with Rei or wanted Shinji to end up with Asuka Uh, she comes in and just or Karu (laughs) she comes in and just destroys that Um, uh, so let's talk about the the very end I guess I love okay so Shinji's on the beach and I think that's I think that's going to be the ending like Shinji on the beach. That that is that's not the final shot, right? Is it? No. Okay, cool. cool. I'm just making sure. So like Shinji's on the beach, and then it does like the thing where it's like it goes to animation, black and white storyboards, and then an Ava, which aren't supposed to exist anymore, comes out of the ocean, back to the movie. Movie's there. Ava disappears. Mari's just here now. I'm back. Don't well, I really, I, I like the idea that like Mari is kind of like sitting there, like what wherever this new universe is, Shinji has just has just arrived himself, and he's just like. I built this new universe now. I'll just wait for Mari to get here. Mari mm-hmm. said she'd come. She'll come. I believe that she'll come. And then, and then she comes. She she gets. She bursts through this new world. Like, hey, I di- I did it. Look at what I could do. Right. Yeah. Um. And then we get the 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 train station, modern Tokyo, grown up Shinji, grown up Mari, mm-hmm. everyone okay. else on the platform. Not everyone else. Sorry, just the other children. Um. <laughs> There's a read on this that I, I've become quite favorable to, which is that while we see Karu and Rei and Asuka on the other platform, they are not the Karu, Rei, and Asuka we know. They are not the ones that Shinji sent away. Uh, the world of the village still exists. That world is there. Asuka went there. Uh, the world uh, wherever Kaji and Karu went, that world also exists. That's somewhere else. Shinji has only created a world where he and Mari, as far as like continued representations of themselves, have gone to. Um, and it's specifically about setting the children free, that they're free of Amos entirely. I can, uh, I can buy that. I'm, I'm rather partial to this read at this point. Um, mostly because 
I like the idea that the world of the village and everything is still intact. Yes. Uh, that, that like what happened there remains for those characters um, because we don't get follow up on any of the rest of them that aren't the children. Um, and it feels very specifically like Anno did this because he wanted to say like these, these characters, these specific Ava pilot characters uh, are free. They right. are free of being any more stories being told about that. I, so I yeah. don't have anybody else from the village on the train platform. Right. Right. right yeah. I think that I think I I'm I'm super into that idea. I had never really thought about it until you brought it up, but like to even further that like everyone gets a happy ending. Everyone gets a happy ending that they that they want that they almost like they choose. Like like if you want to be in that village, you can be in the village. You want to if if you're gonna if you want to be a Shinji, it's Mari and Shinji. Like like everybody gets to be happy, whatever whatever means necessary almost. Right. I I, I think that's I, I think can what's wonderful that. about the ending is that it it feels. It feels definitive and yet open-ended. Um, you know, there could be a read. There, there is that read, and there is the you know. And you could, I read it personally. Not to invalidate anyone's read. This is just kind of to drive on my point. Like I read it as like the world eventually rebuilt. Like it's the same. It's the it's the world that that Shinji built. That that Shin was the same world, and then and then everyone had their happy endings and then the world rebuilt itself. That's kind of how I saw it. Like it was just, what we saw was just a continuation of where, of where we were at. In but, a sense too, to echo off that, not to cut you off, finish your point. Um, everybody still kind of looks the same age, but also like Shinji's in a suit, like he's going to go off to work. No, Shinji's older. He's hundred percent older. Oh, I can't tell an anime. He's hundred percent like twice the size. Between 14 is... and, and 35, there's one homogenous age. His voice is deeper. Um, I really, and so I, what I think, what, what I think, again, going back to what I love so much about, about the franchise and about these movies um, are, the, are, are these kind of like different reads that you can, that you can take this as a, you can, what's it what's really important to you is kind of like what what you personally read these things as mm-hmm. um and i and i think that that's um you know the the way that's the way that sparks said it, the way that i said it, anyone else's read of it can both be uh can can all be valid because that's what's that's what is so that's what that's what helps this franchise feel important is the way that you as an audience member is is engaging with it and reading it as your own Absolutely. So to bring up what Jeremy said about like, it's, it's, is this their world or the real world? The end The end shot is the real world. That is Hideki Anu's hometown of Ube, Japan. Um, now, this is definitely like uh, uh, something people read into or not. Uh, he left. He's done with Evangelion. This is the, this is the end of Evangelion for Anu, right? Like sure. this is the, like he left the world in such a way that some people are reading like these characters now exist in the real world there's nothing left to do with these characters. They got their happy endings. They have been transfixed to the real world without Ava's. There is no possible way to redo the story again unless you do something completely different without me. Like he, this this is a finale if I've ever seen one. And of course it's cyclical nature of like, you know, not just Evangelion, but Hollywood and, you know. Well, but that's what's, well, that's what's so great about, about the rebuild of Evangelion series. What we've been talking about this whole this whole discussion is how this story leads to to eventually Shinji's happy happiness. Mm-hmm. Karu says, I'm going to, I'm going, we're going to do it this time. We're going to make you happy. And it happened. This yep. time he was happy. That breaks the cycle. Event, mm-hmm. Theoretically, there would be no story after this. The cycle is broken. Shinji has happiness. And, and I don't. I say this without seeing like like what a potential thing could be, but like I don't want to see any more stories with Shinji. 
Oh, I got bad news, man. We got Neon Genesis Evangelion revelations coming. Yeah, that's 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 one of the things like Anno has said in like some interview at some point that he's like, I gave them a whole 14 years of something if they want to play around with some yes. stuff, but they can't touch Shinji anymore. Yes. Um, and Shinji Shinji is free. And that's one of the things is he just he wanted Shinji free of the cycle. He wants Shinji to be in a place where like you can't you can't do anything with Shinji now. It's yeah. over. I love it. Um, and he marries, he marries Judas, Mari, which is Mari. fantastic. Nobody, half the fans hate her, half the fans love her. I, I think she's great. Yeah. I think it's really great. Again, Anno married a beautiful glasses woman who helped change his life radically. I think everybody deserves a big dude glasses woman in their life. Everybody deserves it. That's that's the cure to depression. Big Absolutely. glasses girl. Everybody just Absolutely. needs a hot librarian. Um, <laughs> oh shit, I'm dating the wrong person. Uh, the interpretation that uh, cannot be denied of the ending is that we see Shinji no longer unable to, to take his own path. Shinji, uh, even though Mari like says, come on, let's go and takes his hand. Shinji's like, yeah, let's go. And then like, he's, he's just as much rate. Like he's not being dragged along. Shinji is choosing his path. Yeah. And I he's, really he's in that 30 seconds that they're talking um he's flirting with her he's being aggressive like in like yeah like, cute like he is he is he is a full person finally again as an adult and like yeah. going with this business suit and is in a suitcase whatever it, whatever job he's gonna have it's so weird to hear that voice actually be happy shinji <laughs> it's 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 it, like you said it jeremy it's cathartic because like it, it, however long you've had ava in your life like that dude's been miserable for almost 30 years and it's it's really nice it. it's Adult been really friend. nice or whatever <laughs> It's it's going to be really interesting to see the G Kids dub hit theaters this December, dude. I want to see. I will hundred percent see this in theaters. Hundred percent. Yeah, I want. I want to see the 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 new dub in theaters. I just want to see this film in theaters. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, um, let's see. I have a quick note that I want to go back to. Rewind it for a bit. Um, I have here um, just quickly. I really like how um, they use the AT fields in action. I think the AT field action in this film, especially with um, how Mari and um, uh, Asuka uses it, combine their AT field. Um, yes. I think a lot of that is really cool. Um, and I, I, I'm really happy that they found kind of unique ways to use the AT fields. And I love it even more when Gendo is just talking to Shinji person to person or whatever. And Gendo's AT field comes up. And he's like, I got rid of my AT field. This doesn't make sense. Am I afraid of my own son? Mm-hmm. Ah, it's so, I love it. God, I love it. It's so ridiculous. Okay. Well, I got nothing else, I guess. Uh, I got I to gotta talk about the um, Hikaru Utada does the theme song for the final movie, One Last Kiss. I wish Ben were here because I think this might be my favorite Hikaru Utada song. And she's done a lot of great Kingdom Hearts songs. But boy, howdy, when this song kicks on and they're running up the stairs and the do 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 I think that song is so beautiful and the finale uh, uh, credits being like going over Ube where he lives uh, and it all being real world shots. Like I, this, it made, this movie's made me cry twice, both at these endings. I love it so much. And like the song is such a beautiful way to end this thing. I love it. Uh, I'm just, I'm just so thrilled for Shinji because that little, that dude's been through so much. Oh my God. The melody of that song pairs perfectly, or I'm sorry, the melody of Simple and Clean pairs perfectly with that song. If you sing it over when the chorus starts in this song, oh, if, yeah? the, if you sing the chorus of Simple and Clean over that, Sam heard it. It was true. It happened. I was I was, I was listening to it and the chorus hit and it was like, when you walk. It's the exact, it was like 
It fits. A melody fits. I don't know if it's the exact same chord progression. I'd have to like do a transcription. But hey, she's got a she's got a she's got a hook. She's got a hook, and she likes it. I mean, you know, if the if the if if well, that's all, folks. Thank you very much for your time and your rice. Okay. Hey. So, Jeremy, you took you took the whole journey. How are you feeling, man? Okay. So, listen, listen. Be real. I have been going through a very deep depression for the last couple months, mm -hmm. like real badly, like, and um, a lot of it's had to do with um, uh, emotional dysregulation and how it makes navigating relationships extremely difficult and having a difficulties in um, like properly communicating to my feelings. Um, boy, did this one really like like twist the knife you know like like it was like it was talking directly to me a lot of times um and so going through the entire journey the original series in end of ava which is hard to watch yeah, yeah. very hard because there's no there's no advice except for maybe you know like episode 26 really no advice it's like and here's something really horrible now that you have to watch about this character and this is how it feels to have that really horrible thing and it, i was just sitting there it's like yeah i mean and yeah that is the feeling and and so you know getting to watch the rebuilds and have it be you know a recapitulation of of all those feelings in a way that allows the characters to grow. And you see the catharsis, it was, um, it was, uh, it had resolution, you know, mm -hmm. I felt, I felt like it actually gave some, uh, useful advice without having a character give another character advice. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Seeing the characters go through things the way they did gave me perspective and I, I feel like I have some uh, some tools to work with. I, I felt like I went to therapy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, watching this show, so yeah, it's it's I, really, really good. I'm glad you enjoy it. I have a tattoo of it, so I think I, I kind of like it a little bit. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. When we when we started it, you know, because we didn't get that far, I was kind of no. I was you know just kind of sitting like, okay, giant giant robot anime. I mean, I know it gets deep, but like, I don't see how how we could go from this to that. Whew. And then it happens. And then one episode happens and you're like, oh, okay, I see. Okay. Who prepared anyone for that? Uh, <laughs> I said it, so I said much. it earlier, um, but like there are very few pieces of art. Uh, uh, I mean, besides like, you know, like independent stuff, like in, NGE is not independent, right? It, it, is, a, it is a big budget uh, anime. Um, mm. Not many things like this have such personal, personal stake and personal like ingredients that make it like so much a part of the creator. Like, I, I there's a lot of animes that I think are really great, and they try to do a lot of things, but like none of them are trying to reach for anything like this. And I'm yeah. not saying every anime needs to, but it's it's incredibly special. And I said at the beginning that someone got to make a show that like talks about what they're dealing with in the negative ways, and then 20 years later talk about it in a positive way. Um, I just you don't get to see things like this happen often. It's something only time can give us. Um, and I'm just I'm just beyond thankful especially in the context where something becomes as mainstream pop culture 
popular as Evangelion is. Oh my god, and it's like, it's usually it's you would so have big. far more constraint. But like, if this were all a Western product, like you would not have had the freedom to do what you do with this. Um, but because because it is what it is, Ano is able to just make his personal uh, yeah. f- final piece of all of Ava in these four rebuilds. There are um, very few. There, like I, I am a hundred percent. I love adaptation. I'm always about, hey, try to do something in a different medium. I, this is the one franchise where if I hear a Netflix live action show is coming, there's no way it's going to be good. There's absolutely no way. There's no way you can replicate this without two hundred percent of the creative team like behind it. In like almost in the same, they have to be in like the same state of mind to make a show like this. Like it's it's a once in a lifetime type of type of show. I don't think you could consciously recreate anything like this. No. Yeah. Because part of it happened out of necessity. Part of it happened from stream of consciousness. Part of it happened from time and reflection. So, so a lot of that is design. A lot of it isn't. It's you know that's that, that that's the, the really the beauty of art, right? That you could that, that this kind of thing can exist because unlike less less um, emotional ventures than art, which require much more deliberation and, and decisiveness. Art can happen sort of accidentally while being deliberate, and that's that's crazy. But when you, when you think about it, like if they were to do a Netflix adaptation, which heaven forbid, um, only if M Night Shyamalan's directing, because honestly, you I could do it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You could you could recreate every episode shot for shot in live action with CGI with whatever you could do whatever you want. However, it will show up as hollow as Watchmen. The Watchmen yeah. movie by Zack Snyder is a recreate is a faithful recreation of that comic, but misses the point, and you would do the same thing. Uh, I wouldn't call it that faithful. Mm, there's a lot of stuff that gets changed in that movie. Uh I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm only saying, I'm only saying that just because any creator could be like, hey, we're gonna be so faithful. We're gonna be, we're gonna do it exactly as is, shot for shot. You'd miss the point. Because the thing is. Very few properties, especially very few properties like this, are such a product of one person's vision, mind, mental state that you need that person to be involved in order to even create something similar. I have a rebuttal to that because I thought about it. The reason that Zack Snyder's Watchmen doesn't work and why, even though it's very shot for shot as a recreation and it still doesn't work is because of how he frames certain scenes that to Alan Moore came from one perspective, you know, like, um, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get too specific. I got a Watchmen tattoo if you want to get into real specifics. Yeah. Well, okay. it needs to go down this rabbit hole. But okay. Let's talk about, let's talk about, um, uh, the, the, the rape scene with, um, with, uh, the comedian. Spectre. Sure. Framed very differently in the movie than in the books. Yes. Because it comes from a very different perspective, very different point of view. Um, and so what I, I think you could do, if you did it, I would never want this, but I, I think that, that it would be interesting if it happened accidentally. If somebody who was put in charge of doing it, like a, like a live action recreation of Evangelion, and it was meant to be shot for shot remake, this person in trying to recreate the shots was going through like a really profound depression and was using the show as a catharsis through that depression. You might get something new 
and interesting out of that. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. Any sort of adaptation of Evangelion would have to be done by a guy who wants who needs to use the show for a very specific reason. Who needs who feels like he has got a, he's got a vision, and I believe that it should be a departure. Now that said, I kind of feel the same way about Evangelion as I do with Matrix Resurrections, which we brought up earlier in this discussion. Uh, Sparks did um, with the idea that like Matrix Resurrections brings. Uh, it, it, it is Lana Wachowski like you know what? I'm in a different place than I was back then. I want to. I want Neo and Trinity to have a happy ending. I want to come. The back. audience. I want to come back, and I want to. And I want Neo and Trinity to have a happy ending. Right. And that was important to her, and ended up being important to me. And very much, very similar that Ano did with uh, the rebuild of Evangelion. I want to come back. I want to give Shinji a happy ending. I'm in a different place in my life. I want to do that for Shinji and they felt and it felt important to them. And so therefore it felt important to me. Like I feel like, I feel like the, the closest, the closest comparison to this in Western media is in fact, matrix resurrections. I think in that sense of like the personal creator stuff. Yes. I think in, I, I was telling Jeremy this, I think in terms of like the overall scope of like an old piece of media and then a revisited piece of media, reframing everything in the discussion in between, even having a movie that also helped to bridge that reframe is Twin Peaks uh, is the only one that I think uh, in the, in the largest context, but I think specifically the fourth film in Resurrections, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I love you so much for saying Twin Peaks. Thank you. I don't. I don't have Twin Peaks as a reference point, so I can only. No, for sure, for sure. I knew Ryan would get that, and I was thinking about it a lot because very much like the show, the the final show season of Twin Peaks that's made years and years and years after the original series is a far, far cry away from what the original show was and completely reframes the context of what it was doing and rejiggers its characters, not necessarily to the same purpose of like a happy ending for the characters that resurrections and this have but it is that same like we're we're really turning the knob on this one to rethink it sam i have to teach children piano gotcha so let's sam okay oh yeah i mean uh sparks carol he's our editor he's talking about our editor okay um i i wish we could i i I wish we could say more but nothing's stopping you that'll do it I mean, oh, yeah, you can say whatever you want. I thought Jeremy had to go. Yeah, I mean, we need to start wrapping up, but like, you can give your wrap up thoughts. Yeah. Wrap, um, but only in wrap. You have to, you have to, you have to wrap it. Well, I was just like, I was just gonna say that, like, the idea, of, like, like the the comparison to Matrix Resurrections and, and the Evangelion Rebuild series, or even, or even just this one, very, uh, very important to me. Like, as you guys know, Matrix Resurrections was one of my favorite films of last year. I adore that movie. Um, I think that like. The, the idea that like you could create something and, and that was so you yourself have a much different relationship with the art that uh, that that the audience has uh, is, is so interesting to me. Um, and then coming back and just kind of putting in your final stamp of like, this is my relationship with this artwork. This is m- what I think. This is my artwork and this is my relationship with it. That kind of like thesis statement of the f- the finality of it all. And very much reminiscent of what I feel is what I what I love about Matrix Resurrections. This is Lana Wachowski being like, this is what this is my relationship with this art. And if you do not have that same relationship with it, you're probably going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. And and we all had that same relationship with with the with with Matrix that 
Lana Wachowski had for the most part. And so like, it's very, and so like coming back to Evangelion and watching these rebuild movies and having that and kind of being on board with what Ano was trying to do with the show and recognizing his own limitations um, with, his, with his mental state or even with just the production of that show having end of Evangelion and, and kind of like coming to the, coming to the conclusion of wanting to wanting to kind of come back and tell the audience, like, this is it. This is the happy ending. Shinji is done. Leave him alone. Yeah. I'm happy. Shinji's happy. I it was important to me. I am working through my stuff. I wanted to, I wanted to give Shinji that same gift, kind of that relationship with character that we don't often see like because there is so much there is so much of the creator within the character mm-hmm. that you want that you feel kind of a uh you feel a pull to kind of gift that character what you yourself as the creator have learned in this time right mm-hmm. it's just i just think that's beautiful yeah i would yeah. agree i think evangelion is very much a series where you can easily do and another thing, um, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up, uh, I know you want to revisit all of this at some point of course. Uh, because you, you want to reprocess and digest. That I plan on point. watching it all again. So, so there'll be some and even less time <laughs> to do it in, in 12 hours. I'm going to watch it all. Too much material. It's impossible. I think <laughs> I think there will be some point in the future where we'll probably do another revisit of Evangelion. I think that the, as as we grow, some perspectives on it will shift. But that will probably do it for today. I'm very glad these rebuilds exist. I think Absolutely. that they I think they give a full feeling that uh, you can't quite get with just the series and the rebuilds. And I do think it was a necessary endeavor for uh, sorry, the, just the series and end of Ava. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think it was a worthwhile endeavor for Anno to pursue. I'm so glad, I guess I'm, I'm glad that he he felt like he had something to say because sometimes people come back to a franchise and it's like they just want to make money. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas like he came back f- for a real ass reason. Uh, He's so got to reloaded. I, <laughs> I uh, guess so that so that'll do it. Yeah. Cool, Jeremy. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm I, I'm always available anytime you want to talk about things, even if I don't know what's going on. I'll ask a lot of questions. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, Jer- Jeremy is our, is our, is our honorary fake nerd. Um, this has been the 300th episode. I guess we'll do the outro now. Um, 300th episode guys. Thank you again so much. I'm sorry. I said something up top. Um, spoiler alert. I'm recording this before I, I record the beginning of the show. So I'm sure I can tell cause we're all wearing different clothes. <laughs> I'm planning on wearing the same shirt. No, I'm not. Um, I will forget. So um that's 300 episodes thank you so much guys for uh being part of 300 episodes thank you for being here with us uh going on this four hour long journey for with evangelion um the rebuild of evangelion series i guess for 500 400 i skipped a couple of uh, i guess for for 400 we got to figure out what we're going to do the uh, manga <laughs> i was little legitimately about to joke about that <laughs> um, four hours of everybody sitting there reading it <laughs> Um, so, you know, we've had, we had back-to-back bumper to centennial episodes, 200, 300, who knows what 400 will bring. Um, guys, this has been a very, it's been a very hard year for myself, for my crew, for my friends, for my, for the show. 
Um, this has been this has been a difficult year for all of us. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who stuck by us, who kind of stuck with us. Um, we have uh, been, I don't know if you could tell, struggling to put out this show um, this past couple of months. But we do it because we love it and we're glad to keep doing it. Um, and we want to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it forever until I die. And uh, hopefully we can probably... You know, hopefully someday we could get some of the other shows, some of our spinoff shows back off the ground. That'd be great. Uh, we 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 do love those shows and, and lament that a lot of them had to go by the wayside, but hopefully uh, they will come back. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe something new on the horizon. Uh, Jeremy Sparks and I have been kind of quietly working on a little thing that I can I can say that we don't know when or if it's going to happen, but we have been working on the thing. So. Uh, and Jeremy is headbanging to some metal music right now. No, it's just agreeing vehemently. Oh, vehemently. All right. So, guys, um, I guess that'll I guess that'll be 300 episodes. Again, thank you again uh, uh, so, so very much. So why don't I? By the way, I probably am going to. I'm. If you have heard the beginning of this episode and I repeated a bunch of the stuff that I've already said, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I will not remember. Um, I guess we'll do the uh, the rest of the the uh, outro now. God damn it! I had this up and it, and, it, and I lost it. Um, cool guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching the show. Thank you so much for watching the uh, the rewind. If you were here during the live news recording, uh, thank you for 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 doing that. And if you if you were in here checking us out when this episode goes up, thank you so much, guys. There are plenty of shows coming up next week. Oh, the Weird Al movie? No, I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Next week uh, will be something. 301 will be a something. Will be a something. Uh, Ryan, it's your book club next week. Will, do you want to announce it later or do you want to do it now? Definitely not doing it now. All right, we'll announce it later. Um, and uh, coming up, you know, we got like Black Adam and Halloween Ends and the Spooktaculars for Basement Arcades. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. Guys, there's plenty of shows on this channel. If you want to like this video and you want to subscribe to this channel, check out all sorts of shows, such as Fake, Nerd, Fake Nerds Watch, our second most con uh, consistent series. Fake Nerds Watch, uh, where we've just done, we have a Lord of the Rings episode where we talk about one through four. We have a House of the Dragon episode where you guys talked about two through five. There's She-Hulk coming. New episode of She-Hulk probably soon. Andor is up. Uh, Star Wars Andor mm -hmm. is there. And more to come. Uh, basement arcade and basement arcade pause menu also shows that are on this channel our basement arcade show is our let's play series which you're going to get a lot of coming up in october with the spooktaculars the spooktobers or the whatever we're calling them um where we where we scare the poopy out of ben um and basement arcade pause menu is ben's sanctuary where he gets to just talk about video games he likes to play <laughs> unless it's an episode where he's specifically talking about video games he doesn't like to play that's true. He did. That was the latest episode. Oh, that episode is now live via audio. So sorry, that was late. Um, Fake Nerd Book Club and Animation Station are also shows that are on this channel. And hopefully will be shows that will come back. It would be great, great to see those come back. Uh, Patreon and Tia Public, guys, if you guys want to support us financially, we greatly appreciate it. There's a lot of shows. There's a lot of things we want to do. There's a lot of shows we want to follow. Uh, there's a lot of we kind of want to keep doing this. We like doing this. So if you guys want to support us financially, why don't you check out our Patreon or our Tea Public, which are linked below. Or you can check out our website, where all the links that I've, to everything I've said and more are available at fignerpodcast.com.
That's also linked below. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the live show. And thank you to everyone who watches the replay. Thank you to Jeremy Vellucci, who is not here right now. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I am. Thank you, Jeremy, sir, uh, for all the music that you do. All the music you've heard tonight, that's all him, including uh, including the live <laughs> including the live performance of the music. All the music you hear for all of our shows is Jeremy Vellucci. Uh, he's an incredibly talented individual that I do not mind complimenting when he is in front of me. Ow! It hurts. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. All right. You can find his podcast on iTunes or Suburban Proctologist Official on Instagram. Nope, that's on Facebook. Or Subproc Podcast on Instagram. And Jeremy doesn't even know. I don't know. <laughs> There's probably links. I think it's on Spotify. And it's on a whole big... Re- I'm doing my rebuilds of that show right now. So, good luck. Stay tuned, Stay tuned for that. Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike Matola is a wonderful collaborator with us, and we love him so much. Uh, you can find him at, at uh, Instagram and TikTok at Mike Matola. I also want to say a, a thank you to everyone who has collaborated with us uh, on this uh, hundred episodes, on these three, on these two years since two hundred, or and and beyond. All of our future collaborators, all of our of our previous collaborators, um, we love you guys. Uh, thank you for everyone, all of the friends we've made on the show. We greatly appreciate. Um, every single one of you guys. Um, cool. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of Victor Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, Victor and guys at gmail.com. I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for atomicgeekdom.com, Screen Rant, and uh, kaijuramamedia.com. Ryan? You can find me trying to close those goddamn gates of golf at DJ Tony Snark 616. Sparks. You can find me uh, just trying to find a place where I can belong at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Jeremy, I already said where you can find where you can find you, but why don't you just do it? Why don't you do it? Yeah. OK, so um, if I look on my phone here and you can find Ben Magnet at Ben Magnet 27 <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter, uh, where he, al- he also writes for Go Nintendo, Fusion Gaming Magazine and Old School Gaming Magazine. You sure. can find me. Jeremy Vellucci on Instagram, I'm sure, but Instagram confuses and infuriates me, and I'm not sure how. Is it Jeremy Vellucci keyboard still? It's not, and mm. it's a temporary name, but I don't know if that's what you search oh. for. Oh, so I'll just oh, just listen. If 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 the magic is in your heart, and and you really want to find me, think of me real hard, Jeremy. And I'll be there, Jeremy. You have a band. Why don't you plug that? Oh, I do have a band. We're releasing an album soon. Congratulations. Okay, so band's called Wreck of Time. The album is called From Sand Part Two. We're what day does this go live? Sunday. Sunday. Monday. 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 Okay. Monday. Well, starting tomorrow, as, as, from the point of record, recording this, which today is Thursday, tomorrow is Friday, the thirtieth of September. We're releasing a single with a video. And then every Friday after that, um, we're releasing another single with a video for for the whole album. Oh yeah! So we're doing like thirteen videos for the album because we are ridiculous. Hell yeah! Baby. And so that's that's happening now. In fact, what it happened? Go look at it. Go find it. The song's called Natural. 
The, the band's called Wreck of Time. It'll be really easy to find on our YouTube if you look on our YouTube, which I can actually find because that's not associated with me specifically, which means that I can actually navigate the internet because I guess I'm only blind when I'm talking about finding places where I exist. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So the... How you Wreck of it? Time. Wreck of Time. Yeah, that's our YouTube. Go, get, go find it. Cool. Okay. So... so Go check that out. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. What about Sparks? I did. Oh, no, he did yours. No, he did yours. Sorry, you did yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that Sorry. to me. Jeremy's a sl- we took so long, I forgot who, who got there now. <laughs> subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video. Subscribe to our channel. Until next time we see us, guys. Until the next hundred episodes, stay fake, nerds. <laughs>